Just for the Get Fresh crew. You review the books, get shaved and dirty looks. Now they're wrong, don't just say poo-poo. Poo-poo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. This is episode 272, and as you can tell, Eric is not here right now. That is because our software that we record online uh, went a little wonky, and the people, they ain't working right now, it seems. They ain't working on the weekends. Uh, They're working for the weekends, as I've heard. But yeah, so they weren't around, and the thing kind of took a crap on us. So it's just going to be me doing the intro. Eric will be with me for all of the books, but it'll be me on alone doing the mail as well and, and so basically by the time that i'm done you can you no, know I told you, to you, shut you up. can tell me to shut up but while i am here i want to tell you where you can find all of the things weird science we have a site that this is the official unofficial podcast of by the way and that is weird science dccomics.com go and read all of our written reviews there if people actually read anymore we also have a twitter account uh, yeah weird Science DC, where you can go if you follow us, we'll follow you back. All that jazz, you can kind of see when we drop reviews, shows, and all of that fun stuff. We also have a YouTube channel that I actually started really putting some effort into. Uh, and if you would go and look at that, that'd be awesome. If you'd go and check out the videos and subscribe, that would be really awesome. And that's at Weird Science Comics on YouTube. And all of these will be in the links of the show notes there. You can check all this stuff out. We also have a Patreon account patreon.com slash weird science where we end up you know having something that you can support us but we don't just ask for money and that nonsense we actually give you some stuff for that up to 30 extra shows a month and one of the big shows is the patreon only spotlight and that is picked by the bad asses of the great fresh crew and this week they ended up usually picking two books but because we had one really really big book and i mean long 100 page it was the robin 80th anniversary issue so if you want to hear that you can go over to the patreon i will tell you it was about an hour and 40 minutes about 40 minutes of that was me and eric just yapping and talking about the you know coronavirus and things like that uh, i think he might have it but we'll we'll see how that goes but as as we always do when we bring up the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, that means we have to salute them with badass roll call. And this is going to be without Eric, so there's no pressure on me. And I think that I'm going to do just fine without Eric here, without him yelling and screaming. We got Manship, T-Funk, Lone Wolf Marv, Lawrence Lee, Niels T-Wart, my man Rob Lewis, because Eric ain't here, Dalton Edom, Christian Falls, Ken Halleck, Lady Abby, Nick Adams, Mark Jager, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja, Soundboard Mark, Eric G, David Fink, Brandy, Bobby Bain. Reggie Cam Senor Bob Jr. from down the street I like uh, Senor Bob Jr. from down the way But we'll go with down the street as well Brian from Arkansas Love him Bill Beer Bill Beer, Admiral Whiskers, Sep9, and that is who I call Brennan. We have Forrest, Pauly, Tony Walton, Joey Bear Costco, Joseph Watch, Sick, Comic Boom Rocky. Check out his channel on the YouTubes as well. D Man 3000, All New Dave. 
Carlos Segui, my man Pete from NYC, my other man Polly P from Down Under, Cellar Dweller, him, my man, Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double Aaron, Simon, Swanee, who has done doing all his sports stuff and now he can do this, and I ran out of time, Anthony G, Missy T, and Ruben. See, I started talking too much. Maybe Eric isn't what ends up screwing me up. It's just myself getting too much of the yakety yak. But thanks all of the bad asses and everybody else who supports us on Patreon. And yeah, if you want to go check that out, we have a bunch of shows each month. If you're kind of stuck inside, need something to do, we have a lot to pass the time. Actually, when I'm done this today, I'm going to go off and record my Marvel sales and my Marvel solicits podcast. But I already did my DC ones there. So if you're a fan of both, you get a bunch of stuff like that a bunch of other shows but i'm not going to delay anymore i'm going to get right to saying that we're going to go off with me and eric talking about the books Eric, it's me and you, not just Jim's reviews. There's a bunch of reviews we're going to do right here. Have just fun. yours as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, no, you have one, at least here. But we're going to start with a big book, and it's uh, something that I ended up arguing a little yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, usually it's me arguing on the old uh, Twitters. Everywhere you want to else. Jim's the, arguing with the you. The grocery store, you know, maybe down at the rec center that's not allowed to be open now. The malt shop that went out of business, you know, the things that Stop are going, going these on places. nowadays. Uh, but... I was on YouTube. I made some videos. I've been making more videos, as I said in that intro, right? Wink, wink. And the whole deal of it is I ended up giving a score that I think is honest. I may have been a little reactionary to how this all ended up with this hellerism, but I I do think that I have some valid points. But I I don't think that Twitter or YouTube is a place for valid points. It's more for just crazy reactions and screaming, you know, reaction videos. What I need on YouTube is I'm going to start doing reviews where I open up the comic and then you're under the table. This is the point, and you're going to punch through and punch me in the face. Ah! And I'll go like that. Oh my God, 
million views. We'll get with that. I'm telling you, we will be great. Um, but yeah, Where's the camera. At? This is one of those. The camera would be kind of a three quarter view from my left, if that's what you really want to know, Eric. If this is what you want to know, the direction Weird. of the camera. I just made that up. I don't even know if that makes sense. Doesn't? Uh, no, it doesn't, Eric. Neither does this, right? Oh my. Uh, we are now going to talk though about this book, and it's supposed to be the biggest book uh, going now. And now my kids are yelling, and I'm going to kill them, Eric. But you end up. This is one of the bigger things going. This comes out of a lot of stuff, and this is where my anger of this hell arisen is from. You end up having this book is supposed to be the culmination of the year of the villain, the infected story, but also in the side deal. Even though this kind of was announced and started before we even knew what death metal was, and really, do we even know what it is still? No, but I that don't the know. idea of you got it one with was, a chainsaw. Yeah, I don't this know what's was happening. going to lead to what. Ever the next thing is, I understand that, but we've gotten so many of these non endings, we've gotten so many of these things that happen while we're, you know, doing these stories that it's starting to get to the point that you can't trust anything to be big anymore. You can't trust anything to really tie anything up. And really, this is a book that's just going to hit a reset button on a lot of things without really spelling them out. And it got me angry. It got me very angry. It got me angry to the point where... The worst thing about this whole thing is the Batman who laughs, who usually for everything we deal with is the worst thing about everything that we deal with with the Batman who laughs. It's just whatever he needs to happen at any given time, that's what happens. Yeah, I agree. And I also agree the idea of you end up having this thing starting out, okay, Perpetua, oh man, the big bad, Apex Lex versus the Batman Alas, until at one point they decided, well... Why can't we have both? And so the, the thing is, though, we don't want Lex because he's not going to get along. But let's just instead of having one villain win, let's have nobody really win. We're going to have a lot of losers, but we won't have anybody win then to go off for both of them. Just like every fight. event. Yeah. And, and that's my problem. And yes, I do admit that at a point, I think I was even more angry about it because of what led up to this but non-ending that's just me. the next big thing yeah really i wish i had a non-end i have a big <laughs> end but here is my blurb here it is year of the villain hell arisen number four written by james tynan the fourth art by steve efting nick filardi and travis lanham you like that name nick filardi sounds like a cool dude sounds like a guy he probably hangs out with Never jimmy palmiani he's got the the leather jacket on a cigarette behind his ear you know they, weird ideas he probably has one of them combs it's like a switchblade sounds like that I have been accused of being too harsh on this issue, 11? but this book, yeah, out of 10, <laughs> this book, Eric, how about that? This book was supposed to be the culmination of the year of the villain and the infected storylines. And as far as that goes, epic fail, Eric. Also an epic fail is me trying to do sound effects that nobody can hear but me and you. It was basically well, a reset Stop button it. for the infected characters without letting the reader get any sort of satisfying conclusion. And that's still 100% better than what we got uh, from the year of the villain. <laughs> I mean, that, that ended up with nothing. It did set up this summer's death metal by resetting Lex in the simplest way possible and convincing Perpetua to join with the Batman who laughs because he knows what happened to the Justice League. It was another non-ending to set up Why? the next supposed big thing. He sees things differently. I know. And while you I think understand, he's unmoored? Well, no, this is the thing. He did capture the Phantom Stranger. That's how he learned that. He's I one know. of the quintessence. The thing is, 
Spell that out better. Spell it out better. What, what? Just the idea that he does whatever he wants. The idea, even the thing where his nth metal visor that looks, you know, with the spikes on his face, that keeps him moored here. If he doesn't have that, he'll get unmoored. But then it, it takes a little while to actually kick in until I'm like, what do you, I don't even know what you're trying to explain to me anymore about the Batman who laughs. And then it says, well, I understand how this sort of thing works. That doesn't, they don't have to make it so transparent. It doesn't mean that I have to enjoy it either. And so you start off, you're going to get recap. It's odd. But it's, not, you- it's not bad recap in my mind, because at this point, like we are setting up everything that we've been dealing with in the Just League leading up to this issue and then going into Death Metal. So I'm like, I kind of appreciate for what you're doing here. But you're not going to, you're not recapping any of the year of the villain. Barely. You're more recapping a thing that just happened and making it seem like it's been Lex's MO since the start. He spells out. We just found out about the, well, the the whole multiverse, it heals itself. That that was just something we found out in the second issue of this series. And that seems to be his MO. So much just because the idea it made me so angry to know that the multiverse heals itself. So every piece of continuity that we've dealt with, like the Earth 3 being destroyed, the crime scene being killed, that's a big thing to happen. I'm not happy about them being killed, but them just being put back just because that's what happens, that makes me even angrier about what's going on. And the idea that that makes Lex angry as well because he actually went out of his way to become the big hero to save the world and then it means nothing in the long run. I'm like, that's some good motivation in my mind. This this isn't the motivation that he had to start all this. He is but spelling he's out known to, about this for a while I don't going think through he the has. multiverse. That's not why he became the apex predator. That is afterwards. He's spelling this out that this is why he's doing what he's doing. This stuff started way before he knew any of that. To use that as the main motivation, to me, that is fudged in from this hell arisen. And it doesn't play out for me. The I idea- do appreciate going back and bringing in the idea that he saw that vision of Lexor in the future and stuff like that. Why am I? Because I forgot all about that. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that was a big part. And I'm like, I appreciate that being here. With me, the whole idea of he ended up, you're, you're just changing. Changing his motivation and now for him to say I was on the Justice League I ended up defeating the Earth 3 people we thought this was the be all end all and then they came back the multiverse fixes itself that's the whole deal well number one how is what you're doing not going to get fixed then anyway there, there hasn't been a thing where we actually know that maybe Perpetua changes things but if the multiverse fixes itself, I, will I, it fix it I, I anyway? I don't want to deal with that either. Uh, well, stop. I'm saying that's <laughs> I why know. I wish that this was never brought up. I wish that he said basically Lex's MO to me and even the Lexor. I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm glad that they remind us because I forgot about it as well. But the idea, it does kind of seem a little off of what Lex is. Lex in this where I think it gets it fully right is Lex is a guy humans should be the best humans over the gods these gods these nonsense things which he does say but it it starts to veer off a little as if james tynan needs to give you a little more of these you know motivations to to really convince you that lex wanted to be involved with this and i think it, it played off a little bit too much and also like i said if you end up only reading this it does get you on board does skew a little and doesn't spell out a lot of the other things that led to this, which is good because if you do go through this, he ain't getting crap from the year of the villain. I mean, this idea of the year of the villain taking over all these books, 
for a year doing all this stuff to really not having anything happen in this finale is infuriating to me. It just shows you that DC realizes at the end, eh, it was a bunch of bullcrap. It really didn't hit well. Nobody really cares, so let's just get on with it. You do not have an ending, and you have to squint to see any of these year of the villain, you know, upgraded deal. And my, my question to you is, when we get there, why do they stop fighting? I, I, mean, I don't know why anybody stops doing anything. The idea that we have our villains here, that was just something to bring everything in. It doesn't mean anything at the end because we don't get to deal with it. And and we ended up such a – I mean the longest setup I think of anything that ever ended in a failure except maybe my marriage. But <gasps> you end up too with the infected. And my other problem is – and maybe this is the problem is maybe this should have been – and this is just me throwing this out there. Maybe we shouldn't have had this Hell Arisen, Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen. Maybe what they should have done, almost like a witching hour with Wonder Woman, maybe James Tynan should have st- went on to the Justice League book. Scott Snyder leaves. Just do this six issues in the regular Justice League run as a regular thing that then can still be contained in a Scott Snyder type thing set up James Tynan into the death metal this summer. And I wouldn't have been as upset because also you could have given it a little more time. You could have had it, you know, breathe a little two issues a month. You have all that going on. And I think it would have been better served because we could have had more spell up because you ended up with the infected, even a a thing that ended up pretty much starting the Batman Superman book, all this stuff. It ends up really you know, throwing Taking a wrench into a lot of things. Book, Hawk girl, Hawk, book, yeah, you Hawkman, know. Hawkman, yeah. I mean, Batgirl, all these things. And, uh, or not Batgirl, that was more of the year of the villain, but this yeah. infected stuff going on, you end up where you had Out of a. All these infected kind of thing, it was a big deal. The idea of the Commissioner Gordon, you know, he's a bad guy now. He's doing, he's the commissioner. And I look at all the people in this issue, once they're not infected anymore, I'm like, too bad for Deathbringer because you really didn't do it. anything at all this whole time. Nothing. And, with these things here, like the idea in my mind, you you ended up trying to raise the stakes. You wanted to, you know, broaden the stroke here of, hey, there's 666. You know, we had the 666. Yeah, and yeah. that's the number of the beast, Eric, if you didn't know. I've heard that. And uh, so and you were a witch priest. So when you end up having that, that's that. the scope. You know what I mean? Like there, oh, man, there's so many. So You never saw it. You never deal with it. And then when we finally get around to stopping it. To me, it doesn't make any sense because we were told that all those others were infected by Gordon when they came to feed him. Now in this, we're told that you have to have this plentiful dark dark material metal in your system. How did that happen? How did Gordon, how was he able to infect all those heroes? I don't know any of this. I don't even know half the time when we go back to see the Batman who laughs and how he infected our heroes to begin with, our Secret Six. I don't understand exactly how that happens. You know, Batarang's laced with this stuff. At least you got it in there. But the idea of the infection actually being a, you know, it's the Batman who laughs who is broadcasting the infection. And if you add the metal in you, you're a conduit to that uh, it doesn't really play out, and it's kind of a thud spreading there. Spreading yourself too thin here. It is, and that's the thing with Gordon. Would have really been spreading himself thin if he's going to infect all these. How is he doing this? Going, hey, wait a minute. Thanks for the burger. Hey, while How you're about here, a transfusion? can I spit in your mouth a little bit? And, and would that – that's my point, though. Would spitting in somebody's mouth – Transfer something that is in your blood, like a metal. If well, I end we up come s- over and spit well, in your mouth, that's the thing is, I've been eating a lot of tuna, 
Eh, maybe I'll get mercury poisoning, right? I'll spit in your mouth tonight. You're not going to have mercury poisoning. You're just going to have my awful spit in your mouth. And corona. And maybe, maybe I have gonorrhea. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, so that it doesn't play out well. And that's where this thing where you have a finale and especially a finale, you got to think of this as not just, oh, okay. Yeah, and some people wouldn't. I knew this was going to happen. All right, let's see what not ending this gets to the death metal. We all knew this was going to happen. There's nobody who didn't. But what you needed to do in this. hoping things. Well, hoping. But when you need, what you needed to do was at least finish the two things that we were pretty much handcuffed with for all this time. This was the book to do that. You need to at least have a clever way to get out of that stuff, not make it seem like, oh, well, we've run out of time. Let's reset this and forget about it. And I know some people are thinking, well, I wanted to forget about it, but you have to do it in a way, like I said in my blurb, You got to make it less transparent. You have to make it so it looks like you were concerned with this stuff, had an idea all along, and then go with it. There are ways to end a story to lead into the next big event to not make it seem like you just ended a story to get into that. And this just all seemed like a hard reset button. So you end up with these, you know, you're the villain. Well, not anymore. But why would they stop fighting? They are villains still that were powered up. And are those power ups gone? Are they gone because Lex that because that doesn't we don't know. It doesn't make sense. And then you just have keep fighting just the Batman who laughs and he's taken out at that point. So there's nothing to really fight about anymore. I'm going to fight against the heroes who are coming after me now because they're jerks. Well, just imagine that you're Solomon Grundy. You know, and there you I are. I like to all the time. You end up, you are fighting. I am Blue, so pale. You are fighting Blue Beetle. Now, all of a sudden, he remembers, wait a minute, I'm a good guy. The hell does that matter to Solomon Grundy? Right, Solomon uh, Grundy's just fighting. Yeah, I mean, really. And I beat up Blue Beetle on a Wednesday. Doesn't that That's how it right. goes? You have Clarion, who for some reason thinks he's going to take down Donna Troy there. But what would stop an Oracle robot from still attacking Gordon. Look, I, I don't know what the motivations for an Oracle robot are to There's begin no with. There's no motivations anyway. That, that's my point. There's nothing. And so you have this year of the villain that ends pretty much on a spread page of the credits and then nothing. I mean, you see a Solomon Grundy attacking Shazam in the background, which, again, Shazam, what do we do? That's and the thing. It's our infected for the most part and our year of the villains. They have been pushed aside because you and I, we haven't really been dealing with them for the most part. They've been trying to push the infected, but we don't care personally about them. What the big deal is is Lex Luthor versus the Batman who laughs, and that's what you really get for this whole issue. And you do, but the, the thing, you've been waiting for issues to get to it, so they've been dealing with the other things just to go, eh, and then you get to that. And even that is just kind of, you know, surface level. Hey, I'm going to get you at this. No, you're not. Yes, I am. And they do go back and some of it's okay. I mean, I, I do like that you see that Lex is planned. You you really see that, you know, the Batman who laughs doesn't care because like you said, I think deep down he knows that nothing's ever going to stop him because and that's he, the thing, he's too much of a hit. Nothing will stop him because even when we have this, it's funny to me because we have Lex show up in the big old power suit and stuff like that. On top of that, he's got the Apex Predator, you know, like powers going with it. But what we have is pretty much he's going to shoot at the uh, Batman who laughs. He's going to get his power suit cut open. A freaking Martian hand's going to come out of his chest, pull his mask off. And I just love this whole thing. There's bombs on Lex now because, you know, Batman who laughs has put them there. It's all back and forth great stuff. But even when we have this, all right, I'm the Batman who laughs. I'm going to pick up my visor now. And all Lex is just going to do, it seems like I'm going to gently 
slowly walk over and inject you in the neck with this thing that's going to cut off your infection, you know, a connection that you have. So everybody's going to be cured. I'm like, it is such a thing. Like, I wish we could have seen some kind of speed that he would have done because we keep calling him because Batman. Because you're still so- Apex Lex and you're still the Batman who laughs. So, yeah, it's just odd. Things just happen. But what were you going to say about that you wanted to see from him? I'm just saying because he calls him Batman the entire time, but nowhere in this does he really act like Batman besides for the fact that he seems like he's prepared for everything that we're ever going to deal with. And he kind of continues to even to the point where he's the one working with Perpetual by the end. It's just he's standing there and Lex just walks up, injects him like, where's the counter? Maybe like a parry or something like that, you know, to roll out the way. It's just you just let this happen for no reason, Batman. Yeah. And the other thing is, and, you know, it's an aside. It's kind of like when me and you were talking earlier about Superman's magic and, and all that. The idea of, well, when we were saying the a couple podcasts ago about Superman's weakness to magic, oh, uh, yes. that's that's the same as a Martian Manhunter's weakness to fire. Fire, yeah. He, he just burns. There's no weakness. The weakness is he's afraid of fire. The Martians are afraid of fire. They don't have an inherent, he burns just the same as us. He doesn't burn quicker. It's that they're afraid. They have an inherent fear of it. And you just play up that even like, hey, look, you know, you, you're uh, half Martian means that you're vulnerable to fire. No, no, most people are vulnerable to fire. You, you're just going to burn. And that's just thrown aside. I'm it's fire just retarded. Can, well, yeah, really. Yeah, it's just it, fire burn, Eric. Fire burn. <laughs> you end up, though, that it's just back and forth. So you're, you're hey, he knows him. He studied him. He did this. And then when Lex does walk slowly over and injects the Batman who laughs, again, this is where he ended up leaving last issue of saying, he lost. I, you know, I'm Lex and I'm going to beat the Batman who laughs. The, the problem is, yeah, that stops the infection. That's not really stopping the Batman who laughs. But I think that what is being played here, and I, I don't think it's played out as well as it should, is that when Lex does end up stopping the infection with that, he injects the Batman laughs, he can't broadcast this infection anymore, the infected are all fine now. It seems as if he's really counting on these heroes to applaud him and then attack the Batman who laughs and finish it with you know, their help. And when they don't, when they go against them, let's get both these monsters. Mercy's the one to yell this out. I think that that should have been played out a little better that, you know, Lex was counting on possibly them helping out, joining him to beat him because then they have to teleport the heck out of there. We never dealt with anything with this in any of the the hell arisen. And I wish that we had that. We're living in a post-Justice League world where everybody thinks of Perpetual and Lex have killed the Justice League, but we're not seeing any reaction to that at all this entire series. Yeah, no. And so you end up where just an injection, two pages later, they teleport out. There you go. Infected, done. Year of the Villain just I'm never happy. really does ha- done. Ha- ha- well, but Year of the Villain, done. Infection, done. I am happy to be past all these things because they weren't doing anything no, for yeah, me before. No, yeah. We're happy to pass that. The problem is, is that you can't, you know, it would be like me punching you for every day for a year. The, the the you know the day I stop punching you you're going to be happy that doesn't make the whole year of me punching you better you're still going to be pissed at that but they go off to the god's head and they end up you know going to perpetual perpetual ship the uh, god's the, head the funny thing in my mind is that where she's Godhead. sitting there with her crazy you know her clothes that are also a galaxy. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's just there to cover up the fact they had no way to resolve anything with Grundy, you know, freaking Cheetah all being part of that throne. Oh, it grod. is covered up. Or Grodd, I mean, it's all covered up. 
you, you don't see that. It doesn't look like the same throne I like either. That they're off to the side there a little bit. It doesn't even seem, but why not resolve that? Now, I would think maybe we will in Death Metal. We'll see. But that's not resolved here either, where Lex goes and says, here's the Batman who laughs. You know, I did what you wanted to do. I win. Let's go. Let's do what we're going to do. And then the Batman Alaska, this silver tongue, starts talking. That silver saying, tongue. Oh, devil. yeah, he is. And he starts like, huh, it's good that you have a pet here. You pet you don't dog. You need a pet anymore. You need a guy. You can see things that you can't because of my connection to the dark multiverse. You thought you killed the Justice League. But because I'm me and I got the Phantom Stranger over here and a bunch of other people, who knows how many. I know that the Justice League went and survived that thing. And they're going to do something messed up to stop you. Yeah. So he knows what happened because he ended up having Phantom Stranger. He ended up getting it. Now, but that's the thing is, he just has Phantom Stranger. That was like our cliffhanger before. It's over. Not even a cliffhanger. It's just one of these things we walk past. Like, I have you. I'm like, how? I, I just do. I'm like, he okay. captured him. And he also, you know, has the monitor. To mix Wotan. So the idea, why didn't the contestants know that Phantom Stranger was captured? They never tried to even go get him. The other thing is, it's not played out here. They like to do stuff in the background. They're not really a lot of doers there. They're a lot of watchers. You end up having a bunch the, of boyers, some guys. You have Lex bring the Batman a laugh. Even we have High Father a part of that. There's no High Father anymore, so I have no idea how he's a part of the Quintessence. The other thing about this is, you end up having Lex bring the Batman a laugh to Perpetua. And we've spelled out the perpetual can't do anything against the Batman of Laughs. Nope. So you're pretty much bringing the enemy who cannot be defeated to your queen here, you know, the goddess Perpetua. That, that's a bad play right away. Why isn't the Batman of Laughs playing this up? Because he just says, oh, man, I'm going to convince you. I'm going to. There's no real reason to convince. And you know that both of them are planning. And they even say Perpetua says, you go against me. I'm going to get you. But how? We've already been told that you can't. The other thing that goes is there is the Batman of Laughs, who's pretty much throwing his cards, you know, actually keeping them like. The only reason you want me is because I have information. Read my mind and you'll see. Oh, okay, thank you. You're gone now. That's the thing. I don't understand this whole, it's just such a forced way to, hey, you thought it was going to be either Perpetua or the Batman. No, it's going to be both. And in the meantime, let's get rid of Lex because he ends up getting mad. He goes to attack and Perpetua just takes all of the apex out of him. And I'm very disappointed about this because we have that Lex when we had that Lex Luthor like standalone like one shot special before, we thought that we had an easy way out to get Lex a normal body back by taking one of his younger versions from another universe and stuff like that. It seemed like a really clever deal because he took that young boy and he put him on ice. Now we just have the powers taken away and he flung back to Earth and it's like Lex anyway. The whole idea was that. Even with all the promises that Perpetua told Lex, no matter what, Earth was not going to survive. She was going to destroy everything with the rest of the multiverse. So it doesn't even matter. Lex is the puppy the entire time who didn't know he was going to get beat in the end. Yeah, and so he gets mad. He goes to attack and she just takes the Apex Predator stuff out of him. He just gets zapped. He's human again. And in an okay deal, as he is it's new It's so funny there. to me, though, because the idea is we had to grow a whole body for him to be the Apex Predator. He actually had seemed like he had to kill his old body, grow a new one for his consciousness to go into to be the Apex. Now we just turn the Apex Lex back into a human Lex, and now you're back to being and, human. And I'm again, like, this is your some- powers? Yeah, and this is something that's, you know, a year of in the justice league and now it's just nope you're human again snap your fingers through a portal you're back on earth where you somehow survive 
Not only that, not only that, that's the thing, is he, like, through a freaking portal, sends back Mercy Graves, jumps through the portal with it. Lex makes a gigantic crater, it survives, but Mercy, she seems to just be running through a field up to that, like, what happened to her? Uh, uh, nothing. And so you end this with basically, twist an ankle. basically, like, hey, you want to see what I have planned, Perpetual? Read my mind. Oh, my, that seems great, but if I, I don't trust you, and, you know, if you end up, you know, screwing us, we're all gonna die, and now, okay, we're together, ah, and they start laughing i'm like really are you laughing at us is that what you're doing because that's just what ends up with a non-ending to be continued in death metal and really and in death metal what we can do in my mind is we can destroy perpetual and the whole idea of the, the creator of all the universes stuff like that we can destroy the dark multiverse and we can never have to speak about it again yeah well that's what it's all going to be but Hopefully. again no, does this not. mean three years of stories i mean do we need that and you are ending up stopping something that you created and it's just ridiculous it's you figure we're not gonna have the batman will last fully die also if anybody wants to play with perpetual down the line she doesn't die she goes to the sixth dimension and reforms and then comes back i you hope nobody does play You're with fine. Her. i hope that nobody does anything with her ever again but the thing is all this seems to be leading to is a lot of non-endings that's just going to lead to a reset of okay well that was crazy and let's go i am not looking forward to death metal now because no, no, of all been. this and it's also we have to wait this death metal doesn't start next week we have to wait again for this thing so right away well, again, when like we get to months? death metal yeah when we get to death metal you know it's, it's going to start with a recap yeah but this is supposed to be the big thing we also ended the you know the last part of it in january we mm-hmm. end up where we're we're stopping then we have to wait a couple months for the next thing then a couple months for the next thing and it's just gone on too long. Even with the thing, are we like you're not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. But the idea of an event, even calling it Death Battle with Greg Capullo's crazy designs for the characters, a lot of the regular fans, they might not be a part of, but I think it's going to bring a lot of people who haven't been reading regularly. It's going to bring all the boys to the yard, their milkshake Maybe, and stuff like I that. Maybe, I don't know. It'll be the biggest selling yeah. book for DC, at least, when it comes out. It also depends on what we hear uh, to that point, what we're going to be getting with whatever 5G might be or turned into. That may actually up the ante as well. Stuff's going to go, but... This, I, I like the art, uh, but the story was a non-story. You didn't tie up anything that you set up for years now, and you just move on to the next thing. I gave it a 4 out of 10. I was furious at the end that we're just like, really? Like, at least end something with, with an ending. Uh, what do you give it? I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. I enjoyed the art in this one, and I enjoyed the first half of the book with the catch-up and the motivation behind Lex and stuff like that. Even the idea of Lex versus Batman will last for the first bit that we get. I thought it was enjoyable. It's just everything after that, once Lex injects the Batman will last, it started going on a downhill slide for me. And by the end, it was like a non-ending that's just flipped the script. Like, this is what you thought you're getting. Now Lex is human, and it's not even a clever way. And now the Batman will last is the biggest thing ever. I'm like, I don't want more of the Batman will last. Why would you do this? But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. the first half of the book I thought was enjoyable. Yeah. I didn't like it, but we're going to move on to the next book. All right. And the next book is Batman number 91, written by James Tynan, the fourth art by Raphael Albuquerque, Jorge Jimenez, Carlo Pagulan, Danny Mickey, Tomei Moray, and Clayton Cowles. I still feel like James Tynan is holding back on some important information about the designer, and I have an idea why. I like this issue, though, for the action scenes and the team-ups. I don't know if I am being a brat about wanting more information about the designer, but like Veruca Salt sang, can't fight the seether, Eric. And yeah, so you end up having this go, and and I just want to point out, we, we are having problems with our recording software, and we have no sound effects, and it's killing me. 
It is actually throwing me off. Poor, poor Jim. We end up having this, and even from the cover, and we usually don't talk or look at the cover, but it does say that Batman and Harley Quinn fight against the threat of a Jokerized GCPD, and that seems to be an odd thing to say since what we're seeing even on the cover seems to be this green mist coming from the GCPD that does resemble being Jokerized, but every time we talk about it, we have to, you know, even stop ourselves to saying it because it is supposed to be this designer thing. The designer mist. Yeah, and we're not learning much much about the designer and now i'm pretty convinced at this point and so are you uh that it's the joker that yeah. it's just going to be the joker is That's the, the design you even put it out to me because i never look at covers anymore the whole thing i like to get right into the book and when we start this whole issue out when we have the joker talking to just a random bartender about what's been going on for a way to get some recap some exposition going on and i like the way it's a clever yeah, it's, way it's to recap. Done really well too because we're just sitting there doing doodles on napkins at the bar talking about what's gone through and then like almost a story time kind of like you know a fairy tale kind of way of talking about like once there were four, like, you know, criminals who went and did stuff like that. And we get to the point where he's like this. And what did the jester want? Well, he, he, what did he ask the devil and stuff like that? He's like, he wanted to be the devil. I'm like, we're right there because we saw before where the Joker kills the devil. I'm like, he became the devil now. So everything we see now, even if you go back and you look at the whole thing where Catwoman digs up the grave and the Joker's like weird substitute bodies in there instead of yep, the design. One of his I'm thugs like, dressed up as exactly. Him. It's, it's a dummy freaking corpse. I'm like, Okay, so why did the, why would this be the Joker? That never made sense to you and me, unless the Joker is the one behind everything that we're dealing with right now. I agree, and uh, I still understand the and designer like you were mist and say, talking through things. I know. Well, like you were going to say, I was the same way. I didn't see that cover until after the fact. And so I had already come to this idea, like, yeah, yeah. it's got to be the Joker. And just say, we have two more issues after this right one. The Joker war. And we're leading into the Joker War. And you keep having him, you know, he'll call off to the punchline, hey, things it, it are going well. It reminded me a lot of the whole idea, if you go back, which I know you didn't play, but that Arkham Origins games, which you thought was nonsense when it came out, because everybody I said they hated it. Stroke, remember? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's but right at the beginning. The, the big twist of that whole thing is that Black Mask turned out to be the Joker the whole time, and that was like the origin of the Joker, where he was pretending to be the black mass to take over his criminal and that's what I was thinking right here when I was reading about this and the designer. Yeah, and so when you do have this and say we're right, wrong, whatever, if we're right, okay, you're playing this close to the vest because you don't want to, if you reveal too much about the designer, then you're going to reveal it's actually the Joker. But if it isn't the Joker, first off, if it isn't the Joker, he's already killed the designer because of his plans and doing things and Joker right now is not reacting like he would if this guy who he'd already killed because of his deal has come back. Joker's sitting there. He's laughing it up. He's making doodles. He's got his own plans. He's got a punchline hanging out doing stuff. He's a little too laid back for that. Also, yes, he is. He (laughs) is aloof. And you end up, though, also, if that's the case, if it's not the Joker, then I need to know more information. I need to know why and how. And I still kind of need to know how a Joker ends up doing some things. But if you make the designer he is actually dead he's not back and the whole idea of the supernatural stuff that's already done that was the designer who knows where it passed so i can go with that but like you said we need to know how and why this jokerized deal you can have him talk through people with that and you might be able to you know explain that with some it's tech joker or something with some mad hat or tech well, it's gonna be some convoluted nonsense like that but as long as you have something that makes it work that says okay i get to where you're going with this whole thing and, it's and, fine and yeah and one of the things that i do like and you know you end up with this going on 
And if it is the case, you would think that why aren't these villains looking into this a little harder if they do end up digging up? Yeah, you end up maybe Joker setting a body there. But still, the idea of the designer coming back, nobody looking in. I will give one little thing that it is kind of making sense that you would then capture the Riddler so that because this is kind of a riddle. And now he's not out and about to figure things out. And you can kind of do things uh, with that to explain. Even this whole thing we talk about the designer's motives are at this whole point but what i want to know is what batman's motives are in this whole thing because of how much we have to keep close to the vest the way the batman's narration is played out through this whole thing actually pisses me off because we're spending so much time going after deathstroke i'm like deathstroke was part of this other plan that we don't even know that much about and he's the last of the assassins you need to catch I'm like you have bigger things to worry about well you need i think to go after that basically designer. it's just one thing this is he doesn't know where he is he can't figure it out he, well, he, he, he doesn't so- seem to be looking at anything we have catwoman and harley being back there teaming up doing weird stuff but like they're the ones being targeted batman's just off doing deathstroke no, stuff. i'm saying Having- he's doing deathstroke things he even spells it out he wants to know where the designer is where is he? you are hired well, by him where is he and idea. deathstroke says i gotta he change know. the way i do things you know what deathstroke i have nine million people down there they're all gonna be upset if like you know hurt if you don't come like this whole weird weird way of batman trying to get deathstroke to be a person outside of his whole assessment it feels so weird for me this whole thing and even the inner monologues i, I didn't mind i don't like the narration and that's a James Tynan thing that, you know, does end up getting me annoyed. And I, I always say it, when you end up having the inner monologue, what you're then going to have is very static art where there's just, you know, there's the, the new Batwing, there's a jump, there's this. But I, I don't mind the idea that you have a Batman who's coming out of the city of Bane. He blames himself. He's trying to make the city better. But I think that the big thing is to say to Deathstroke, listen, you know, I'm the good guy. This isn't me against you. You've been hired to go against all this stuff, but I don't want to attack you just help me because I want to stop this designer and Deathstroke is not for it because Deathstroke is being hired he is being paid he switches right when you end up having the designer pretty much say, yeah, I'm not paying you anymore. I, I just don't and know then he why flips. Batman would think that Deathstroke would like tell him who his employer was and where to find him because he's known Slade and kind of obsessed. And he is for years now. I'm like, I don't know why you think this would work this time, Batman. I actually just think that. He, and he even says, I think he's trying to pull his heartstrings. He even says, you know me. You know the real me and why yeah. I'm doing this. You know that my parents and were killed. You're you. knowing all that. And he's like, you know, no. So he is actually, I think Batman, he'd has nothing. He doesn't know where this designer is. He has nothing about him. Again, I think because it's just the Joker going around and, and doing some nonsense and things like that. But I, I just think that it is trying to get them and to team that, he's up. He's not investigating the Joker at all. We know the Penguin's been doing stuff. We know the Riddle was taken by the designer. And we also know that the Joker has been doing stuff like, you know, setting clowns on fire at Amusement Mile and all this other stuff in the background. Why isn't he not trying to go after the Joker at all, who is a part of this whole thing? Again, I think that he's more involved and trying to get somebody he thinks he can get some info from. I think that he really thinks that he could talk to Deathstroke and talk some sense into him because of all this stuff going down. Also, the idea that the other assassins have been pretty much taken out and Deathstroke is there by himself and he's not really... I mean, what is Deathstroke really doing now? We haven't even seen the Penguin around, so you end up where, you know, maybe he's thinking, eh, this plan of theirs kind of went down. Maybe I can convince him. Maybe I can even trick him into it, but it just ends up... it, It doesn't lead to anything until the designer in such a weird move just says to Deathstroke the one thing that would get him to team up with Batman he ain't getting paid and that does flip him I don't mind it as much it just seems very much narration heavy to pretty much 
almost like teach you that Batman is trying to be different and and you're not seeing it he's no. telling you and it doesn't hit as much I, for, we have this weird narration that over, over top of an action scene that seems to be putting this whole thing where everybody was flipping out that first issue that James Tynan did where Batman was able to take out Slade supposedly like a page and a half and it seems now we're seeing Slade's like revenge here where he's able to jump off a truck throw a sword through the Batwing's windshield and then they end up having a giant fight on a plane I'm like and that's the thing. It's like, all right, now you get to see Slade holding his own a lot more than you saw in that first time that James Tiny came into town. And here's the thing. What's weird about this is, and I'll give you, you know, the full credit deal of what you're saying, is that Batman and what's going on, especially because it's heavy narration, and what he's trying to do that does seem a little off with the Deathstroke, but it's off maybe because of that fact that he's trying to do something different out of the city of Bane. But he's not really any bit of a focus of his own book. It's Batman, and you're, you're expanding the, the whole, you know, Batman universe here, unlike what Tom it King seems did, like which is pretty with close. Harley and Catwoman that's what I'm saying so and, and in, in fact i like more of the harley and catwoman in this book this issue i wish uh, this was more. a catwoman book more than a batman yeah, book at this and point. that's where i think that it is a little off overall because of the fact that batman's kind of just there and if you have two scenes going like you're having here and you have a harley and a selena and a deathstroke and a batman first off deathstroke batman should be pretty cool but yeah. it is just narration action deal the the hard-hitting stuff and the stuff that you remember and the stuff that really, to me, was the best was the Selena Harley, and that kind of throws off the pacing of the book. At least the you know the idea well, the that it is, is a Batman book. Even the whole book. thing where Batman is trying to get some answers. We got this whole thing about you know trying to find Riddler's like you know encrypted data. We have Catwoman and Harley Quinn staying back at, at uh, Riddler's old hideout and stuff. Ever now since he's been taken, they had the assassins locked down there, and now the assassins are just gone. And we have Jokerized slash Designerized, you know, GCPD cops come in the freaking you know take on Harley and Catwoman. I'm like, why is the designer everywhere Batman isn't in this whole thing? Like, the world's greatest detective doesn't seem to be doing a lot of detecting in my um, mind. He's when, just, when has he's, he? He's grasping for straws, it seems well, like. Well, he is. And I think that the problem is, again, now this is our theory, so it might be thrown out, but if it is the Joker and it leads to the Joker war, you are going to run into a problem where you can't really solve it too quick. You know what I mean? You almost set up a story that your twist might be the reason why you're kind of not getting your guy to do anything because if Batman just figures it out, it's done. You're there. Okay. If it is a twist, if it is actually a guy who came back from the dead, whatever, then I think that there's some problems here because you should be able to have some detecting. I think that the reason why Batman can't figure it out is because it's not even real of what we're supposedly seeing. So you're not seeing much of it. Uh, but again, what is the end game? And it might be one of those where we just had a James Tynan book that kind of ended with a non-ending. This will be different because you will go right to the Joker War, but this might all just be set up for everybody to be pissed off at the Joker to have the Joker War. And then it, it kind of expands that of it's not just Batman versus the Joker. You know, why is it the Joker War? Because Batman's always mad. at the, It might be that you get these villains all with Batman. That seems neat. But in this issue in this series and this you know the the story that came out of the tom king when james tynan jumped on here i'm starting to worry that it's just going to end with a haha 
Uh, I'm the Joker. Let's move on. And it's gone too long without info and without, like you said, I think that one of the problems what you're saying about Batman is he still doesn't know what's going on. We're too far into this. We've had so well, many issues. Thing, Catwoman, she is trying to spill her guts to Batman about what is going on to bring him up to speed with what she knows. And this, this seems like he's just stuck on the idea like, well, I did have these five, you know, assassins coming to town. I better take care of those while she's off doing stuff. Even the idea where she tells Harley, like, they're gonna, like, I figured out a way to steal all this money and I'm gonna steal it before this other person can. That's a, that's a wrong line anyway, because like, no, Harley, because I figured out how to steal more money than anyone has ever stolen in a single theft, and I told him how to do it. No, no, he told you how to do it. But the whole idea going forward is that, okay, what you and I are gonna do now is that we're gonna go and do this heist before he can. I'm like, what is that doing though for the overall narrative for what we're dealing with right now? And if, because in my mind, if you, now again, she knows, and I think that that's. Is it so you can steal the money so he doesn't and Bruce Wayne can still have all his money left? That's the pro, that's what it is in my mind. And that is set up. If you didn't know, they really throw it out there in a, in a recap that actually goes and flows well with Harley. Man, you know, I'd really like to know who, who the Batman is. And Selena says, I know. I know. And we know that she knows, but maybe some people jumping on don't. Johnny, it works fine. But for some reason, I got so mad at myself when reading this. I'm like, stop telling them. Now she's like, torture you for the information or something stupid. Like it is that. a weird thing in this book Don't where you are you know getting things. two characters that end up pretty much the reader being told no Bruce's identity. So when you have that with Selena, that's what I think is the play. And it's kind of funny. It's really funny too for the whole idea where like Harley's going up talking about she thought it was this weird king thing about just being in mass and whole. Realm. Like it actually reminded me of Tim Drake and Stephanie Brown's spoiler back in the day because he could only have a relationship as Robin because he couldn't tell her who his identity was. I'm like, all right, that's reminiscent there. I always, I also thought it was like the All Star Batman and Robin type thing. Yeah. You know, let's see, yeah, that's what I thought, and that's not a fun thing to. No. Think about with, you know, making love with the costumes on. But I I think that that was the setup. Hey, make sure everybody's on board. Selena knows who Bruce Wayne is because when she goes to steal it, the idea of stealing the money to stop the designer makes no sense because if he really needed money, he would have started with that. He would have taken the money first and gotten it. So she just needs to make sure that a Bruce Wayne doesn't go bankrupt. She is saving Bruce more than stopping the designer here. But in the long run, like you said, what does that actually stop from the designer? And if it is the Joker, he probably ends up doing this as just a goof. You know, that's where you get the out of, well, why? what's the Joker's motivation? He doesn't need one. He's just crazy. He likes to mess with people. And that leads to this. And, and it's that. a weird thing where I have to think by the end where we have the whole Riddler coming into play, his turn of the whole round, that the Riddler by the end, now that he's been kidnapped, is in on the joke and is going because the whole thing, like... He's afraid of the designer because of what went down before the idea that he was the devil, the biggest bad there ever has been. So now him just playing along where the designer seems to be getting bored with what's happening. I'm like, he has to be in on the game now. I don't know why after all this stuff and even trying to leave Batman clues about him taken. Now that it's his turn to play the game, like he has to be in on the joke now. Yeah, and the other thing, you end up having Selena kind of, you know, you're going to show her smarts kind of here where they're getting attacked by the GCPD that have, you know, this jokerized deal. We'll just call it that. And she's setting up bombs, the designerized, and they're going. But 
I don't know. She still ends up killing all these people. And usually you do get the concept <laughs> of, thing, hey, they're still innocent. Well, that's the thing is you and I were talking about the idea that we thought all these people that designer was controlling were already dead. So even though she does the self-destruct on Riddle's old hideout, blowing everybody to hell in the whole process, I like to think that those GCPD, GCPD officers were already dead. But without setting that up, it's really odd. I thought the same it thing. really is odd that she just ends up blowing up all of them. Um, but yeah, I like that part though. You said Selena spells out to Harley what exactly went down with the designer and she flip flops it. It's not really what seemed to happen, whether or not this is her trying to not look bad or whatever, but it's odd. She looks worse actually by saying, I taught him how to do this. That wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, you end up just at the end then with Batman and Deathstroke end up falling into pretty much the infection of the designerized GCPD and then all of a sudden a video screen with the designer and you know supposedly you know the shocking reveal that the Riddler's behind him but we know that that's who he has he even mentioned it earlier so you end up with the designer say hey uh, Deathstroke I ain't paying you anymore he just says your contract's terminated and then you have Deathstroke say boy am I going to get paid so that just makes Deathstroke pissed off and against the designer to team up with Batman here. He took my job. And then at the end, and so that's just the thing of, okay, we did the assassin thing. We're done with that, so it's just done. And now we're going to move on to the Riddler, who I captured. While Catwoman does a heist with Harley Quinn, which in my mind will be the best part of the next issue. It will, and that's the problem. If you have listened to our podcast, as we're going through, we have mentioned at points where, and you're going to even say it at the end of this, one of your favorite parts of this issue is the Joker at the beginning. But we also had does a great Joker voice, does a great Catwoman, and does it great. He really does a great Batman voice. No, and that's the problem. We also said that coming into this and going through a bunch of these issues, that the designer was kind of not the big thing because once you get the Joker involved, he's always going to be the big thing. Well, it might be combined. Everybody, he does upstage everyone, and so even Batman. And the problem is, Batman's upstaged again in this by Selina and Harley, and that's not the greatest thing. I think he's kind of upstaged by Slade as well here. He's upstaged by everyone. He's just kind of there. Everything's going on around him. build your city, buddy. Calm down and let the other people do our stuff here. Seriously. Also, the idea of him, you know, boy, you're going to end up running out of money. I'm like, yeah, he will. It's not just because of this. It's because (laughs) of that Fitbit thing that the Nightwing was doing, all that nonsense. CrossFit. CrossFit. I know. Remember when he was doing the CrossFit and was in the uh, the, uh, freaking trash (laughs) fucking dump? Oh, my. I'm cursing now. Oh, my. But, yeah, uh, overall, though, this is the thing. I just like the idea. That's what you think. No, no. The ridiculous part besides with the CrossFit and the trash dump was that his, his person that he was training was a cyborg. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's more of CrossFit in the junkyard. And That's then what I was Rocky argue- do Remember, I was arguing with Simon about the semantics of actually having a CrossFit in the garbage dump. Me and him were going back and forth with that. because but- he lost his lease on the place he had. And that's true. Yeah. So, Off yeah, panel. but I said, this is going to cause a lot of trouble with, you know, insurance and stuff for the guy who has the poor garbage dump. You don't tell him about it. Well, you better not. So you end up with this. I still like it enough. I- and-, and this is the thing. This is the weirdest thing. I like this as a, maybe a side bat as a main batman title it's starting I to be wish a little it was a catwoman off. book and that's as a side deal if this was actually detective comics yeah. or you had something like a batman adventures yeah. i think my score might have gone up a that's little that's weird 
Yeah, but I'm saying having Batman be the guy who doesn't know what's going on. We had that for 85 issues, Eric. Oh, my. <laughs> so I don't need that. But some of the things do intrigue me. And I do like having, you know, a Harley and a Selena team up was good. Deathstroke in this. It is expanding everything. But I think it needs to kind of condense a little to get Batman back in his own book here and back on top to see what's going on. And I, I worry. I actually am giving it a 7-9. I'm, I'm less than a, I like the art. And with the, the art fine. deal. And I really do like some of the things. It's just weird. They're not the Batman stuff. But uh, what would you give it? I didn't give this a 6.5 out of 10. I like the art for how many artists we may have in this whole thing. But that's the thing. It's Batman does not shine. And every time he ends up talking to somebody else or himself, I feel like he's talking over my head. And I feel like a dummy for not knowing exactly what's going on in this book yet. And at this point, I'm like, we're so far into the story. And like, I don't know what the designer really wants to do for all of this. And the thing is, Batman is not shining over all the other characters. He is just being upstaged by everybody. I do like the Joker. I like Catwoman. I like Harley. And I like Slade. It's just I want to like Batman more than and I can't do that here. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And yeah, so it stinks that we're not I, – I just need a little more. It just keeps being that little bit more that I need to really, really get on board. And it just seems like we're not quite getting all of it. But we're going to move on to the next book in this section. All right, Eric, and what is the next book? Next up we have Justice League number 42 written by Robert Venditti with art by Doug Mankey, Richard Friend. David Baron and Tom Napolitano. It's the end of the Eradicator's invasion of Earth, and while it's cool to see our heroes being able to take on any kind of threat, this issue just kind of put Eradicator and his advanced Legion threat leveled down to zero out of nowhere and left us with a kind of lackluster ending to this arc, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and this is the thing that I have a problem with Venditti, is he has a lot of really cool ideas. He really does. This whole idea I thought was amazing when it first got started, but having a three-issue arc was like, set up, confrontation, and conclusion, I'm like, it just went by so fast, so easy. Yeah, and you are, you know, the Eradicator. This is something that you like, him, no, no, Cyborg no, no, Superman. No. You like that I don't sort like of thing. The but this is the thing. Daxamites so, I like. But you, this is the thing, those stinking Daxamites. You, you end up, though, with you have this going on, and this could be something that is, you know, you, you have the Eradicator. He is a one trick pony. But you end up having it where this seems to be a twist that, that's pretty clever to have Daxamites. You end up working out a lot of their weaknesses. So you pretty much Genetically have this, you know, yeah, this, this thing going on here. In the meantime, you're even going through the Justice League trying to get some of their little DNA the and genetics the things. Yeah. going to suck off and, some Wonder Woman add that yeah. to the next mix. And it seems like this should be big. And I'm talking like big, if it plays out well, big to be something down the line where people are saying, well, what are the best eradicator stories? And you'll say there are a lot of no. them, but this could be one of them. It doesn't. And it, it can't because it just ends up fizzling out at the end. You have to nail that ending, not just nail the ending of, okay, we figured it out. We got it done. It's not going to happen. And hey, let's throw in some, you know, moments of fans service moment superman he's gonna do what's good for earth not what's good for and so it ends up in my mind it's just the it's the safe story by the end where you start off really going like holy crap he's really going for it just to get safe near the end and he always does that he always ends up at the end it ends up that resolution is never as good as the setup and so that's what you're left it's what what have you done for me lately you remember the ending and that does throw off a lot of what you read. Well, even this whole thing where we, like, you know, we portaled all the Advanced Legion and even the Eradicator off to this asteroid slash planet with no yellow sun anywhere to be seen. That's fine. I wish it would have been a red sun because just no yellow sun doesn't mean that much to me because we've seen 
Superman flying all around, doing all these different things, and then their their powers just go away so quickly, including the Man of Steel. Yeah, that's the problem. And you've seen, and when you're thinking back, you're like, okay, and they're, like you said, Red Sun, yeah, because this has to be something that you see Superman even mention sometimes. Well, I only have this amount of power when you, you add it in metal, where he's trying to jump and fly yeah. from this crazy deal. And he, eventually it wears down, 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 down. Uh, it doesn't just shut off. And this just shuts off. It's like, oh no, yellow sun out. I'm out. Done. And you do have that where you want to have the Daxamites able to be defeated like that and kind of surprise them with it. Once Superman gets involved and he's bleeding and stuff like that, I know that it goes with what you're seeing, but that's where it started making it kind of si- not silly to me, but kind of like, well, we've seen Superman deal without a yellow sun for a little more than this to have it like that seemed a little much it, it seemed too much it seemed like they're convincing we you. have a bunch of guys that are out of nowhere who were the biggest baddest threat we could possibly even imagine at this point in time outside of perpetual and stuff i'm saying this whole advanced legion really cool idea but now we just have a bunch of guys who have to go up against you know a green lantern wonder woman flash and batman which we get flash and superman pretty much out of the equation right away which even like we get our big heavy hitters with the speed force and the man of steel right out because they are are a little too overpowered to even have regular guys here who are just trying to fight off the Legion, uh, the Justice League. Yeah, and and so what you're really left with again is the idea of a Superman. Well, you know what, and and even so, you're almost you're you're pretty much winning the battle, or at least it's evened up at this point. But then Superman steps forward. Hey, listen. Why don't, why don't you just suck me? Yeah. Get my deal. You're all about Krypton. I'm the last son of Krypton. You know this. Just get my, you know, genetics, my DNA. Leave Earth alone. Leave this. And the one thing, though, is the idea you're going to do that. That doesn't save anybody because Eradicator, he's, he's bonkers anyway. <laughs> so you're not even sure what he's going to do. But you even still have, you, you, you're really trusting him to leave the rest of your buddies alone then and go. But it, it's just a fan service moment to show you, look, Superman, he's a great guy. He will sacrifice. And the thing him. is, I'm okay with that. But for what you know, he actually sacrificed himself to the Eradicator to like you get him to go away. I'm actually okay with that. It's it's a messed up situation. But then they have Wonder Woman walk up behind the Eradicator and just impale him. Like, what's wrong with Wonder Woman now? She is this ultra violent. Where's the compassion at? Where she just walks up behind somebody? Yeah, he's a robot, but just impales him and kills him. Like. Oh, my. I don't know if you realize this. At one panel, you have to really squint to see it. She's like, take that, Maxwell Lord. She, <laughs> she's going back to the basics here. She thinks she's back in the day. Uh, it was but yeah. so brutal. Just this whole thing. It's almost like this. Like, slowly creeps up and slides. It's almost like, go to sleep. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> and and the idea, she, she stabs him and then trashes, you know, Throw shade about the whole blade, then rips his head off. I mean, it's not enough. It was to stab so him. brutal out of and nowhere. And the thing is about the brutalness of it, you do kind of get that idea of, you know, what is life, Eric? You know, you were here. Hurt me? Oh, no, he isn't. He is an AI that is sentient. She just Dirty destroys robot. him, and then they all laugh it off. <laughs> He's there, his stupid head there, and like, take that quietus. You know, he's a bunch of robots <laughs> without bodies. But yeah, I, I'm surprised Quite they didn't. Just body have, again. It's fine. Um, yeah, he did. I'm surprised that they didn't go like, hey, let's pretend we're back in World War One and we're in the neutral zone here. Let's have some, you know, soccer with, with the head. Let's have some fun. And so you end up just ending, cut. though. And this is the big deal with this, like we said, is – 
you end up just kind of ending it. There is no real clever resolution. Even the Eradicator realizing through all the shade that's being thrown about his advanced legion and how great they were, they're not up to snuff. So he's going to go and eradicate all of them and start fresh with the Wonder Woman DNA he's procured and all this other stuff. He's going to make the advanced advanced legion. And it really seemed like he set off a self-destruct within all of them during this big battle. And then by the end, even when we get back to Earth and we talk to Sodom Yacht, who has nothing to do with this entire arc, which I was really disappointed about because I like Again, Sodom Yacht. Again, a fan service deal exactly. that he showed up. That's all it was. Well, now the, the Green Lantern Corps are going to show up and take the advanced legion away. I'm like, I really thought they were dead. You can't even kill off the advanced legion here. And, and even that, you end up... And, and and the, the clever deal was what he did with the Daxamites. You even said, boy, that's a cool thing that I'm surprised a lot of people didn't deal with. So we have that. But then, you know, going through the portal that Xanadu ended up setting up, you go through that. That was good, too. That yeah. really was. That Those were the good moments. But those are past. And I also even didn't even like Z- the idea that he has to explain that part now as if people didn't even understand Even the Xanadu part, though, feels odd now because we have Daxamites show up. We have the Eradicator. The Eradicator, let's just throw him out. We have a whole army of Daxamites is what we got. And one of the big things about Superman is that he's vulnerable to magic. Same with the Daxamite. So we have to get a magic user. We get, like, uh, you know, Madame Xanadu, who is just complaining to the audience, you never told me there was a machine involved just to open a portal in the long run. And all she did at one point when we got there, disperse. She really has no reason to be here, though. Ultimately, for what she did, she opened a portal to another, like, you know, a, a asteroid. But for the most part, not a lot to do here. No, she ended up, she got there. There could there, have been some teleportation technology that the Just Like yeah. We could have done the same thing. But again, when you have a Xanadu and they're on a planet and there's Daxamites and you end up having the Eradicator, all these things where we're going to end up almost like what we end up in the Suicide Squad. When you ever have anything where a character is so overpowered, again, they always end up passing out. <laughs> it just always well, ends like up flash. happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, flash, I ran so. so fast. I'm going to go sleep over here for a little while while you guys yeah, fight and, the big, good fight. And that's where... I, I said that we do and we have liked some things that Robert Venditti yeah. has done. We love the Freedom Fighters, but it kind of ended up in a fizzle. You you end up where a lot of people love the Hawkman book, but by the time we got that definitive version, the beginning was better than the end. Sure it always seems to be his thing, but he always seems to have, in my mind, a good he idea. has the Robert Venditti deal. He plugs in these great ideas and then everything is kind of, I, I hate to say cookie cutter, but the way he plays it out it's well done the pacing is always good there's just something missing it's like there's the heart is i don't know what it is there always is something missing that by the end a story that should be more memorable isn't and then by the end like i said the hal jordan the green lantern corps he was on forever (laughs) and by the time he was off and you sat there well what were the neat things that he did well he ended up having the the yellow lantern corps join up with the green lantern corps okay well how did that that end up not good you know what i don't really remember there's some things Look, where jim you sh- kyle went and killed his son from the future with sorenek it was crazy she's doing stuff out in space still i bet that's the thing a lot of it ends <laughs> with a non-ending you end up with somebody taking somebody away you have things that just end up where you have the daxamites here that are the big After bad Doomsday and you just Clock, get arrested. we know that jade's back so maybe kyle can get his relationship going with her or maybe donna troy there's a bunch of people that kyle's been with that's all i care about what's going on with kyle Ray? Yeah. <laughs> 
What are the big moments of the Freedom Fighters? There were a lot of big moments. Nazis. You know, Black Condor heading to Detroit. You end up having, you know, uh, Doll Woman end up being taken. Cyborg you know, Uberman. Yeah, stuff like that. Not Uberman. Okay. You end up where blowing up a thing at the end and having, you know, Adolf Hitler out and then he gets attacked by, you know, Black th- Condor, things, Black Man. Yeah, it always ends up like the endings, the aside, the ending wasn't the thing that was the big plan. And so by the time we get to it, it always just ends very conveniently. It always ends with something that makes it like, okay, well, that was okay. It's never like horrible. It's always okay. And mostly just filled with big battles. Yeah, big battles that end up, like you said, even resolve sometimes where it's not even the heroes resolving it or it's just kind of like, whoa, I thought something else happened there. And then they go. You end up with these, you know, Dax fights just being taken off by the Green Lantern Corps. Hey, Sodom Yacht, you want to join us now? Just even the whole thing, Sodom Yacht crash lands on Earth and just goes insane and starts attacking all our heroes until like, oh, you know what? You are my friends. Guess what? Eradicators of Daxamites are coming, but not just any Daxamites, genetically engineered Daxamites. And I'm passing out. Okay, you go in this tube over here, and I'll see you in a little while when all the danger's over. Thank you, Sodom. I'll go in this tube until the Eradicator comes and almost kills you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, have a, I'll end up getting a big gun, blast him away, go back in the tube. I like it, too. He's like, listen there, Sodom Yacht, it Lynch stinks. Pin, that, you're you right. Know, <laughs> we're trying to get you to be able to stay here on Earth, but you're going to have to stay in the tube, but we'd really like you to stay the here. He's the like, bubble. really? I'm out of here. I'm out. I'm not John Travolta. I'm out. <laughs> uh, so you end up with that. But yeah, in the meantime, you get a fan service well, moment guess with what, a guys? Superman. I'm going to go back to Dax. I'm going to start working on some change of there. Well, good for you, Sodom. See you next time, buddy. All right. And and Superman, take my deal. And then I wonder when people are going to stop looking at me as an alien and just not somebody who grew up in Kansas. Well, I, I don't know because you're saying you're the king of the universe now, buddy. you got more problems than with Earth. Bendis. King of you got Earth. more problems with Bendis there pal but yeah so at the end eh, it's okay it's just it's less than what it started and that's a shame because it did seem like there was going to be something though i will give them credit unlike say the scott snyder run i understood what went on all through here so i'm going to give them credit that you end up having a beginning and an end especially this week where we're having non-endings this does have an end even on a pseudo kind of cliffhanger to whatever we're going to deal with going forward with the just league title where we end up back in london where batman's talking to xanadu was like i can't convince you to stay on my team no but let me do a tarot card reading here and he ends up getting a saying like you know they believe in you a great obstacle awaits the justice league rebirth unflinching honesty blame and reckoning i'm like all right. So the so the Justice League is going to have some problems going forward. Is what you're telling me, Xanadu, well, but you're that, not saying on. It's funny. It'd be funny there where Batman's like, so what you're telling me is the Justice League's going to run into some problems. Thanks a lot, there, Captain Obvious. I'm out of here. But it, the I mean, thing is, it seems, teller over here. It seems it's look at freaking Miss Cleo over here. Really, you're from Jamaica, New York. Stop it. You end up with the whole idea though that they are going forward to have problems in Tartarus yeah. and Wonder Woman and stuff like that. So that's fine. This ending doesn't really spell that out and, no. and really the Next. just league's Monsters always gonna have problems but it is the idea that you have to get xanadu out and i did like xanadu being in that's the book cool. i thought I, that, I, that was cool i wanted more when i saw that, her on the, the covers coming forward when robert vendetti was on i thought okay he's adding to the roster we don't have the entire team that we had before but now we have Van of xanadu that could be a cool thing but it doesn't seem like it's going to be going forward this way and basically my my deal i again robert vendetti has great ideas i just always end up wanting more I just always want a little more the way it ends and then sometimes even goes a little against the, the deal. But this is fine. This was a nice little arc. It was a nice little story, but I don't I think that this is going story, to though. be – Yeah, I don't think that it's big and really the setup – 
It had a cleverness to it that you actually could have had this be big. We haven't had many big stories in regular books. Like you and end that's up the thing. Reading we stuff. talk about big stories where like the Justice League Scott Snyder stuff was all one big story. I'm talking about just regular arcs that feel big and important for what we're dealing with. What I want to have is an arc where later on when they have a Justice League 250th anniversary, oh, yeah. they'll have this arc in it. Yeah. I-, I want them to have something where we sit there and read it and like, you know what? We can't really tell right now because of the perspective of it, but this might actually stick. This might be something 15 years from now that people might still be bringing up. Remember that, right? That's all we want. And really, when was the last time we would have had something like that? I mean, I'll go to Scott Snyder and the Court of the Owls maybe, but that even seems like more of a concept yeah. than what really hit. And some of these things, though, I really want to have that that story. And I'm not talking like Doomsday Club. That's a separate- Or even you know, Forever Evil or something like that, because these are events to the degree. You know what we're dealing I'm talking just a two-issue. I want something like we, and it's just me and you, yeah. but that Tom Taylor Batman Superman, where I still say, you want something big, read that. And I haven't really gotten that lately. I haven't gotten anything that I thought, boy, this is going to stand the test of time. This is something clever. This is something <laughs> you bigger. You did it, kid. Yeah, yeah, I just, I need that. And this is a time where you are, it's like you say, it's an up the plate home run with all these other books meandering, with all these other books not doing enough. This is the time that number one, we need a story that we can really be like, oh man, this is awesome. And number two, you know, it's an easy time to do this. It's an up the plate home run. You can really wow people and and go. I, I tell you, the Hawkman book is like that. The Hawkman book, people are jumping on because I think think that's just like other things aren't as good we like the metal men do it's not the best story ever but we're having fun with everything you know you have to have your thing i always said it our thing of the podcast at one point 13 hour episodes nonsense but that was our thing and uh so you have to and this just kind of ended up with just generic by the end and it's a shame but what'd you give i ended up giving a 6.8 out of 10 because of how much i like the art and the idea that we did you know he didn't do anything too off like track to get us to where we need to go. I just wish it was bigger than it. Like you, like um, when we originally had the story, I'm telling you, I talked to you, I talked to everybody on the podcast. I've said it this whole review where I thought this was a great, huge story that we're going to deal with. Not realizing at the time it was only going to be three issues for the arc, but by the end, I just felt like that we should have more for the setup that he gave us. Now. We just had a bunch of guys fighting the Justice League on an asteroid and the Eradicator getting slaughtered by a freaking brutal Wonder Woman out of nowhere. It threw me off, but overall, there was not a lot bad with the issue. It's just I wanted more by the end. Yeah, and I think that maybe you ruined it for me, Eric. And now that I'm thinking of it, you actually got me fired up. And <laughs> oh you made this like, oh my God, this is going to be big. This is going to be great. And I was very because of you know, the things that I've had a problem with Venditti with his storytelling and how it ends. And and pretty much I think that he has heard or read that, that concept from us and hates our guts, yeah. but that's fine. But the, the idea of the whole thing, I just wanted more and I expected a little more and I wanted something where we could say, oh, you got to read this. You got to go back and read that. Now if just somebody goes back and read it, they're just going to be like, eh. To get to yeah, where we need to go. it's too convenient by the end to, to get there. Though some of the setup was really, really good. That Daxmite stuff and that poor I thought were played out really, really well. And then you kind of end and you got to end better than that. But that's a shame. But we're now going to go off to some mail. He's got a brand new villain with a crazy look. Where he got the idea? 
Mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First, I'll hear mail with Jim. Now, mail with Jim. Hello, and yes, we're going to hear Mail with Jim, no Eric, and uh, we're going to start off with Jason here. And This is Kelly Clarkson. It's not Kelly Clarkson. I said it was Jason, and Jason says, hello, weird science, and greetings from my little Rhode Island corner of the current apocalypse, and I know I love Rhode Island because that is the home of the Cal Sills. First-time emailer, medium-time listener, he says, having not been a reader of comics all my life in the manner of, for instance, one Eric Shea. I mean, Eric Shea, right? Oh, my. I don't know why we had some dice rolling. I'm going full-out sound effects here. All right. He says, I began following current DC Comics regularly with Rebirth and joined the rest of the Get Fresh Coop Beep Boop, listening to the Weird Science DC podcast shortly thereafter. So I'll start out with a shout out to Jim, Eric, Brandon, Bloodsport Mark, which is actually a great nickname, all the DC badasses and Marvel naughty tushies, the entire Get Fresh Coop Beep Boop, and especially some voices we haven't heard on the podcast in a while, Chris, Reggie, Jeremy, and Josh Vermillion, I miss those guys and hope they and everyone else are doing okay in these weird-ass times. And for the most part, I know a couple of them are doing okay. So, yeah, and uh, a bunch of them we'll probably hear again at some point on uh, the podcast. And that's a special shout-out to my man, Josh Vermillion, because I need to hear from him. Speaking of these weird-ass times, though, here's my countdown of the top four comic bargains for the self-quarantined kind of the social distance warriors that we've all become. Number four, the DC Universe app. And if Eric was here, he would tell you how great it was. And he'd probably go on and on and on and on. And then I'd yawn like that. He says eight bucks a month or about six per month if paying annually for access to most DC comics. Twelve months old or older. Minus annoyingly big stretches of gold and silver age runs for some damn reason. And really, the silver age Stuff that's missing from Batman and Superman on the DC Universe apps drives me nuts. Nuts! Plus, nostalgic cartoons and some mostly cruddy new live-action shows. He says, Doom Patrol is all right. I have not watched the live-action shows. I love the Harley cartoon, though. 
So just a DC a run the binge. And I'm telling you, I love this email. I love that he's giving everybody some suggestions on, on what to read and how to do it. Uh, the 1980s Blue Devil series by Michigan and Cohn, including a fun crossover with Firestorm. And I did talk to Eric about this and said, hey, have you read it? He has read a bit of it. But then he said, I, I bet you Jason doesn't know that the Blue Devil started as a backup at the Firestorms. I said, no, I, I think he does know that, y- you jerk off, is what I said. And then he said, why do you have to say that? No limitations. Because there's no limitations is what I came back with there. But yeah, he, he wanted you to know, Jason, that he, he's down with it. He doesn't like to end up looking like he doesn't know, especially about the DC Universe app. Number three, Marvel Unlimited. And yes, this is me and Eric's fight is which is better, the DC Universe or Marvel Unlimited. As Jason is putting it at number three, I agree with him. It is better, uh, mainly for the selection. Ten bucks a month or again, about six if you're paying annually for damn near every Marvel comic ever written that was released more than six months ago. For me, the completeness of this app is worth more than the video extras that come with DC. And that's where I end up kind of going with because I really don't watch the video extras, except like I said, I did watch the Harley cartoon, thought it was hilarious. But without the video stuff, what I want the apps for are just pure comics and the Marvel Unlimited app definitely wins there. Suggested Marvel run the binge, the Peter David Hulk run that starts with Incredible Hulk number 331 and covers many of the same themes that recur in Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk, but without all that Al, Ewo, Mumbo, Jumbo, and you, you sing my tune, Jason. And yeah, Reggie had told me to go and read that. Actually, everybody has told me to go read the Peter David Hulk run. It is the classic deal. So that is cool. Number two, something that in kind of a backdoor way, I also have but never talk about it, the Shonen Jump app. I've started looking at this, but it seems like the first three issues and the most recent three issues of every title are available current, uh, completely El Freebo. And to get full access to everything they've ever published, current titles included, cost about two bucks a month. I think it's worth it, especially if you're interested in just one title. It is suggested Shonen Jump run the binge. I have no idea. He says any suggestions. And he's heard that My Hero Academia is good. But frankly, I'm still getting used to the idea of reading comics. Excuse me, manga. Bass Ackwards so I could use some help. And yeah, I've read the My Hero Academia on that. That's probably what I would suggest and something that you can just jump in. And the number one comic bargain for the self-quarantine, he says the $5 level of the Weird Science Patreon. Oh my, it's a commercial now. You get Patreon spotlights, comic news, pop culture, sales, solicits, and generally just more friendly jibber-jabber delivered to your ear holes while you defend your precious stock of toilet paper against the ravening hordes. Wish I had some toilet paper. And if you still want more, go ahead and upgrade to the $10 level where, for instance, I just learned of the joy and splendor that is the Bat Baby. And that's when Batman in the Silver Age became a baby. And it was fun. I actually like the Silver Age. That's why I said earlier about the uh, missing pieces of the Silver Age runs of Batman and Superman. There's so much fun. And, and I just wonder if it's that DC just can't find those in a collection deal. They're still trying to get some things and scan or they're embarrassed about, say, a bat baby or the time where bat- Superman turned himself into an ant. You know, good stuff. 
Maybe he should have turned himself into an uncle, huh? <laughs> Finally, I should say something about this current batch of DC Comics. The best book of the week, in my opinion, was once again Teen Titans. Yes, the journey into hell to rescue someone trope is a bit worn out. Adam Glass gives it enough new twists and roundhouse moments to allow the story to rise to the top of an undistinguished DC heap. And this is the thing that I've been saying all along, and I say it again in this podcast, is... Are are a lot of these books good, great, or are they just better than the the crap? And I think it could be a combo. Later, you'll hear us talk about Teen Titans. Eric's a bit more up on this issue than I am. And mainly what my big complaint is with all of these books right now, it's not just that you end up not being good. It's like I just said in the Justice League review that you would have just listened to. It just seems like I need more. You're not giving us enough. Also in the Batman, there's always just, it's something. Is it that they're trying to extend things? Is it that they're just not allowed to really go full out and have something that matters? But it just seems like they don't give us enough. There's a smidgen missing. And it made me want to go back and read about the first time that Damien died at the hands of Heretic and went to hell. Now, here is the thing. If you do go back and read that, you are going to get... Damien dying at the hands of Heretic. You ain't going to see any hell. That was pretty much a reveal this week. Uh, That was a great reveal. And I loved it. But you're not going to see that. You will see Batman trying to go to hell and back again to get a son. But yeah, you're you're not actually going to see the hell part. That that really was a good part of this issue, though. Again, I wanted a little more than just, you know, oh, Kid Flash, he he wants, he's afraid he's going to become his dead reverse Flash and things. And, and that's another thing. Go back and read the Suicide Squad with Reverse Flash and how Reverse Flash ended up dying a hero. That's pretty good, too. I believe that is Sean Ryan's run uh, near the end of the New 52. I did think it was funny that after the Teen Titans gulp poison and collapse onto the floor, or Jakeem presumably drags all five unconscious bodies into a different room, dumps all five of them in the stretchers and hooks them all up to IV bags and heart monitors before the 30-minute ticking timer runs out. I thought that was weird, too. I thought, like, you're really putting a lot. Now, I went with when me and Eric talked about it later about the trust that they put in Jakeem, but I do think for a second I do mention, like, He's got to drag them in other rooms. Weird. I don't know a lot about Jakeem, but he must have some major medical assistant skills. He doesn't, plus serious upper body strength. He does to get that all done off panel. That's enough from that nonsense for me. Time for more nonsense from other people. And that's sincerely Jason C. P.S. Don't dox me. He, he says, I will not dox you at all. I won't. All right, and that's the end of mail section number one. Thank you, Jason, for that awesome email with a bunch of awesome suggestions there. And, yeah, I've been reading a lot of older things, too, as I still continue to kind of try to catch up on things, especially Marvel side of stuff. I'm catching up on the X-Men book, so I can talk about that on our Marvel podcast. But we're going to go now off to a, a bunch of books. And I think that from now on at this point in the podcast, I think that you will see that we have all our facilities back. We And that doesn't mean we just crapped our pants in the first section. We did not. At least I didn't. I don't know about Eric. You know, you never know what, what he's up to nowadays. But uh, we have everything, soundboard, all that. So I think that the the quality uh, will, will pick up a little. Hopefully so. It's now time for me and Eric to get back to the books. Where it's not feeling good, 
Ah, yes, Eric, the one-stop shop for Corona jokes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody, everybody wants to laugh about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, can, can you say too soon when it's actually still going? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. We start talking about you might end up crying. Who knows what happens? We will, because I, I ended up going out today to pretty much <gasps> get, get supplies a gun, uh, you know, something. I, I'm telling you, it's the purge. I think purge. on some kind of list we it's can't have It's the purge that. out there. I, I don't like guns, but they like me. I, I may need to get one. <laughs> I, actually thought, I actually thought when I came out, I went to Aldi, and then I went to BJ. So I go to Aldi, and eh, it was they okay. They still, no, they still don't have toilet paper. I no. ended up taking a picture of some fruit roll-ups to send to you and say, get in the toilet paper. Uh, but they didn't have that. But I did get uh, actual tissues that I can use, except that I'm going to tear right through those. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I ended up getting some milk, some eggs. Everything is exorbitant prices You make it a cake? And I don't know. Who knows? We, we may. I may have to start just eating pancakes every night. That's right. You know, that's the problem. When you when I'm eating pancakes every night, apocalypse has happened. And, that's and actually so, funny you say that. That was a tweet by Victor Vigdanovich earlier today where the whole thing is like, my wife's made the pancakes two days in a row. Maybe there is something going that's on. That's what I'm telling you. That's the problem. <laughs> They're very easy and cheap to make. Not anymore. I ended up getting these eggs. I, I swear to God, I have to take a second mortgage. Then I'm sitting there thinking, okay, the coronavirus Your hits. father's finally right about yeah. those eggs. Well, I'm sitting there. He's also right about if we were at the Chinese restaurant to get the broth of the wonton soup instead of a drink you save some money now i'd have money for this thing also i hate to be <laughs> right but i sit there and yell at tanya now and the whole idea of why are you spending so much money what are you going to take it with us and i said there's going to be something that's going to hit and we're going to need this money guess what it's hit we need the money and she Look, you know no it's all what coming. It is, every couple of years something hits we always need the money well something always hits that you need the money i mean little boy blue you know what i'm saying eric Constantly. And so with with all that going on you end up <laughs> there you go uh you end up with all this crap hitting i'm trying to make heads or tails of it then i'm looking at some people there was a couple there with their young kid there like a baby uh-huh. almost oh, and a I'm baby th- almost. first off i'm thinking why are you bringing the baby out please because they don't have a sitter well that's true i mean really but <laughs> who's th- coming over leave the baby at doing? home well, nobody's <laughs> gonna get who's it gonna trust with now, your baby come on chula you end up though so i'm like oh look at them and the baby and this is such a messed up thing to have a kid now and you're gonna have to explain the kid oh when you were born in the baby we had this thing called so i'm thinking of that and i'm like oh that's a shame <laughs> then i'm thinking you know what really is a shame uh, uh, an idiot with five kids i'm saying i am trying to get groceries with this price you can't get crap and i'm sitting there okay i gotta get this for rafe logan doesn't like this i'm like this apocalypse is not set up for me and my five kids i have kids who won't eat certain things that so i came home so you failed parenting is what you're telling us failed parenting i I failed planned parenting is what i failed (laughs) so i end up sitting there and i'm like all right okay come on and everybody gather around let's huddle up boys so i get them and i'm thinking first off all right guys if shit goes bent down bad we're all guys here we're going out and getting ours right so that i just want to give you that that i'm telling you it's ready the apocalypse is coming at least we got numbers so i said okay that's number one number two though is we are in lockdown now this is rationing i'm starting it now i don't care what you think this is all about i don't want to hear zach tell me it's gonna all blow over in june it may it may not. June's a long way away. That's my point. I said, don't give me June. We are now in March. You know, give me we April. We got troubles. So I said, this is it now. There ain't no snack time. 
we're, we're not going to have sippy cups here. You're going to get your pants on. You're going to grow up here. Tighten that belt. And I said, there's no oh, snack still got time. Sippy cups. No snack you time. You did fail apparently. What I ended up buying is meal time. And I don't All care right. I if like you time. see this and see, oh, look at that. There are some egg rolls. I usually have those as snacks. Not anymore. That's I don't know why time. they call it hamburger helper. I think yeah, it's really, fine it's on its fine own. By itself. And I, I'm telling you, I got a lot of rice and some hamburger helper. So, <laughs> but hamburger helper, you need to add some milk. That's nonsense. I got rice. Oh, but man. I said, okay, you see that bag of chips? That no longer is a snack. That might be tomorrow's lunch. You you don't have it. We're going <laughs> to eat meals now. Three meals a day. Bag of chips That's a meal. That's it. And then I come upstairs. I smell something of cooking. I go downstairs. There's Rafe. I ended What's up because it, it was cheap and there was nothing at BJ's. I ended up getting these buffalo. Can you smell what daddy's cooking? Uh, I got these buffalo wing uh, egg rolls. And I go down there. There he is making a snack. What are you doing? Oh, I'm having a snack. I said, Did you listen to what I said? We're on Obviously the lockdown not. here. And then I said, we're going to start looking at the, at the neighbors. Let's let's size them up. Let's start. Oh let's start planning the shit. We're going to see who seems to be. I don't even know why you're looking next door first when you have all these kids are just going to ruin you if you don't eat well, them from I mean, the get-go. No, this is what I'm saying. Maybe we're going to even out something with this virus. So I, I sat there and I said, listen, we got Logan's buddy. And it's a eat family. Eat your ass with him. all these the, uses for these kids. Listen to this. Around the corner, we have a house where Jacob. One of Logan's friends. Jacob. So number one, we have an in. He, we, they think we're friends. Number two, oh they my. live in Tanya's old house. She knows the layout. She can get a blueprint. And then number three, they're a big family. I'm not shaming anyone. They yeah, seem yes, to are. have food readily available. I said they're first. So just get ready and we'll go. Zach, you get the dad. I'll get the mom. You see, you know, I'm not as strong as I used to be. But I said <laughs> it's now it's the purge. And I'm going to be pretty much like, you know, like Clint Eastwood in El Camino. Wasn't that the Grand name Torino, of the movie? Grand Torino. Grand Torino. I'm going to go and bang, bang with the finger bang on the porch. I'll just look a little older than him, Eric. He looked young in that movie, right? Right? That's the thing. Telling you, things are about to go bad. You got to start preparing. <laughs> start preparing people. And you prepare by making a joke song about Eric. That's what I do because that's the lighter side wrong. of the apocalypse. And, and really, when you have these apocalyptic stories, which this all does lead into deceased unkillables, when you have that, isn't the time where an apocalypse, even if it's an anti-life virus, isn't that the time that everybody needs to laugh? Isn't there carrot top somewhere in the deceased unkillables still making jokes and having everybody laugh? Gallagher might even be one that which would. one? East Coast Go or West Coast? Both, Eric. Oh. We want them both to survive. They're gems. But yeah, I just we need to all be safe and we need to not cry, Eric, because that's my other story before we go. I, okay. I ended up going into BJ's. I was already depressed. First off, I'm in there. There's a bunch of people. It, it's silent. Nobody's talking. Nobody's looking at Why each other. Why would you talk? Who you know, want to talk you to? usually have people talking to each other when they're there. There's a couple. Of, nobody's talking. I don't talk to people no, when I go to the store. Yeah, but the store isn't at a point where it's dead silent. It sounds you amazing. You may not know. It, it actually is scary and actually was like, <laughs> no, these, these people, this stuff's getting real. Until you get get to the end and they're checking my receipt and the guy's like have a wonderful day and i'm like mm. so i went out have a wonderful and as day, i Jim. go out uh, there is an old lady in, in face, the parking in the lot that had a mask one of those surgical masks on yeah. and she had fallen on the ground in the parking lot and was laying there crying 
crying <laughs> and people were walking over her. In fact, somebody almost ran her over with a, uh, a cart. And so I helped her up. Then this I was upset. I, yeah. don't even, I don't I'm telling you, I'm laughing just because. Of no, I, I helped her up. People were sounds. just going by and pretending they didn't even see her. This was an old lady. She had fallen and couldn't get up. I, was think, her life that, alert? I think that she ended up just falling. I think she just was She sad. traded it for toilet paper. Yeah, maybe she was crying. I helped her up. I, Take it, I took her to her car. And then now I get you're in the infected, car, and dope. I thought I had Corona, and I was all upset. And I started crying. Yeah, I'm like, first off, I'm a pussy. Second, I thought, well, the whole world's gone to hell when I'm the one who's the only one left with empathy. <laughs> I don't even have it. I just thought it was a decent thing to do, and it just made me sad. I saw people just walk by the one lady almost hit her with a cart, saw the her, thing is, and then it's, went it's around. It's one of those weird things where you see an old lady, she's falling over, she's crying in the ground, and like, oh my, I better she was crying. Her up. But as I also think this, I go back to all the movies I've watched over my entire life where this is a trap or someone's going to come around with a gun. Yeah, hey, there, good a Samaritan, no, give me your money. I'm telling you, this is in the parking lot at 3.30. you got me, bandito. Yeah, really. Oh, those banditos, Will. And I just, I ended up getting so sad. I ended up messaging Tanya that then I messaged Jay from Canada because me and him have been arguing. I just wanted to prove to him that I wasn't that bad a guy. Uh, but <laughs> still, I, I, proven nothing. this is the thing. I helped this lady. I feel so bad for her thinking that, number one, somebody that old, she probably was like 70. She shouldn't be out, but she obviously doesn't have anybody else. So she's I out. Would think, I actually, on this, uh, as this whole thing goes around, I like to think that she's actually mad at you because she's a strong woman no, who wanted to get up no, herself. No, she wasn't. She wasn't crying like she was hurt either. She was just sobbing. I think she was sobbing because it was over, the, the whole deal. And, and then I get in, and then I'm, and then I'm upset driving home because now I think that I got corona. I'm going to infect my family. Oh, yeah, so you definitely that whole are. deal. Plus, at You're that point, die. I helped this old lady, right? <laughs> I get in the car Dope. and start eating salami out of a pack. And then I realized I just touched this old lady. I didn't wash my hands. You got the salami. So you know what I there, – There's no snacks. There's only meals. You're going to get your own nah, rules. I, well, no. That salami is a treat. That's my weekly treat is I'm allowed to have <laughs> salami on my diet. Uh, and then I ended up washing my hands, already eating the salami, washing my hands with these wipes that are turtle wax wipes. They smell like crap. And then I eat – then I mean turtle wax salami. Shit's gone real, Eric. It really has. I don't even care about cursing anymore. This whole whole deal. And I said to you before we started, I think that Twitter actually got us ready for all this because it taught everybody to be pieces of crap. And now I'm it's not a piece all of crap on be. Twitter. Yeah, you are. You, you say some things to me that you wouldn't say in my face. I'd slap you. I would. So. I'd slap you. Silly. It's what I you. would. I'm playing basketball last night with my kids. We had a whole team going, a whole thing with all the kids and Logan talking trash on me. I was his teammate. You don't talk trash on teammates. Plus, I was the only one playing defense. He told me to go F myself. I told him to go F himself. I said that I'm never playing with him again. So there, Family. that's the start of the apocalypse. I'm purging people. These toxic <laughs> people are out. the start of the apocalypse like 17 times already, I if that's the case. Know. Everything's happening here. It's all going down. But we're going to start a book, of course, that's about an apocalypse. Uh, I don't know. Is this anti-life deal? Uh, they might have the better part of what's going on. At least I think you can go buy eggs, right? You think you can no. buy eggs in this? What are you seeing that in this book? I don't know. Somewhere there's some egg store. I don't know why you want eggs hey, so Hey, here's bad. the egg store. Because that's a usual cheap way to get protein. That's a, a, a lot of protein for a little thing. I'm talking about survival. 
I got <laughs> oranges. I got oranges and eggs. That's what I got. I'm not going to get scurvy and, and I'm not going to get the whatever protein deficiency. What do they call that? Protein deficiency. Deceased the Unkillables number two. Eric, it's written by Tom Taylor. He's down there in Australia. They're having problems of their own. What's he doing writing this? I'm telling you, some of these things I think may take a hit because of what the subject matter is. Maybe. Really? I don't know. You think people are going to be like, oh, no, I can't. No, no, I can't even see that. The Sales thing are is, down, Eric, and I, hey, I don't know what shit you go on the streaming stuff like that and you look at stuff that's trending, you know what's trending? Movies like Outbreak and Resident yeah, Evil. Because people are trying to learn. They're trying to use those. So as, go- this you is going to go up before, in sales. You don't like that documentary from Texas about that chainsaw killer. Uh-uh, that's what I'm not going doing. down there. I know what happens. The problem is I'm watching Empire Strikes Back. It's not doing me any good. My father's not around. I didn't get my hand cut off. Yeah, I, I got to watch yeah. some good movies. I got to watch things that are going to make me know how to, like Animal House. Deceased the Unkillables, Obviously. number two. Actually, Bloodsport is what I'm watching. I'm watching on a loop. And you guys are, and pretty much what I'm going to tell my kids, everybody you see is the brick. He ain't going to hit back. All right, Let's first thing we're going to do is we're going to freaking tie your ankles up and make it stretch out so you have to go on a split all the time. But then you have to break that whole contraption to get out. When they're eating, I'll blindfold their, their asses. And if they try to grab something else, I'll go at them. Just like the freaking like Tanaka, Mrs. Tanaka. Mrs. and Mr. Tanaka. They went after Deceased the Unkillables number two. Huh? Uh, writing, writing by Tom Taylor. Art by Carl Mostert, Trevor Scott, Neil Edwards, Rex Locus, and Seda Temafonte. Tom Taylor gives us the middle issue of the Unkillables, and I'm finally on board. It's not the anti-life infectioner. It's not the art either. Nope, neither of those did it. It's This is more of a conversational blur. Oh, uh, I like it despite those things. And yes, I almost hit a hot take there. It's all about Tom Taylor doing what he does best. Make me fall in love with characters I normally wouldn't and making the story suddenly personal, you know, before all the hell breaks loose. This is what I've been talking about and waiting for since the original Deceased came out and I'm finally getting it. And uh, that's the thing. Me and you have talked about it. I think we're the only ones who have been down on this deceased. Now, I'm not just talking on killables. I'm talking the start of deceased itself. We have not loved it like some I like people. deceased a good day to die. Yeah, we did like that. That one, one shot, but that wasn't that a 10 out of 10. No. And so with all that, the whole deceased, and really, it seems to be sacrilegious to say it. And I always have to kind of Thankfully, temper it with the fella. idea that I am a huge Tom Taylor fan, and you know that's true. Uh, the idea, though, is we didn't <laughs> like Deceased, and I didn't like it that much. And so when I tell people, yeah, I wasn't down with it, people get mad. And I do think that Deceased came around at a time where a lot of the other books had nothing going on. Yeah, Brian Michael Bendis doing all that nonsense that he's doing, Wonder Comics, Superman, Leviathan. And now you have an out-of-continuity Elseworlds-type story where it is The Walking Dead, it's Marvel zombies you know you're, you can have some fun with it but i thought it was pretty generic i thought that it was a pretty generic story overall the first deceased was just hey let's just get all these it you took know, way heroes. too long to get going yeah, and just and, kill people and the the wow factor was just seeing batman die then you see superman infected and, and all those things and that really wonder, yeah wonder. and that those didn't really get me that really didn't get me. And then people, oh, man, this is great. Tom Taylor's awesome. He always kills people. He always kills people. But I've said all along, that's not what he always does. What he always does is he makes you fall in love with characters. Then they die. You have to watch out. When you sit Just there. Just like Joss Whedon. When you, yeah. When you end up reading a Tom Taylor book, the minute that you say, holy crap, I never thought I'd fall in love with insert character there. 
wait about two weeks, a month, whatever, you're going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe Tom Taylor killed insert character there because that's what happens. And that's what happens here. Also, you get a framing deal in this that I think is so well done because of the idea to me, Unkillables comes out and you're like, well, you know, we kind of dealt with this world. I thought that when we were going to have something come out later, we deal with what they ended up doing after leaving. You wait for deceased too, man. Well, that is, but that's them coming back here as well uh, from what I saw. Uh, But when we do this, because they have announced that, but when we, when we have this, you do end up having Lois's you know, her announcement, her signaling out her broadcast to say, hey, everybody, there are sanctuaries in Themyscira, Gotham, come on. And we're also going to leave on a spaceship and get the hell out of this wreck. And Got a bunch uh, of arcs over here. Yeah. And so that actually really puts a really nice point here to know exactly where you are, but also know the stakes and what was going on. You're now at a part where the main heroes in the main deceased book have given up and left. And now you're left behind. You know, now you're Kirk Cameron, Cameron, you are left behind. And I think that ups the ante so much, but it also shows you as you continue in this beginning of the idea, we can make it to Gotham. And if it was Jason and just Jason Cass and Gordon, they could have. They have too many kids. They can't get there. And, and, they, and they decide, yeah, well, they decide we can't do it. We can't leave the kids behind. And I really like what Gordon says then. He says, we're never going to talk about this. You are not going to tell these kids this because I don't want them to ever find out that their heroes left them behind. And I thought, that is great. And Gordon, you didn't leave him behind, you hero. And so I was excited. And right my away, that girl was taken away from was, me. Yeah. I don't care about my, my little boy. Exactly. He, he, probably, he, he might be dead or alive. Again, there, but, I don't care though, about, but I'm not going to let these little kids down in here. You go with the characters that they're using. You have a cast who does kind of get left behind by her mom. She really doesn't have a family. You have a Jason Todd. Same deal. And, and a Gordon who lost Barbara. These are great characters to have here. Well, when she comes there, I'm saying just yeah. these three here to care about these kids it's because they it's a family to them they even it's say all later them, you think bane's father and mother cared about him no they got locked up they don't have a choice they ended <laughs> up there i'm talking these three that they could have left and survived and went off on those arcs I, i'm didn't. just gonna look at everybody here who's part of vandal savages unkillables i'm like they all had terrible childhoods as well yeah they all did and not all of them make it to the orphanage but you end up having Shiva go against the rules and use Mirror Master to go because Mirror Master has found, which shows you that Mirror Master at this point is kind of poking around, looking through things, even he's though I don't think he's to be. supposed to. That's the thing to. is, I would be doing this too if I was Mirror Master. If I had uh, access to the Mirrorverse, can just look around and see how terrible things are everywhere. I'm like, I would. I as would well. be so impatient, I'd get killed. But what are you going to do? Am I going to hang out at what's called Balls Pyramid all the time, just little rock place? I mean, no. I mean, I'm going to be stuck with a bunch of jerks in the middle of nowhere. No, I'm going to go to the Mirrorverse. Let me tell you, get my Ball's Pyramid. That sounds like fun. That sounds like something that they did with that Lindy when she was taking the pictures, you know, the Ball's Pyramid. Uh, That's not appropriate, Eric. You go, though, with the whole idea that Mirror Master isn't supposed to be poking around. And when Shiva does get yelled at later by Vandal Savage, I like that you end up having Captain Cold's like, eh, you know, Mirror Master, he can get in in trouble by himself. Well, he should be. But (laughs) the whole idea of Shiva is going to get her daughter, it's, it's, she does love Cass and, and she does yeah. in a weird way. And she's very abusive with Just it. Just like but, Slade loves her, his yeah. kids and, in yeah, a weird way. In a weird way. She wants Cass to be the best, but the best is the killing and killing is good. You know, you have all that, but she is going to get tell her you this, daughter. From everything that we're dealing with here, especially when we get the villains over at the gymnasium at the orphanage and stuff like that. 
I never thought about it, but the idea of Jason Todd and Rose Wilson, I'm like, that is a great pairing. I want to see that in the regular continuity now. Or uh, There's a lot of good things. This issue is really good. And you do have Shiva's like, okay, we're going. I'm taking you back with us. We have a safe haven. You're going to be with me. We got to take the kids. And she's like, no, 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 we can't do that. There's not enough room for them. And then I, I really like it the too. first time. I really girl. I'm love taking it the rest too, of though, with Shiva's like, uh, no, no. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm taking you, whether you're a conscious or not, we're going to fight. And they start fighting. And then that's when fight. Jason Todd comes in and tries to stop it. He just gets does the he, crap kicked does he out try of to him. Stop? He does. That's the thing. He, he just sits like, oh, no, that's the thing. He grabs me. I'm like, I don't know, but I should stop this or I should let it go on because I kind of want to watch it. Just gets kicked in the face and he's done. I'm like, what a good what a, what a help you were here. He wasn't much, but then you end up with Shiva saying, well, you blew it. We're leaving. And you do have Cass say, why don't you stay here? And she's like, no, no, no. And, and then says, this is my family now, and you could stay, but she leaves. So it's kind of a sad moment. It is. Uh, when they do end up leaving. So I, I just like that one orphanage there. Damn straight, some shove-off scary intense lady. I'm like, you're not helping anything, kid. Go back to the gym. Go play dodgeball. She's a orphan. I, I've seen Annie. <laughs> That's what happens. Have you? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. So you go, yeah, I have. The original, the original deal. It is a hard knock life there, Jay-Z. You, know you go back then, and you do have Vandal Savage pissed. You can't do this. Our biggest asset is Mirror Master. He's the guy who, in my mind, you got to go get food, whatever goes on. And whenever they're going to leave this and all, you're going to need him. And they're going off and doing yes. things. But I'm just like, you look at the unkillable and stuff like that. Vandal Savage, Shiva, Slade, Rose, Bane, Cheetah, and all this. Leonard Snart, Mirror Master is the most valuable player of this team for what he can bring to the whole situation. So you want to keep him going. But the whole thing or the whole idea where we get to together with the uh, the first issue, because Slade, he was able to overcome the the, the uh, infection. His healing factor saved him. And we had the whole idea, too. And we we're introduced to the team where they had the little place cards of who the names are, what their powers are, what they're bringing to the whole situation. We have the Creeper who has a hero, hero healing factor as well. And I was actually mad at this because I really wish they would have made the Creeper's skin yellow for this. Because when they first opened the door and you see they're dissecting Creeper, I thought it was Beast Boy for some reason. Just because of the green hair and the green skin, I'm like, should have just made his skin yellow I like normal. I do like, though, that you have Slade just say, because everybody's arguing, they're getting fired up. And Slade says, listen, you have all killers. I mean, we, we don't like each other. And we're killers. And we, it's a powder keg here. And we're going to kill each other if you don't stop it. You know, Vandal, you're, you're being a jerk. And he's like, you're not in charge. But then kind of comes and then does trick, you know, it, it tricks Deathstroke to go with them where they are taking and and vivisecting. It's not much of a trick. Hey, uh, Slade, come over here. I want to talk to you. Okay. Get him, Solomon. <laughs> Rose knows what's going to happen. She can see in the future. And she says, this isn't a great idea. I, and I he's like, it's okay. I re- re- reacted to the future a little quicker. Well, I think that she didn't fully see the full. Like, I, I think like half of Slade's face got crushed in from Grundy punching me. Can't even talk right. But yeah, you, you end up having Creeper. And I thought that Creeper was a little over the top last issue. I actually don't mind him here. He's like, hey, I'm, get, I'm getting cut into over here. And I guess it's the space. I just wish she looked more like Creeper. Yeah. But he, well, that's my thing. I hate the art in this there's only like one panel that i think is good i really really hate the art in this and i think it's not well done and that's one thing that it's really not the best me i don't off. hate it i actually think I it, hate it's it. better when it starts and gets worse as it goes on but overall it's not bad to me i hate the way creeper looks all the time i think bane looks ridiculous don't like the way he looks some of the he things like weird. solomon grundy looks okay but yeah. overall just the background i think jason and gordon look fine but Cass looks weird every time she's out of her mask just look they go into this room and the 
lines that are drawn to make it look like a stone floor and a wall are just ridiculous. It's not good in my mind. It's bad. Uh, but some people like it, whatever. But you go in, and I, and I like the story. But it's called despite detail. It, it's not detail. It's just <laughs> scribbles. It's not really detailed. There's lack of detail in that. But yeah, you end up having Slade just get his freaking whole face just crushed in. And Vandal Savage is oddly going to cut into them to find their healing factor because that doesn't really work. And I think Vandal's a little smarter than that. We're going to look at the healing factor. We're going to be able to see what they can do if they can come up with a cure to the anti-life equation. Well, what the thing is, though, is you've never – have you ever seen somebody cut into somebody to get the healing factor? And Vandal Savage has been around a long time. Maybe you're better served to maybe try a blood transfusion first. We've seen that, stuff like that. But just opening them up and looking at their stomach or their chest – that's what we're going to do with the Creeper. Right to the blood well, transfusion bin with Slade. No, no, I think we that I think he's going to get. I think things. he's just going to get cut into as well. I, I think because he said, "I'm going to experiment on you guys and see what's going on." I mean, is it one of those where you start to see how much of a healing thing? Like, I'll cut off your finger, see if that comes back. But just opening them up and looking at their innards does not lead you to figuring out a healing factor. I'm I no, thought that I'm was no doctor. weird. Well, we've never. I'm saying in all of the stories we've ever seen with a healing factor, uh, that nobody's ever done this, and it just seems ridiculous. If I want to see how you grew taller than me i cut open and look at your stomach i i don't get the core you know the correlation of what he thinks he's doing to figure this out but he's cutting them open there you're not gonna have to deal with it that much anyway because rose comes in and stabs him through because she can see ahead of time and knew what he was up to then ends up in a cool way because you know he's not gonna die necessarily at this point Later on, he, he just gets ripped apart. Gets but she, ripped in half. she stabs him. Style. And the, the second time she stabs him really does seem like she stabs him into the desk so he can't move. <laughs> That's badass. And so she's, let's go. And you do end up having, you know, Creeper even say, this is nonsense. He's getting Solomon Grundy over here to cut into me. This is really splitting up Team Lobster. And I, I don't like that. Tree Lobster. Yeah, tree Lobster, but Team Tree Lobster, he says. And uh, I like that, though. But then Wonder Woman comes through. You end up having to have something put an end to like well, this little is, nonsense. I, I like that bit to a degree because we are exploring the anti-life equation, the corruption of it, the virus, everything more than we did previously or a continuation of it where we have Wonder Woman show up at Ball's Pyramid, a freaking stone formation in the middle of the ocean in the middle of nowhere. And the idea from this we get later is that the anti-life equation kind of senses life and it goes out to try to eradicate it. So here we have a bunch of unkillable people here. Let's, let's try to kill those people. Well, and I think that they even hint to the point where maybe, and it might come into play next issue as well, but because the orphanage is surrounded by just zombie after myself. zombie. It is almost ma- like it's, it's, almost it's a, a cloaking it's, device. It, it's a Morty. If they're all Mortys uh, as they're in there. It does cloak them. I think that that might be. Well, that's at the thing play. is, is, is it the, it's one of those things where I was thinking about too, because the orphanage is surrounded by the undead, the anti-life equation, the infected, whatever you want to call them. Does that draw more attention to the people because of all these zombies outside, or does it cloak them? I, I think have the it same might idea. cloak them, and I think that it also might be where, at the one point, even when Bane goes, and you have that narration of, well, now the anti-life, you know, has a little numbers doing a little math. Maybe it's also the thing because of this weird hive mind or whatever the zombie mind that if you have. 10 people that are alive, but you have 70,000 zombies surround them. You think they're good. Let's go to the next thing because you're going here where there's no zombies. And Wonder Woman, obviously, a powered up bad butt like Wonder Woman comes in. And I think that they 
pretty well play well, it where she is not hot. She, she just wrecks house, at least with Van- Vandal. Get in the mirror. Get in the mirror. Holy oh, God. crap. Uh, because Rose ends up, and I love that Rose knows this is coming. And I don't want to ruin the surprise. And then Vandal, I've been alive that long. You know, nothing surprises me. Oh, shit. And that happens. And yeah, he's surprised. He just gets ripped in half. It's crazy, though, at a point, Wonder Woman has to kind of settle back and not do what I think she would so that you can have, say, a Zol- Solomon Grundy continue because she just hits him where she could have ripped him in half. He is a zombie, but still. And they end up holding uh, you know, her back. You end up having Captain Cold actually freeze up some things Poor and word. say, everybody get out of here. You know, take them. He's and yelling yet, at Mirror Master. He was a hero. He was. And like, get everybody out of here. Go. And I do like the idea at this point. Mirror Master was just collateral damage. Well, yeah. Well, Mirror Master going. I like this where they have gone to one place recently where it was kind of free of zombies at that particular and that's where they go this is almost like Back if you have hyper you know hyperspace where you're there millennium falcon has to have a pre-programmed deal with where you're going to go on light speed and you have something set a safe haven kind of like that they go to the orphanage Back to the future and i end up with the whole orphanage if i was me i'd be like get the hell out of here you didn't want to be here before hit the road but you end up having look, it, it right doesn't away. matter what you think because yeah you have Cass gordon jay's dad you also have bane cheetah the creeper of shiva i'm saying it doesn't matter what anybody wants at this point because you're gonna make a stand but it's a bad stand you're gonna get everybody killed they end up there they go through the mirror and that's where you end up having you know, Mirror Master say, I'm going to go back to get Captain Cold. And you have all Captain these Cold bad guys. Captain Cold gets him in yeah, the neck yeah, he goes with in, his teeth. And Captain Cold's already been turned by Wonder Woman, and he ends up being turned himself. So they're both zombies now with Wonder Woman. So you have that going down. And it, one thing it does later, it leads into trouble because of Mirror Master. But it also lets it that you have our heroes quote-unquote they can't do anything they can't go anywhere they are kind of stuck uh and they go through and immediately you end up having some pretty nice little deal with these bad guys i mean they're the baddest of the bad some of them and and i even like again if you're gonna say with creeper when you start freaking at like like uh getting into the mode of what's going on with the situation you have a great montage where you have everybody like coming together with what's going on the situation of the zombie apocalypse and like just learning what their roles are i'm like this is a great i actually i want some music playing about raindrops keep falling on my head i want Fight to survive, Kumite, Kuma. That's what I need. But you also have even before that, even some nice things where you know Gordon's like, you brought murder psychopaths and monsters with you, and there's Creeper. To, hey, some of us are three in one convenient package, and he's pretty funny in this. And this is where Tom Taylor always wins me over and what he does here i think is played out so well you have the montages you have where gordon ends up not wanting to do this but now he's got a lead and it's deathstroke that convinces him realizing he lost somebody he doesn't know that batgirl or whatever it was his daughter he doesn't know anything about him really like that but he ends up you lost somebody i lost two sons it stinks but you're a leader let's go you have gordon say i can't lead these people i don't trust him he's like really you think that the gcpd was all on the up and up half of them were on my payroll 
let's roll or else Bane's going to. And then you do end up, Gordon, stepping up saying, listen, we're going to start training these kids to, to this fight. This is uh, Independence Day, right? As he did a Bill Pullman speech that from ID4. You have to do this. And the, the thing is, you have one little bit to end what is what zombies are in our face is that room, the gymnasium with all the bad zombies with kids, teachers. And you zombies have the bad guys now. Or dead they inside. end up killing them. They end up destroying all those zombies. They're done. Now, this is what well, Tom Taylor does. We got to realize though. what's going on. This whole idea, like, look, we can't open that door because the ki- there's kids in there. Like, they're not kids yeah. anymore. They're Bane's undead. There. We're going to go, uh, take care of this and just walk away. Yeah, and he's like, "We'll and do this." It's not this. about having empathy at this point. It's just about being realistic about the world they no, live I'm in right now. You though, kids. But that's the problem. Is Gordon has too much empathy? He still thinks of them he's as a kids. So he says, "You can't stomach this. Go. He we'll take care of it." Billy Batson was in there. He's dead. And that's the thing that actually bothers me: the idea that Billy. Batson was inside this room of this orphanage that was all locked up because the infection that we've seen for all the things that we've dealt since the first uh, deceased to this deceased, the infection is smart. It wants to be, continue on with the infection. It wants to grow and take over everything. It should know about the magic. It should yeah, be able I don't to think that Shazam. can do the magic. I don't think that, I think that it's playing because it's off. it's still Billy. I think that what you're seeing here is it's there so that maybe people don't say, where's Shazam? But I think it's actually showing you that magic it ain't working. And that's why we wouldn't have a infected Constantine or infected Zatanna using magic. We're, we're going to have like those people yeah, over but there. They and, didn't like, you know. get to that point, so I think that that's why we're not seeing a lot of them. And maybe don't that's you consider the deal. Wonder Woman's power magical? No. I don't. I don't care what you say about Just League Dark. No, that's more of a just power deal with Themyscira. But I, I think that maybe you're playing or you're just doing that. So people are like, where was Shazam? Well, we that's see. That's just a weird thing because with everything that we dealt with, we saw that the, you know, the, the infection wanted to spread as much as it could. So with him being as Billy Batson and not Shazam, it should know everything it should. I thought that was just a weird idea. Yeah, it was. But here's what Tom Taylor does then. You take care of them. They're done. Now you're going to have montages. And what you end up doing is pretty much having everybody in the book, including Cheetah, Bane, Death, Deathstroke, Deadshot, Solomon, all of these, they start to have fun. They start to fall in love with the kids. They start to, you know, ease. And I'm telling you, as well, it's a reader, like any I good did zombie too. movie where it does have the montage of you acclimating yourself and to and the And I don't even situation. care about acclimating. What I'm saying is, you forget about the whole zombie stuff. You're having so much fun with these characters. It's like you, in Dawn of the Dead. You have a cheetah who is now just having pretty much respected what she always wanted. She's happy. You forget about the zombies because everybody's loving life. You almost have a love story go on. And then when it comes back, it comes back hard and it actually ends up being shocking again, where you're in the middle of a deceased six issues and one of the unkillables and a one shot. And I actually ended up being shocked at a zombie attack. That's tough to do at this point in the series because that's all it's been about. But you end up going away from that and having so much fun where you see Solomon Grundy doing his thing and ending up having fun on a Sunday and rolling around with the kids. You end up having Cheetah getting petted and doing all that. So I'm like, oh, man, they're having the time of their lives. Where's the song? And they're, I'm loving it. I'm, I think this is great. And I'm loving these characters. And then Bane gets bitten and and turned by a mirror master. For some reason, I thought that Ace the Bat Hound, for some reason, was going to be infected and attack Bane, but when that whole thing is, it's whimpering, what is wrong there, you know, Ace Bat Hound, stuff like that, and Mirror Master comes out of the mirror and grabs a hold of him, like, oh god. And and just, here's the thing, just think of this, in my mind, this is me personally why I'm now on, is the idea here, where you do have all these characters love it, you have Solomon Grundy, and one of the best 
two panel progressions he's ever had in my life where he is just playing with kids. I don't need Solomon Grundy just going around saying this thing and killing people. You know, that is done. You need some now boss, we see him having some fun. Uh, also, I do love that you have all these you know, classes going on and what you get from the creeper is the funny part of it. It's not what he draws on the board. It's that he's selling those shirts. He's not even giving them out. The, the tree lobster shirts he has on the side for sale. And then everybody's wearing them like he, he's living his life. He, right so now they, he is making so much money on these kids. They went a little far in my mind when we had the little girl pet cheat on the head and tell her that she's a good kitty and she lo- really liked it. I'm like, that went a little bit too the far good in my kitty mind. kitty was far, but you, you didn't like uh, School of Rock. Uh, in School of Rock, there was a scene very similar where you end up having Jack Black doing this class and he's he's trying to fake it and all. And he actually has a kid come up. I think it was Zach in the movie. And he's like, hey, man, that was a great class. Thanks a lot. And you saw Jack Black being so happy that, you know what, maybe I'm not just faking this. This is something I'd like doing. And I, and it's just like that where Cheetah's like, hey, what do you want? And like, you, thanks a lot. You're a really great teacher. You're You're so good. And she seems like, Oh my, nobody's ever complimented me like that. So when you end up going, why would I care more about Bane getting bitten because I've fallen in love with the guy now because he just, he's so more than Superman and deceased because when Superman got turned deceased, I was like, eh, whatever. It's just that story. And you're doing that. Also, it looks like he's given, you know, all day some smooches to calm him down. Also then when he's going down, Hey, What's that noise? Do I hear a kid? Listen, you better get back and I won't tell God. I was like, Bane has actually become a nice guy. That And now he's, now he's turned. And that's awful. Not, not only is he turned, but now that he's turned, he's going to go let the rest of the zombie hordes inside. And you even have, like I said, and you said, the whole idea of Rose and Jason, uh, a little romance happening where Great. Deathstroke sees it happening and says – you know what? what? Hey, that's world. good. Make it happen. Yeah. Come on, you know, love each let's other. have some happiness here. You probably ain't going to find better here. Also, Tom Taylor keeps doing it because you have old Zade, uh, you know, Mr. Slingshot. He thinks he's Dennis the Menace over there or Bart Simpson. He ends up getting pulled in in the mirror by Mirror Master. And Deadshot, who has taken to him, tries to save him. He dead. Deadshot is done. At least his feet end up getting That's taken the thing off. Is, so he can't he, come I don't know us. if he's dead. He might be undead now with an infection, but he's. we're also going to call him Stumpy. Yeah, he can't do much. He's not going to be able to travel <laughs> he much. He got cut off at I the freaking he, calves. I hope that he gets hung on like a Captain Cold, like C-3PO, starts yelling stuff. But <laughs> yeah, so you <laughs> end up having here. all this. Then Cass comes in and you do see like the awfulness. And this is what I'm saying. The kids are all having the time of their life with these villains. Everybody's happy. Now that the crabs hit the wall and you end up having Zade have to see his mentor's feet just slide down the wall. It is bad. You do end up having Cass come in. It's like, oh, my God, you know, Bane's turned. It's done. I don't know why Bane wouldn't kill Cass. That's another part where I'm like, well, that's mm. the thing is, I don't know. She talks about Bane is going right through. But the thing is, this entire time, she doesn't stop holding her shoulder. I'm like, what is she? Hiding. Well, that's the thing. We haven't seen, though, that somebody can take a bite and last a long time. In fact, Captain Cold seems to have turned within minutes when he, you know, so I, I think that's true as well, though you can think maybe she dislocated it, but it, it might be one of those where I got this infection and you go, that would be something. And we have one more issue to see how that's going. But Bane going out and kind of letting everyone in, evening up things, it's pretty bad. That's pretty yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. 
We got a whole horde coming in here against a bunch of kids who were just recently trained up with nonsense. And then also, I mean, you have the one left and you have Wonder Woman still out there. All this stuff going on and, you know, the, the crap out hit. there. If yeah. he decides to leave the sun. I just imagine that Superman has been healed by the sun and will come so back and maybe be the savior because it's yeah. getting too much to actually have them actually fight See, I back. I agree. And especially if we have deceased two where we have John Kent and Damien and all that stuff growing up a little bit, come back and you know their dad's yeah, still and, alive. And, and you know? in the whole deal or of John's that, dad. it seems as if, yeah, it seems as if they are on what they call Earth 2. They have populated, they're older. They're, you know, now they are Batman and, and Superman of Earth 2 and they get a distress call years later from earth that makes it seem like somebody's still alive and they come back that seems to be the setup when they announce that whole you know deal of what's going to go on next um but this got me i i'm in because it became personal and it became me liking this the characters it is and i really don't care how what you know the anti-life deal whatever that i still don't really understand it fully it's fine i'm gone I just need something. I needed something to jump on with. And I'm jumping on with the character work here and falling in love with the villains and having all the crap hit again. Rose, I really like. Like, I like the characters they're using, too. Yeah. And so I like it. Still not like the art at all. I, I really don't. I'm telling you, it has its problems. I don't mind it for the most part. I'm telling you, by the end, I started not really liking it. But at the beginning, I really didn't think about it at all until we started getting halfway through. I hate through. it. The faces all are off to me. Like I said, there's some panels like you end up like, oh, that looks okay. And then it's you go back great. to something bad. I, but most it's, it's of the people that I talk mind. to in the Slack or the Get Fresh Group, beep, boom, mainly the phrase was, I loved Unkillables, dot, 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 still hate the art. And yeah. it is... You know, maybe a testimony to the story that you can get past that. And we've always said we can get past bad art, great story, uh, you know, as opposed to the other great art, bad story. We need the story. I think it's there now. At least it's personal with this bunch of heroes slash antiheroes slash villains that I'm in. Uh, so, yeah, I give it an eight five and I could have went higher if it was the art. I, it just held me down, but I'm still at an eight five. I was in. I, I was very That'd happy. Really by cool the end. That art was really good because the thing is, I am down with the art, even though I didn't care just for it. Like I, a Jason Fabak that we haven't had in a while, and he's on that. This might have been a nine nine for I'm me. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten because I did enjoy the story and stuff like that. Some of the ideas that we're dealing with, with like you know it. We needed Shiva to get over there to talk to Cass, and then we're immediately there. But just the whole thing where we're going to have Vandal Savage go and take Creeper and Slade out of nowhere right when Wonder Woman, like, that part was a little weird because, like, we got we to gotta make Savage a heel, even though he's already a heel, to the group of people he's with. And that's the weird thing because we needed to find a way out of here, even if the Wonder Woman didn't show up, it seemed like because Savage was going to do some bad stuff. But Wonder Woman showed up, like, there was too much going on in that scene for what we were dealing with. What I think was too much is, and I agree with you because but i think that it's like there's savage the heel we end up you know rose stabs him let's go but you'd still have him out and about so to just put the as you called it the explanation point on it but he gets ripped apart so it's like and, and even the thing with bill i knew billy bats and it's like that's a weird way to just show you you're not going to get Shazam or, yeah. you know, weird stuff like that. There are some points in this that. Now, is that like a really blank way to say like, OK, this like I say blank way it doesn't even make sense. But a, a way of saying something without saying something about how magic won't affect the anti-life. But I don't know. It just we don't know that because they're not coming out and saying it. There are these weird like bookends to things like, OK, we're going to leave the island 
and we have to show you we're not going to go back there. So let's rip it apart and have Wonder Woman there. And so that's an odd deal, especially with the setup of it being all about that and then going to something different. But I actually, I, I did like it. I was glad that I ended up reading it and I can actually talk to some people and say, yeah, I'm down. Still, I end up getting argued with where they're like, you just like it because of the characters. And yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah that's, that's that. why. So I don't know. Some people they they just can't take it. They they don't like well, to look what at reasons gift do they want you to like amount. it for? They just want me to say it's great overall. Ten out of ten, wonderful. Actually, the people that I talk to don't want that, but I do see the reviews where oh, ten out of ten, it's great. Aquaman yeah, number fifty-eight. Uncle Man number 58, a book that people have been so down on, and you haven't even liked it as much as I have since Kelly Sue DeConnick got on it. I'm starting to like it a little more myself. I, I still don't think it's perfect, but at least it's getting me to a, a point where I, I just like that I care about what happens next. And I, at points, I wasn't. But Aquaman number 58, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, art by Miguel Mendonca, Ramala Fajardo Jr., and Clayton Cowles. Kelly Sue DeConnick is taking the Aquaman book back to the Underwater Game of Thrones that Dan Abnett did, and I think eh, I might like this a little more than how he ended at least I was getting sick of that corn wrath stuff because this has aqua baby Andy is so cute and while I think that uh, Volko will F things up and that Orm started the ninth tried plague I'm more concerned with what the hell happened to the aqua babies and uh i think that what's going on here number no one warm started that plague yeah uh, he started the plague i also think that volko kidnapped the baby i think that volko if this is mara's plan all along i think that she wants that baby safe she ends up almost saying something on that video i don't really well i can't talk about that now uh i think that that's what's going on as well what's this pearl video 10 months later all of a sudden volko decides i gotta play this thing here out of nowhere where has it been I guess he had it and it was one of those where they just read the will i don't know he had it and he's <sighs> 10 reading months it. later he's thinking i don't know maybe he didn't want to see what was going down he's a guy the thing is you you end up putting volko in charge of any plan anything it's always going to backfire it's not like he's just a, a dupe or a doofus it's not just that he just has no luck he has no luck and really no luck with anything at land he's got bad ways of achieving his plans he, too. and that's the problem is he also does take take things a little too far he ends up having his own little thing but overall we've talked about him being a bad guy good guy he always does care a lot about arthur he he does care about atlantis this is a thing he was obsessed with but he always ends up thinking the wrong way to do things so i hope because we don't see necessarily the whole plan here of mara when you Give a plan to Volko. You better be specific. You better lay down. And and this is the thing. Don't it's like a Volko wrong turn. Any room to make any of his own no plans. No wiggle in there. room. And really, when you end up with Volko, this a lot of parents will know this, uh, especially my kids. I mean, holy moly! You almost have to tell them what not to do with the plan than what they, they have to do because you have to. Well, you have to be at the end so you can tell them. I told you this, so you can wipe yourself clean of the nonsense. Eric, as they get taken away by the police. Are you but yeah, you end up, it's 10 months later, which threw me off a bit when you first jumped in. I like in. it to a degree, just because we have a baby. We did the same thing with John Kent and the whole thing where we have a baby and you don't really want to deal with a baby because the way the comic book time works, like personally, the way I do it, not everybody works this way. A lot of comic book writers do time for time, but 
every five years of our time as one year for comic book time. So the whole thing is here we have five years for Andy to become one years old. And my mom, like, all right, let's age her up a little bit here. And not only that, but we moved just 10 years, uh, 10 months into the future. But we also have, you know, them Zebellions, they grow a bit quicker than usual. I'm like, okay, we're getting stuff out of the way. We got a toddler baby right here. We're getting to the fun stuff. You, you yeah. want to have the fun. You don't, don't want really just. bogged down with that. I'm telling you, I deal with Braxton every <laughs> Marvel podcast. I hear that kid <laughs> crying in the background. I'm like, isn't this kid Zebellion? Yeah, stop it. And Brandon, you hear it. When you're when you're at that stage, you are so tired. You, you don't want to deal with anything. But when they start to have their own personality stuff, that's what you enjoy as a parent. You also enjoy it as a reader and you get it there. Uh, but yeah, you get this plan to start with. And that's where you end up having this Pearl thing. And it is a little forced 10 months later, but it says, for the sake of not just my child, but all the many children of Atlantis, I put a plan in action. What I am about to ask you must carry out in secret. I'm sorry for that but i fear and it seems like maybe as a princess leia almost getting taken over by the stormtroopers and darth vader somebody's yeah. coming and she's like never mind let's just begin here and so you're not gonna see what she fears what's Help us, going Volko, on you're our only hope yeah and i do think that it is Volko and part of the plan that they went and got the baby i think that it's too much to put on orm to be that bad that quick Volko. and all that has had such a, t- like, a terrible relationship with Arthur. If freaking Volko goes, like, you know, Meredith doesn't have to explain anything. She's in a coma right now, but the whole thing is where Aquaman is caring for his baby, going to visit his comatose wife every time, he any chance he gets every, every single day. Every night exactly, yeah. spell out, yeah. And the whole thing, though, I'm like, if Volko goes and kidnaps his child, they're, they're just on good terms again, even though they're still, like, a terrible terms because the idea is that Volko has to marry Mara in order to become king and stuff like that. He's still pissed off, even though it's a piece of paper and it's not a real marriage, but he's already on the verge of just being angry about life in general. If Volko goes and takes his baby, there's no coming back. Aquaman might kill this and guy. you know what, Volko? He, he could stand leaving a little bit. <laughs> it is funny, too. There's some weird parts of this issue. There's things that don't connect great. For all the terrible things he's done up to this point, you can't keep loading more terrible things on. But it's Mara's plan. So if it is him, Ain't he's saving. He's saving the Aquaman. Well, that's what always happens. Volko ends up with what you end up having with Renegade Hal Jordan, where he's supposed <laughs> to do a plan, and everybody in the Green Lantern Corps know, but they disappear, and nobody can vouch know. for him. So yeah, you have a problem, though. I think that there's some funny things in this. And like I said, some things don't quite add up at points but one of them that i thought was funny is when you end up going back to amnesty bay and you end up having arthur swimming he does look like a blonde-haired jason momoa there while you're going and then later on it's like you should go like this and you end up having him cut his hair and looks like kind of more classic aquaman that's the thing is he's definitely jason momoa when we started this whole thing but i just love the idea it's like all right i gotta go visit mara you're gonna wear this aquaman how about you wear this and i'm like what he can show is like He's wearing so, so, the same thing, pretty much, except it seems like more chainmail. Exactly. The thing. I so think, like, but he cuts his hair. Anything. Yes, he cut his hair a And bit. his beard a bit. And I think that was kind of a sly way that- like, I'm saying, These old gods and their idea of what fashion is like, you can't go see your wife looking like that. I'm like, he said, put, put, put on the Aquaman costume. <laughs> it, it was weird, but he did- I think that this was Kelly Sue DeConnick saying, okay- 
I wasn't involved in this Jason Momoa that I was made to, and now I'm getting he's a little He's not going to go shirtless with I'm his tattoos done. anymore? I'm de- it seems like now he's cut his hair. He's got the thing. I think he went and got laser you know, removal of those tattoos, but you end up having the him come are in. mystically put on. He does look good here. In my mind, he kind of looks like you know the Jamie Lannister from the Game of Thrones for the way he has his haircut, and that's why I actually thought he should have played Aquaman the whole time. Yeah, you did. And this is one of those where you are going to get the whole gang is here. You're going to get some you know, recap later on in the podcast, I'm going to lose my mind about Nightwing kind of doing something similar, but I like this because you end up having Andy as a way to give us something new, but also give us some of that recap with it. And that's how I like when it's played out like that, but you end up having Jackson's mom now lives there in Maine with him. I Lucia. like that. I think that that's a pretty cool move oh, to kind of show that also, you're paying attention. Even when we're going back to uh, Atlantis in the last issue, like where did uh, Jackson Hyde go? Cause we had no idea. It was like, okay, they're actually moving. Moving to Amnesty Bay, he's got his mother out there. We got the entire town seems to be all around the old gods, Jackson Hyde. It seems that everybody, the whole community has come together to help raise baby Andy. To takes a village. They exactly. are ending up raising her, and she's a handful. She really is. And she'll That's the eat thing. anything. I, I, I'm so angry though. It takes a village to raise a child. Nobody is watching. No, I don't I said in my review, she just walks away. Kelly Leach, if she's not there, Andy the little baby just gets up at this whole point. They're all just picking moss and bullshit in the woods and the baby <laughs> just gets up and wanders off and falls off a cliff just a cliff, yeah, falls off a she's cliff. eating stuff that you shouldn't eat this actually reminds me a lot of zach when he was a baby he would eat like I, he would eat like habaneros she ends up trying to eat a, a ball of mud i mean she's gonna eat anything it's like you she sees and, oh. and really the art i thought was so great in this and i love oh, when she good. sees the butterfly she's all you get that real good idea and then Watch when she go, when she falls off girl. the cliff it is a nice way, even if you didn't like the old gods, it is a pretty cool way to kind of show you they're still there. They're doing some things, but it's not centering on them so that it bogs it down. She goes, she saves like, oh, here we go. We're playing uh, Kelly Leach, you know, ends up saving the baby game. But then you see Arthur get with and just loves his daughter. You can see how much he loves. And I think there's a little thing going behind as well of the idea that she is rebellion. She is growing quicker. And Matt is really putting a timetable on Mary. You got to get out of this coma. You're not going to see your baby grow up. She's going to end up being a teenager and nobody <laughs> wants that. I mean, the first thing you go. So you even have where to imagine the idea of how this thing is like, wait till he becomes a teenager, like Jackson Hyde, how they grow fast or whatever this whole deal is for the idea that rebellions grow fast. I like the things like, all right, Jackson Hyde, he was in the Teen Titans for a brief moment, but I'm like, he's four years old. Or like Mara, I like to think that she's only 13 years old for how Zabellion supposedly grow now. So, yeah, and you have the, the gods coming and helping the Arthur out to go visit, you know, uh, with Mara. It's the mind of a child. Yes. You, you go then and, and see Mara still in the coma. You see the widowhood. They're pissed. They think that Atlantis is falling apart. I do like... They ain't wrong. We got Orm going around. I like Tanita sassy talking doctor who doesn't like the widowhood says that Mara probably can hear us. So you better watch what you're saying and you know get the hell out of here. She needs a rest but that's to let Arthur come out and be with Mara and talk to her and say what's happening and you even have the thing where you ended up having Andy coming with him a lot of times. They even say well you don't have the princess here with you and all this but you know just try to keep her calm and all that. You do see though by the end of this little scene when Volko comes in and says, hey, uh, Arthur, I need to talk to you. You do see that Mara does hear. 
what's going on. And she's crying. She starts crying because, you know, she's missing things and stuff like that. So that at least gives you a little hope that she's going to be coming back. And the doctor is indeed right. She just has right. to rejuvenate her body. That's, and the doctor said that. She's trying to rejuvenate. I do. Sassy doctor, I like. Because you have, you know, Sate is like, you know, this this lazy <laughs> So lazy ass queen here. Doesn't want to do her duties. She's not sleeping. Mother Satea, please. What a please piece stop of crap. This but is yeah, medical. I'm telling I like it. I like that. And I like that she is allowing Arthur to sneak in and they hang out. Vogel comes in so happy. Hey, Arthur, I got something that tells you. That's the thing is, I'm actually having a problem, though, with the way Atlantis is portrayed here, because you think of Atlantis as an underwater city and stuff like that. Half the time, though, it just seems like everybody's just breathing air, this whole thing. Like, everybody, there's no water anywhere in well, any place where we're hanging out. you see bubbles at points. When, when you have Aquaman talking to Mara, and he's like, you know, let's see, what did you miss today? You do see bubbles behind. Like, what do we still- got over Mara's face at? Is an oxygen tank going in? Is it water tank? I don't Pumping know what they're doing. something in, but still, you have to have something to show she's in a coma. Aquaman is bringing flowers. They Talk about how they have a vase for these flowers. I'm like, you're in salt water. You're not Again, doing anything. I think that this what are you is just doing? Stuff they have to play, so you can kind of go with it. Well, we go to the ninth tribe then, and I'm telling you, you just know that Orm has set this stupid virus there so that he could go down to the ninth do, tribe and you start yelling. Muties. Hey, you're sick. You're hungry. Come over to the city. Dagon City over here. Dagon. I mean, Mutie <laughs> City. That's what we call it. Hey, come on down. And you see Dolphin. Dolphin ends up talking to the one guy, and and you pretty much get the end all of this. Hey, you can have all the medicine and food you want. You just got to join his army and do what he says. And a lot of people are going to go with that. But yeah, he's talking pretty he, much. He don't you know, even bothers me too for some reason because he is campaigning, but he's bringing in all this food and medicine into the city and stuff like that. Talking about how he lived there, he knows the strikes that's going on in the Ninth Tribe. But they're bringing it in on boats. They're underwater boats that are just shaped like boats. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> But I, what I thought They're was funny is boats. they just end up having these giant barrels. And as the stuff comes out, it does remind me a lot of when Marge and Homer went to the candy convention. And then Marge yeah, at the end, it spills out. It looks exactly like that. <laughs> Everybody jumping around in there. Uh, but yeah, you're getting what do you that. Think of the new love interest for, um, but Dolphin, for Dolphin Pilot we have it's here. okay. Now, here's the thing, too. I thought is, it was Orm at first when he starts talking to her. I'm like, what happened to his face? Oh, it's not Orm. It's okay. Piranha Boy. Yeah. You end up, though, where I do like when she's like, you know, sounds like they're playing damn charades down there. She's writing things in the water, making What's a dolphin. Name? Luminous dolphin thing about your finger paints. I, I don't like that name. I look. Do you know how to talk? He's yelling. <laughs> He's like Chris Tucker with the Jackie Chan. So you end up, though, with all this going on. What I do Hilarious like. What you mean, yes, right? I actually think Rush Hour, the first one. Great. Two is good, too. But you end up, though. I like that Dolphin is in with Orm here only because now you don't have like a Batgirl in Leviathan, Eric, which proved to be so useful. But you do have somebody who does love Atlantis and loves Arthur now in there. And that's the thing, though. Does she anymore? Because at this point in time, the the queen who promised all these great things, she's going to come. You're not getting on. Arthur's left her behind. That's the queen, though. I, I do think that she would still, if the chips were down and you did have her in there. She's going to go get fat. 
getting happy over in Dagon City. Say Orm, though, at one point did want to kill Aqua Baby or did want to kill Arthur. I don't think that Dolphin would allow that. And I think that I, I, that I do will want play to know out. one thing, though, besides for the idea, like you and I both assume that, you know, Orm created the plague, this, you know, uh, offing everybody in the ninth tribe, stuff like that. Where did Ocean Master go and get all this food? Uh, he is a guy who and has a lot of money. Food? You think he's just you think he's just going around the ocean fishing? Yeah, I think it's like gummy bears and stuff. It's stuff he had from Halloween. <laughs> you gotta Halloween. get off the Simpsons. Yeah, that's all it is. It's the, it's the Venus de Milo Gumi. I'm like, for some reason, though, we are in Atlantis, right? And people are starving. And then I try, I'm like, you are in the ocean. The only place in my mind the Ocean Master is getting this food is from the ocean. So I'm like, what are you guys doing? You just say, like, I wish somebody would give me some food. Go out and get some food, Nine Tried. Come on, you dirty muties. It does end up looking like a lot of ocean stuff that they're eating. <laughs> but the Nine Tried, I think, has eaten all the things that they have. And they are kind of pushed aside. I think that this is just readily available. They just can't get to it uh, because they're poor and stuff it's like when you end up saying like you know a surface level politician who goes in and sees these people in detroit say and you're like oh man the, the biggest problem they have is they don't move over to quaker town and they can't you don't have money people who think and that's where i think orm's you know kind of centering on this look look at all the foods that's available they're not even giving it to you i have barrels i mean he has so much food and medicine but yeah when you have piranha boy say it's amazing you know why you know, Orm's so great. It's because he actually knew this virus was going to happen before it happened. I mean, really, he was He's prepared. a smart fellow, that Ocean like, Master. Yeah, I think that that Ocean Master might be. And again, is this another thing? As you're going with Orm here, I'm like, boy, this is hitting hard and it's hitting home right now. Straight from the headlines there. But yeah, see, I have all this going on. I liked it. I, I know you said that you thought it was it's a little just a boring. Lot of, the thing is, no, no, I, I, it's a little boring. It's because I want to focus on the Aqua Baby Andy and stuff like that. We have so many things being thrown at us at once. The idea of what's going on Volco. We have, you know, Ocean Master. We have the baby. We have Mara and Coma. And we just have so many things. Even Atlantis and City of Dagon going on. It just feels like it's I a little too it. much, I and they want to touch on every of bit things. of it. Now, what I'll say is you don't get a lot of Aqua Baby, thin. right? No. You don't get a lot, but I fell in love with her already. And so when you do end up with the cliffhanger, I, I was upset, and I don't want anything to happen to Aqua Baby because it's not Again. a good track record. It really isn't. This is where I say some things don't make sense. You end up where, you end up where Aquaman, he's going to drink burnt, terrible coffee. Right? Yeah, I've yeah. done this a lot. I, I did it, it yeah. as we go. Hey, I'm not going to sleep anyway. I want something warm. Give me that coffee. Uh, three panels later, he goes, yeah, I'm beat. I'm going to bed. <laughs> what, what was that? Some you know quaaludes in that? He changed his yeah, mind. No, he changed his mind very quickly. Tula is pissed. She's like, well, how can you let freaking Volko do all this thing? And at this point, Volko's stammering and you know humming and hammering with the whole announcement to Atlantis. Hey, guys. The idea that he's going to bed. You know what that is? Yeah, I'm sure you've done the same thing where you're you're wired. You want to drink this coffee because you're not going to bed. And then you start arguing with your person that you live with. Let's say your wife. And right now, it's Tula for this whole thing. They start okay. arguing. Yeah, look how sleepy I am. I'm mm. going to go to the other room now. Okay. I thought you were saying that Aquaman was going off to his room the master babe but I, I didn't know where you're going with that but say you oh. have that and they do argue and Tula is mad and she's like how could you do this and it's well played until everybody's mad but you also see master that babe. Volko is not exactly the greatest they even say he doesn't have the charisma you know of a David Lee Roth and so he's started, like started you know the throne of Atlantis and stuff like that where we had a lot of problems going on from the surface dwellers to the Atlantis. Yeah, yeah so he's like 
Uh, yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, I think that you you might not love this, but, you know, hey, it's me, Volko. Uh, yeah, I want to be king. And, you know, I'm going to marry Mara and I'm going to be doing this. And, and so nobody's going to like this. You, and this, again, I, I think that it's playing right in the Orm's hand. up there. He's all mealy-mouthed about it. I'm like, come on, guy. He's so bad. And then you even have that close-up of him, and he's like, and I'll be your king. You're like, look at you. <laughs> you piece of crap. But yeah, Tula flips out. And then you end up having Arthur start screaming at her, saying, what do you want me to do? And and it is well played by Kelly Sudeikonik also to go, hey, listen, I can't take the throne. I abdicated. There's no legal way for me to go. And plus the widowhood, they're all against him. So he can't do this right now. Legal. Go in there and Aquaman it Who's up. Who's he going to go with? He doesn't have anybody to get the justice. He has league. the people. Yeah, I don't think he does. They don't There's want people him. Don't no, they want don't. him either. Not they thought all. that he was nonsense. You lousy so, half-breed. Mera, though, and, and that's the problem is you're really doing this underwater Game of Thrones. Like I said, you're trying to get back to that. But in fact, Mera, half not even half, she's a bellion, and yeah. you never really had a lot of time. I mean, she ain't that lousy half-breed. <laughs> Tell you they don't have anybody. Folko, <laughs> they have nobody. No charisma. And so when you do have Orm. Orm is the guy. I mean, and yeah, Orm I'm, caused him a lot of problems. I'm telling you right now, though, he always had the Atlantis Where's in his heart. Where's good old Corn Wrath at? He always had that. Where's Corn Wrath? Is like somewhere, you know, in the the Barrier Reef. He's, he's shaking his fist that he should have been the guy. Yeah, he's some kind of nightmare monster now, but he could still be a if good king. If I have Mara, Zebellion, in a coma, Volko. Dirty ass air breather. Arthur, he's just nonsense. He can't decide what You're he right. wants. Mother Satea. I'm telling you, Orm is my vote. Vote for Orm. Look, the thing is, I vote for Orm. I've seen what he's doing. He's going to bring the muties in my neighborhood? Absolutely not. Yeah, he's going to take them to the night tribe. We, you know, me and you, the highfalutin Atlanteans, we don't give a crap about that. Pretty much, that's where, when we flush the toilet, that's where it goes to the night tribe. They call those baby Ruths down there. We know what they are, Eric. They are turds. They're gross. You don't have to put it out. That's where they go. So I would just be like, okay, Orm, just tell me you get your Dagon say And really, even better, get all this nitride, t- send them over to your Dagon City nonsense, and then we'll just have this here. And yeah, yeah, you might cause World War Eight, but hey, you have Atlantis in your heart. But yeah, you end up with having, uh, you know, Arthur, who already said, and I think it might be that he's <laughs> arguing too much with Tool. He's like, I don't know this nonsense. I'm going to bed. Hey, I'm going to tuck Andy in. Like, oh, no, baby. The Aqua baby's gone. I like she the name Andy for her. Just because that's what he was going as on the freaking island of the old gods and stuff like that. For some reason, I just wanted something nicer than Rebecca, just Andy. maybe. Who would you Rebecca. want that? You want Reef? You want some underwater submarine? You want Eric? Is that why you want Sub- something like that? Conk sandwich. Hey curry. There, starfish. You end up, though, where... There are a couple things involved here. Number one, Andy's a, a whippersnapper. The princess, she liked to get out and about and do crazy things. I would not put it past, though. I don't know if she's going to be able to reach that window. But you have, you know, stuff going on. I thought the same on. thing, too, because I once we saw her run away before and nobody paid attention, I'm like, you know what? She is pretty strong and older for her age. She might be able to get out of that crib and go out that yeah, window on her own. She might be able to. Because she's a curious sort. But I, I do think handful, that, yeah, oh, that, she is. She's quite a handful you also have a lot of people who you know they like to punk arthur you've seen this right isn't this something i've seen like eric and Dwayne? yeah they like to punk people but no i think that she could have gotten out it may just be that 
Uh, I think that you ended up All having of a sudden that Volko guy, the manager take. of the grocery store, he's going to go punk Arthur. He was a piece of crap, that guy. He, he wants was. to get back at him. That's he's why. better now. Yeah, yeah. So you have that, and you know, he got that, woke. And then later, when we have the weird twist, is when Orm decides how he's going to become king is marrying young Princess Andy. Now there's a weird twist, Eric, but you can never. I don't take like it your past stories, Orm. But by then, it'll be three weeks later. She'll be 22. So Makes we'll sense. see. But. I, I so love the art. Audience. I think Miguel Madonco was great on art. The art throughout this was really, really good. I thought it was great. And I like the story. I like what we're getting with each of the things. I think it's hilarious that Volko is going to be king because it won't work out. I like that Orm is setting up everybody by making a virus, it seems, giving them the cure and then saying, hey, nobody cares about you. I got my muties. We'll all do that. I like that. I love Aqua Baby Andy. And I do like the way Arthur, you know, is going back and forth trying to make things right. And he's kind of stuck in the middle with all this because he really can't do much and i love that i love amnesty bay all watching her and really if she is kidnapped better if they're actually watching well that's true but if she's kidnapped there there's going to be trouble because you do have old gods involved who love her and we might even actually get to see them do something for once remember the whole thing we can't get involved well i think that goes out the window just like aqua baby we're getting involved yeah yeah i think that that would be cool so i like the setup and and no, just I'm as everything a thing. to deal with baby Andy at this point. Yeah. I want to see oh, more yeah, of them. Yeah. And I think that enthralled with that, it's just all right. Some Volko yeah. political nonsense and Atlanta I, I like that though because you Ocean need to do fine, something with the dirty that. Muties. I know, but you need to to keep doing that because of how the book was left I don't with need that. Need to do that. Well, it was Let's left just forget with about Atlantis. Nobody is going to let anybody. If you already have Aquaman fans pissed off, and then you just completely say. Screw Mara, we're not going to deal with her. There's no, no, nobody no, no. going to be reading is, this. That's the thing is, I'm fine with Mara as well. As long as, like, let's just say they run away together and, like, she actually does, like, run out on her duties as queen and they go to live on the land or something like that. It's almost like the thing with Wonder Woman. Oh, no, we can't go to Themyscira anymore? I don't care. You don't care, but you're then going to have a Steve Trevor Wonder Woman deal where then the book becomes, well, I got to leave you for a little, but you're going to do that. And I'm going to do that. I think that actually Mara in a coma allows the book to just be Arthur for a while. And I think it, it plays out better that way. And then you get this all nonsense taken care of. And then Mara comes out of her coma and then we'll deal with that and the aqua baby and whatever happens. It's tired of Atlantis. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't mind if it's this stuff and Orm kind of interests me too. And we haven't well, had them in the book for a while so i did like that i just love when volko's gonna screw things up you know this and it makes yeah. me laugh but i like all the individual things i love think he's Aqua gonna Baby. get put out on a pike the first day he says he's king yeah so we'll see how this goes but it also is it also was uh, an issue where you could jump on right now and just go forward with this oh, yeah, totally. and just avoid all the rest of the stuff and get what you need get aqua baby love it so i think the only that thing about that, that, that they didn't really go into is the idea that orm does have a you know ocean uh, water elemental at his command at this point who is pretty much the muscle for his entire kingdom. When he does say, hey, you go do what we planned, wink, wink, and we'll add, yeah. Yeah, you're led to believe that would be getting Aqua Baby. But again, we don't know, and we'll see. But yeah, I, I actually really like this. Now, I say I really like this. I, I think that you might think my score is way higher than it is. I'm giving it an eight. Uh, I thought it was really good. I love the art. I I thought that that this was a really good issue to jump back on if you hadn't been reading it. I think that Kelly Sudaconic is now telling a better story than Lost Island nonsense. And I thought that this was well played out. What would you give it? 
I would end up giving this a 7 out of 10 because I did enjoy the art and I love Baby Andy and all that stuff. And like, I like Ocean Master. It's just when we get bogged down with the political Atlantean nonsense, I get bored. But overall, I, I am enjoying what we're getting here. I just think it's a little bit too much too soon. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I like it. I like the, you know, Volco. Nonsense. And the thing is, it's too much too soon out of nowhere because we have to jump 10 months ahead, but we're still dealing with exactly what we left off with 10 months ago. And now we have a well, pearl I think and stuff like that. Played. I think the only reason you jump 10 you, months is like, to have Todd. All right. 10 months. Or like you know later, okay, we get a toddler, and we also bypass all the nonsense that I don't care about. Yeah, so but you have Hopefully. that Maris still, Maris still like in everybody's a coma. Put on pause so. for ten months. Yeah, they're just Arthur every night goes and sees you know his his love with Andy, and now he has this. So we'll see how it goes. But that's the end of this Andy. section of books and we're going to go off now but uh, we still have a couple more left there not a ton of books again next week oh, we yeah. have a ton but we'll be back with some things in a minute yo it's mail call it's mail with Derek. hallelujah it's mail with Derek. oh yeah it's mail with Derek. hallelujah it's mail with Derek. oh It's not over there. This is all wrong. It is all wrong. Eric's not here. I can't do that. We you will know? not let you get away Link with Dancing this. Mike is wrong, but this mail is all about Alex M. And Alex M says, hey, Jim and Eric. Hey, Jim and Eric. Oh, no. This is all wrong. It is. You said that already. Greta, why are you repeating yourself? How dare you? Oh, my. How are you? I still have not read last week's books, and therefore I haven't listened to your actual reviews. But I do pay attention to the nonsense in between the reviews, the condiments between the meat and cheese maybe also the mustard mayo slathered on slices of wheat bread and you're getting you know fancy with your wheat bread i know a lot of people don't like a mustard mayo combo i do i actually like that on say a ham and swiss is why i like that or where i do like that I've been going through some of the older DC books, and I checked out some Spectre from the 80s. Specifically, I read issue 15 of Secret Origins. In it was also the origin of Deadman. I forgot by who, but I liked it more than the Spectre origin by Roy Thomas. In it, you find out Corrigan is kind of an asshole. So much so the mob decides to kill him and then goes to heaven. He's sent back as Spectre then. Then after he is able to save his girlfriend, he is saved through his power. He decides to stop being an asshole and uh, to be or take his job as the Spectre more seriously. See, he had a progression. He did. I also read from the first issue series Jack Kirby's Manhunter story, which wasn't too bad. In fact, he was pretty neat. Neato. It involved Mark Shaw as a guy who has passed down the Manhunter title while he is an attorney. I actually kind of forgot a lot about it, to be honest, but it read fine. Finally, I got around to finishing Red Arse. That's Red Arse. And along with most of the comics referred to in the See This Issue box, so prior to this issue, there is, of course, all the Red Hood and the Outlaws. Then there was the Robin War, which led me to check that whole storyline as well, going through the Teen Titans with Will Pfeiffer. 
which also led me to read a bunch of the new 52 Superboy to understand what was going on there, which could be quite confusing, but other times very intriguing. And you see a lot of people, Jason was giving you earlier in the first mail stuff that you can do and read, and now you end up having Alex M doing the same. A lot of people going back to the apps and reading some older stuff. Oh, how can I forget that there was a Durlin in the team uh, and led me to read all of Uprising. Then after the Robin Wars, I was a little burned out. So it took me a moment to finally check out the issues where they meet up with Joker's daughter and go to the underground Oh, it was old Tinderbox or whatever her name was. That was nonsense. And of course, I have to read Catwoman stuff in the underground, which I told you about last week. Then, just before I finish the last few issues of Red Hood Arsenal, there is a little box to go check Titans Hunt. Well, I didn't read that many for the first time. And oh boy, uh, did I really like that. Eric liked it more than I did. I didn't really like it and ended up making no sense as you went into Rebirth anyway. And of course, I did check what background I could do for those issues. Well, I got my limits, guys. But Frank, quietly, I think the stuff that makes up the Titan lore might be better reading than if I kept reading the Titans in Rebirth. You let me know. No, but it starts out with that, but then it just ends. You don't have any sort of bumblebee, anything like that. And the whole thing ends up being a plan of abracadabra that then is kind of wiped away to say that it was Dr. Manhattan. It seems like it was a big disappointment for Eric. I'll say this. I, and that's the thing. The big disappointment, as Eric said, that the Titans book coming out of Titans Hunt into Rebirth with Wally uh, was supposed to be the most important book ever. And it just wasn't. I'll say that I'm definitely a bigger Arsenal fan, not the English football team. No Premier League talk here. We're not talking Everton here, right? But the character. Too bad I became a big fan after he was killed off. Is there a reason he was killed off? Yeah, because Tom King decided to. I mean, if you can elaborate, that might be helpful or just make us all angry. Basically, I think there were two reasons why Roy ended up getting killed off. Number one. He was an easy way to get in the sanctuary because, of course, Tom King had to go back to the well and go generic and deal with his addictions, something that he had worked very hard. And a lot of writers had worked hard, especially since the New 52. And I think that, Alex, you will have read some of the things where Roy had been able to get off his addiction with even the help of Killer Croc. Which is crazy, but that is something that was great. Uh, these writers now, every time somebody goes on a book, anytime somebody does something, they always go generic. They never seem to want to progress things. You have Jason Todd, who at, till the end of time, it seems, any new writer that gets on, you got to mention the Joker. And somewhere within arm's reach, there's always going to be a crowbar. That's what you're always going to have. Nobody can get over this. Roy is always, oh, my ward a junkie. That's all it's ever going to be. Uh, even if he ends up showing and having stories. And really, when you have Rebirth, when you have anything with these characters, do, do people want to dwell on the dark past that we already dealt with? Or do they want to see them progress past that and become better and maybe do something more? Because you have Roy, you have the Sanctuary. You know, I know a lot of people hated Heroes in Crisis, but if you wanted to change things up and make it what Tom King actually said it was going to be, a place where these heroes could go and heal and things, then you want to deal with a Roy? You want to deal with Arsenal? You set him up as one of the counselors there. Don't use an AI that you never, ever explain. 
use the heroes because it's not just the heroes that would be going to the sanctuary that are going there with problems. You would actually see that some heroes that we know and love actually have gotten past those issues and now can help the younger heroes. So Roy going to the sanctuary, instead of making it something memorable, instead of making it anything that is going to lift the character or progress them, we digress everything. Everything is this decompress nonsense. It's the idea that nowadays comics are, let's tear down the characters instead of building them up. I think it's complete and utter bull crap is what it is. Now, the other thing with Roy is I think he was a big enough character that you're going to get some, you know, reaction when he does get killed. And at the point when you ended up having Heroes in Crisis come out, he really wasn't in any books anymore. Green Arrow was already gone. You ended up having that was the, you know, point to go send him off the sanctuary. But we didn't have that book. We end up not having him in the whole Outlaws book. So I think that he was just hanging around and DC decided that he was one of those and Tom King maybe as well he was one of those characters big enough to make an impact but not big enough to really change what's going on in the other books Uh, one of the things though that if you think of you know if you have six degrees uh, of Roy you end up where he is involved in a lot of characters so if you ended up having a deal where you know, you wanted to have something more. Maybe the Heroes in Crisis, it's a huge hit and we're going to explore it more and we're going to have a sequel and all these. Uh, you would have a lot of characters in the DCU affected by Roy's death as well, not just, say, a Jason Todd. Yeah, you have the Titans, you have Green Arrow. And that's the thing where if anybody sits there and argues with me, oh, Heroes in Crisis, it was so great. You're full of crap. I don't know who's saying that, but what have we done since then except have books to try to retroactively make some characters survive that or, you know, get better like a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy or a Flash Forward. I don't see a lot of books dealing with Heroes in Crisis right now because it it was horrible. It was awful. I don't care what anybody says. It was one of the worst things that DC has done in the past 10 years. And it ended up making people go off the done with DC quit. That's not what you want. You want books to get people into your company and into the comics that we all love. It ends up people like, that's it. I'm done. It ends up ruining, you know, what Rebirth promised, all of that stuff. And that's why I think it is awful and just continues to be one of the reasons why uh, as a writer and his, I, I hate Tom King's writing. And I think that all he does is destroy. He never builds and screw him. Well, that's it for the most part. I got to ask Jim, the Weird Science Marvel Comics uh, podcast. I don't quite understand the schedule. Could you please? Please explain it. We have a show every Monday and then I do one on the weekend. There it is. It seems like there is more consistency. I am still not exactly sure of the details. Uh, yeah, it's just we have a show every Monday with me and Brandon. And then on the weekend, supposedly I, I try to get it on Friday, but I usually don't end up doing that yet. But on the weekend, you'll get almost like our old spotlights. The show that I do is more of a spotlight show where I just pick books that Brandon doesn't read and do those as well. But we like to have two episodes a week. Also, which series have you guys been consistently reviewing? And that's the other thing about the Marvel podcast podcast. 
we try to just talk about books we like that week. It's one of those where I always complain with the DC stuff. We force ourselves to do every book or at least, uh, you know, close to that. And then we end up being called negative because we may not like a particular book that week or we may not like any of the books that week. The Marvel stuff is kind of like, yeah, let's just talk what we do. Me and Brandon, I get a hold of him about an hour before we talk on Monday and say, what books you want to talk about? And we pick three or four and off we go. There is no real, uh, you know, consistency of titles, though, when we end up liking something, we'll continue talking about that. And one of the things we haven't been talking about, the X books, uh, I started catching up. So I'm going to start talking about those as well, if I enjoy them. But it's more of the idea, a couple books each show, what we enjoy. And then he says, what happened to the Best Songs Ever podcast that got put away for a little? They were some of the more memorable podcasts for him. So he liked that. I like doing it. I have one half done and just as a review. It's the Beatles Strawberry Fields that I have half done that I have to put up. But the uh, and that's a Patreon uh, deal. Uh, it will be coming back in a way that it just kind of drops now and again. Uh, I'll be doing something like that. But I do have to finish that Strawberry Fields one that I was really having fun with. But then I ended up it's just halfway. Finally, Eric, did you check out the DC Comics Meta Madhouse brackets? Well, Eric says, well, there, buddy, I think I did. Actually, I asked him if he did. He said he did. I don't know what he thought about it, but he said he did. So that is sincerely Alex M. Thank you, Alex. And uh, yeah, thank you for your email. Thanks, everybody, including Jason earlier again, because that is the last email of the night. And now we're going to go off to talk more books and finish up the podcast. You can tell when he talks that he's uneducated Dresses up like a goonie, his look is outdated Won't wear glasses out even though we can't see He's a vain SOB but he's America's sweetheart to me If he comes to your house you go broke trying to feed him Buys toys on eBay even though we don't need them Never eats just one burger, always gets two or three They call him a fat ass, he's America's sweetheart to me Oh, doesn't take care of himself And he might be six, five but he's got nothing else Oh, and he'll never commit That's why he never does shit He'll die alone by himself He talks horror movies, he'll light up a sing when he sings karaoke, he calls it a gig. On Evi Lies, voted a fat man's goatee. His friends all left him, he's America's sweetheart to me. 
I could update and say you have Corona in that, Eric. That would be a good <laughs> we update don't know this. there. Uh, yeah, I think we do. I think we do. Uh, but we're back with two books to end the podcast here. And, you know, let's just get right into it before you die. You, sh- you uh, we sure? Need to do you don't want to tell you about the toys I was going to buy on eBay this week? No, because- I was going to actually ask you when I heard that line, is <laughs> is it still going? Can you still get things on know. eBay? I actually is haven't that tried the for a while because I was so concerned about being quarantined and not going to Oregon. Like, I better not spend my money on toys. That is true. Are we social distance warriors? Is that what we are? Because I think we are. But here so we go. Yeah, that's what we are. But we're going to go uh, with these two books. One I liked a little better than the other, and the oh. one that I liked is the first one here, which is that, Eric. That is Teen Titans number 40, written by Adam Glass and Robbie Thompson, with art by Eduardo Pensico, Julio Ferreira, Marcelo Maialo, and Rob Lee. Elias is about to start a war on heaven now that he's got a fistful of genie rings, and to stop him, our Teen Titans are going to have to kill themselves so they can traverse hell and take the back way to purgatory so they can release their teammate Jin and hopefully get some kind of firepower in this fight against evil. Too bad that Jin doesn't seem happy to be rescued, and also, looks like our heroes may have just died a little too much here because they can't come back. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. That is a spicy meatball. And you end up here where, <laughs> is yeah, it? T- to me, yeah, it is. Because uh, you're in heaven. That's a spicy meatball. Or <laughs> hell, but you do see heaven as well. Oh. Uh, with that, though, I-, I didn't like the way this was played out with the whole, well, we'll go the back door of purgatory because when you get to it, they're really not going to go that much into it. You end up going to hell, get, open a door, get in a maze, and then open another door and you're in purgatory. Uh, I- to me, it was very that's quick. That's some Sam very- stuff right there. And it's very pushed to be what it is. But there are some good moments, especially where Damien knows exactly where to go because he went to hell when Not he died. Not only does and he that's... know exactly where to go, but he still has a camp ready from when he went to hell when he died the first time that he still has stuff set up where he fought off demons the whole time. Yep, so he has things down there. He has it planned. It's like one of those where Batman always plans for, you know, things. Damien, he's been to hell, and he's planned to go back there uh, the next time. And, yeah, you end up having a supernatural reference from Roundhouse, of course, because we love him, and you love the supernatural, so that's cool. So when you do have this, though, you go, and you're going to get, in my mind, you know, Robbie Thompson has taken over. We had the Robin's 80th anniversary, or he even had that thing leading into the annual coming up. That will be his big thing to start off. And then we go into the run with him and Adam Glass. We've liked what he's done. A lot of people haven't, but we've liked it. For the most part. But you end up where maybe this is Robbie Thompson kind of doing a little more. I I would guess that at this point, you're going to have him try to get things more because he's going to be the one going. I still think this is part of Adam Glass's story because this is where he's left. Like, you know, this is where he was going the entire time. To go back to for a page have well i made these chemicals to kill all of you guys i mean we've had this over and over with damien and it just seemed to me like here we go again you have kid flash flip out i can't believe you you jerk and same thing that we always have and it seems odd for adam glass to just keep dipping his foot in that pool over and over and over and over Uh, but then it's just wiped away Huh, you mean you don't have a way to take care of me? And then they just, uh, we've had this before. Yeah. We, we, but why bring it up again? Why would Damien again because say? Because the thing is, we need a way to kill our, our friends and also have a way to bring them back. I'm saying the idea of Kid Flesh, you're unbelievable, man. He's like, I assume you all we've have things for lot. me. But we've had the idea. Why would Damien say, I assume you all have a plan to stop me if I ever go rogue? We've talked about it with these characters five times already. They've already said all those times that they don't. 
It, it, this is another t- – Damien, forget things because this has been the major problem that we've had for three years and he keeps saying the same thing when it's brought up. All you have to do is say, I have these chemicals that I made right now. Let's go and not go back to the same thing again and then have Damien act clueless again. Well, I thought you had something for See, me. That's the thing. You know, actually, that was I, don't, the thing. I don't know if they actually dealt with that too much here for it was the first Teen Titans team that he had that walked away because he did have a freaking contingency plan we, against the whole time. We've had it over and over with the things with his plans and what he wants to do and why he keeps things. It just, to me, it felt so off and so surface level again that a guy like an Adam Glass has been on this book for this long. I don't think he would go with that. I don't know. I don't know what Robbie Thompson's writing, not writing. thing is, Adam Glass ain't talking crap about Titans anymore. I ended up asking him two questions and tweeting a, a pretty good score of your review. He ain't touching it. He's done. I think that he has already <laughs> Time to sailed move on. That, that ship has sailed. Uh, I yeah, never looked back. So you, you get this. And even with that, I, I don't mind the idea of like, you know, okay, we'll do whatever it takes because we want to get Jin back. Again, a little force, but you do have that going on. Well, we um, want to get Jin back. Well, they do. But again, it, all in all, I don't really get much of like a Kid Flash having anything connected with Jin, even in this long run. They really didn't do. And Adam Glass himself didn't really set up anybody but Crush and Damien to really care anything about Jin. So to actually put yourself to die, I think it might be a little bit stretching it. But you still, they end up doing it because they're on the team. Because we're heroes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, they're just still arguing, though, which threw me off. Well, and it, it ends the idea with of getting one there, we, we do have to die. The biggest part about this whole thing that was a forced idea that I didn't see before ever mentioned was the idea that the realm that Jin is in when she's inside a ring is purgatory because it's Which we did become, have that before. No, I, I don't remember that being that, a thing yeah. until last issue when they talk yeah. about how we have to get to purgatory. Oh, that's where she's at, purgatory. We got to um, go yeah. to hell to get there. I'm like, that well, is the biggest forced part of my mind. Forced part? How about the idea that they're going to die, but they won't take Jakeem because he doesn't have powers you don't have powers when you're dead they're in hell you don't have you know all of a sudden kid flash we also need someone dead. to revive them though and they're trusting a kid they just met three minutes ago that's my other part of this there is a lot of force set up they have no idea who he is they've never met him he just showed up last issue they've known him maybe three minutes and they are actually putting their life on his shoulders when you could just have roundhouse or something you know you want to end up having these moments with these characters and now but i think that they would have left somebody a damien i don't think would trust a jakeem who he just met three minutes ago to be the guy who pretty much is going to make sure they don't die and then it seems like Jin does something it gets all messed up anyway but they do end up going to hell jakeem there right when they die and he's scratching his head. I'm like, they are in big trouble. There's your key. Oh, yeah. and, and then the whole just, plan. Sorry, of Jakeem kill. doesn't have a uh, genie anymore. It's just like he has a medical degree to figure out how am I going to bring all these well, people and I back? I like the thing, too. It's it's the plan is, okay, we're going to die, but it takes a while. But you also, it seems like, have to move us to another room, set us up to equipment. I'm like, you are really trusting this kid. We know who it is, but they really don't. And they well, trust him. we don't him. know how much they know about Jakeem because he did show up. It seems like he's been in this universe. So that's that situation where we do have a guy who has a genie even though it doesn't make sense for what we've Last dealt with issue, like, they didn't seem to know who he was they didn't I'm, I'm seem to though, be like oh up, man there's that guy th- let's say they might not know but i'm saying somebody like a damian wayne he might have a database going on from what batman about metahumans and genie he doesn't powers. really say that or doesn't really spell out a lot of him knowing him or trusting him it just to me you just want to get the team in hell so you're going to yeah. use that it just felt forced to me uh but they they wake up and 
hell. And really, to me, this this whole issue, I don't know, it's kind of surface level. You're going to be in hell. You're going to end up going through a maze. You're going to see your worst things. And Damien had been in hell and said, Well, this is a problem. I, I was really into the idea of finding out that Damien Wayne did go to hell when he died. So, so he does know what the deal is once you get there. And the idea that... We have to go through a labyrinth, but the whole thing about hell before we get to the gates of hell, when you go through this labyrinth of guilt, it's going to show you all your deepest fears. We got do have to reiterate. It's good for a jumping on point in my mind for a lot of new readers who don't know these characters as well as you and I do, where you are recapping things that we have dealt with. The idea that, you know, Kid Flash, he's scared of becoming a villain just like his father was. You know, the idea of Emiko killing Slade and becoming just as bad as her mother and stuff like that. Roundhouse and his guilt of his sister dying and stuff like that. These are things we have dealt with a lot over this whole course of the run. It's good for the recaps. The idea of, look, you're going to go to hell. you got to deal with these fears. You know what you're going to get because this is what we've dealt with. I actually I, – I think that it's a misplay with Damien. I, I think there could have been something a lot better than seeing the standard racial goal because to me, you're seeing it right now. His greatest fear is he's going to die again and go to hell. I think that this actually shows of him trying to make that progression. More than that. I, I, I think it's more that he has even shown, even when you had parts of this run where, you know, oh, my God, I saw your future and you're awful, things like that. And it seems to really affect him. I think that him in hell, I would have loved that the reveal of him being in hell before would have been when they go through all this nonsense and they're all having problems like, Hey, wait a minute. We didn't see you dealing. But why didn't you have anything? And he's like, I already went through this. I, I've been here. And this is my biggest fear is coming back here again when I. this is what I'm trying to be a better guy. It's one of the weirdest parts of the idea where he did end up going to hell, but he never made it through the gates of hell specifically like, you know, to the end realm because he pretty much just held up camp outside and just killed off the demons that came for him and then was brought back. We don't know how long he was end up, you know, staying there for how hell time works, but the the whole thing is like, you know, was he a better person when he, like, before he died? Because he was a sniveling little, a jerk when he was, you know, before he came. When the Batman and Robin book came out, he did make a big progression. Yes, he killed nobody. That's a bad move right there. It pretty much makes you hellbound when you murder people. But he made a great progression to become a better character. He died, he went to hell, he ends up coming back, and we thought that this guy, right, here's the turn right now, he's going to become a better person. But he has been making that slide back. Even the ideas that he has right now about, you know, keeping villains in dungeons, remaking their minds with magic. This is all hellworthy offenses in my mind that's going to put him right back here. But he also thinks that he's right with this whole thing. And that Batman, who is the biggest hero we know, who doesn't kill people, he thinks that Batman isn't going far enough in his war on crime. And and the thing that I well at the, wiping minds that might not get you to hell. Uh, he has killed Altering people. That's what gets you to hell. Yeah, but that's, I don't see that as a ten will. commandment. You know, thou shall not kill is, and he did it. I would have actually liked as we saw this if this was the end game were? here. Uh, no, you're still not dead. I mean, I'm telling you that means like a psychiatrist that actually keeps somebody from being having a split personality. Then they go to hell because they are changing somebody into something they actually aren't and trying to help them. But, you know, Damien's not trying to help. But the thing with it is I would have loved to have had a progression into this, this whole deal. So obviously I don't think that this play of, hey, I was in hell, this was not something that they thought of two years ago. Uh, Because I would have loved to have had a progression of finding out like, hey, I'm going to follow Damien. He keeps leaving and doing something weird and finding out that he's going and confessing or he's going to church and things because of him being freaked out so much that he went to hell. it's one of those things we talked about the idea when during the Batman run of Tom King's where they talked about, you know, Batman being an atheist. I've read stories where you went 
to heaven and stuff yeah. like that. He like you were going all over the place still. My your son was in hell and stuff like that. Like like yeah. how religious are our heroes after these experiences? Yeah. Well, I would have liked to have had the idea that a Damien Wayne probably did not believe in heaven and hell. That's kind of how he goes, and then he ends up in hell. All of a sudden, this is like I got to change. I would have liked to have seen on an aside that he is trying to do something so that doesn't happen. You know, Damien. Anyway, he's going to do whatever. He'll go with any religion, he whatever it takes. He would do it. But I do like the kind of idea that isn't really played out, but I like to think it is that when he went into hell and didn't go through the whole thing and he ended up fighting off demons, he went to that bit. I love the idea that he trusted Batman that much that he ended up saying, "Okay, I'm going to hold up here. And I'm just going to wait because my dad will come and get me. My dad is going to save me. I don't know where he got that mattress. Yeah, I know. But still, I love that (laughs) concept that he's like, I'm not going to go fully because – my dad's going to save me. He's my dad. And I love him. He loves me. He's going to do whatever it takes. He, I'm not Jason He's Batman God for crying out loud. I'm <laughs> Damian Wayne. He's going to come for me. And uh, I really Robin, like that. And it's not, it's not played out. And that's what I was going to say. You did have when he came back, he did try to atone, yeah. you know, for some of the things. So he did in a weird way that to me doesn't get you out of hell. It, it just is like makes his conscience better, but he still killed some people. I think he better get to a confessional right quick because now this is the second time in hell we gotta got get one of those one curses coming. that you know carter hall has about regenerating you know really? like you know the resurrections for him to, yeah. like to clear out the people that he killed and stuff like that because and, we had that year of blood it's not even about killing nobody when he like he killed so many people oh, growing up yeah uh, tons i mean he ended up saying at points where he would have lessons where he would behead seven people just to train how to swipe his sword one way i mean he was bad him and cassandra they might as well just set up hotel <laughs> there they're both going to be there together uh it would have been a cool deal too because this is something where i mean really you are going to hell in in the dc comic there's a lot of things you can play with it goes too quick for me that's my biggest complaint about this issue is you do go into this labyrinth you have these things that is recap but you don't get to play with stuff that you might never get to do especially with these characters the big thing here that that. we deal with besides the idea that we find out that damien went to hell and the progression in my mind for these flashback ideas of what people fear we do have emiko decide her to herself by seeing what's going on in her own fear so like she is in love with kid flash so that that's going to be like done and done she knows at this point that she is in love with him she's afraid that he might die because of like her being who she is and stuff like that and we have the idea that crush is afraid of herself that was kind of the weakest one out of all of it but it's Luke Skywalker and yeah. Dagobah in the tree. That's all it is. And when she does it, though, that is kind of cool because you kind of get the idea that, oh, you know, she's afraid of Lobo. She's more, in my mind, it's not just herself, but it is you know, afraid of what she was made to be and she's never going to overcome. It's okay. Well, she it's made okay. To be. well, she ends up being a monster. I mean, she's Lobo's daughter and she's She's half sorry and she's no, fine. I'm saying, she's look got at some her. anger issues. No, she's got worse than that. And I think that that's the problem that you had in all these books. You even have it with Kid Flash, with Reverse Flash. She is afraid of what she's going to become because of not knowing her mom is and her dad's Lobo, all that stuff. Uh, that's what I think. It was played out okay. But it's it's just generic stuff it ends up being you know roundhouse's sister we've had this already we get it i fully expected it though i thought he was going to see his sister there find out she wasn't so great she went to hell (laughs) she wasn't so great so he doesn't have to feel bad but that's not the case Uh, (laughs) i end up where she's you know you you got me killed all that stuff again i do like some of the lines from roundhouse earlier where he's like if i die my mom's gonna kill me that's a classic (laughs) roundhouse line and likes you know 
He's uh, always the, good. He likes Sam and Dean. So Who yeah, doesn't? and we like him. A lot of people hate him, but yeah. How so could you he, hate Roundhouse? I don't know. People just hate him because they think like he's a worsting character. Uh, yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, you see a little of what's going on in heaven. I'm not concerned about that at all. It's well, even very... the stuff with heaven. It's just so kind of generic. The idea that we have this big gate here. There's Saint Peter, and there's a whole line of thing. Even when you have the whole thing where I don't even know what the rules are, because we have Elias who has, like I said, a fistful of genie rings at this point. He's got one on each of his fingers, not including his thumb. We have seven genies behind him when he wants to go and attack. We have a fallen angel, Elias, here, who's kind of a demon character, who's going to attack heaven because he has the power now. I'm like, why didn't you bring Jin out of this as well? I'm like, you know, because you have seven of the eight genies behind you. I'm like, and the thing is, like, you know, all these random characters, there have been other genies in DC's continuity, and I don't think we're going to deal with any of those or all this for no one, but I just don't know why you're not dealing with Jin in this as well. Now, that's kind of the thing, though, is like I said, when you go to hell, th- there's a lot of stuff you could deal with, and they kind of just deal with their own things to recap, but then you finally do get, and, and you get too quick to purgatory. I mean, you go through pretty much a, a maze, and then you're there with the door to purgatory, which they say the gate to hell is not guarded well, because nobody wants to go in there. I no. understand that. But people in hell would want to get the purgatory. That's at least somewhere that you're not getting burned on the feet and rolling up the, the rocket things. You're just kind of sitting there. So bored, but still, yeah, you're purgatory. You're just sitting there waiting out your time. And uh, they do just go through and you have Jin like, oh, no, you know, you, you I, I told, told you, you not, not to come, come here. You and end it's up too having late Jakeem. anyway because you're already yeah, dead. Jakeem is, is desperately trying to, you know, administer the stuff. But you do see the flat line. But she ends up, Jin does do something. She ends up doing the wuzza wuzza uh, as they're Since yelling. Point, so you think they're sending the souls back to the bodies at that point? No, no. I think that she's doing something to protect them. And I think that this is all just her deal because they need to kind of officially die to continue on here with her possibly. The wuzza and wuzza. stop Elias and stuff. The wuzza wuzza. Uh, but yeah, the problem is you better have Jakeem there. You watch, you get those bodies on ice. They're going to start rotting if <laughs> I they just take like to too think, long So you now. think there's a wuzza wuzza going on, a little bit of whammy put no, on the body. she does do something. So- she ends up it, shooting them with with some of her wasa wasa yeah, yeah. their yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that is what she's doing to Just make what, it. It's like to imagine now we're like, okay, the people are dead. They don't have a heartbeat, but it's still okay because of the wasa wasa magic. And the Jakeem's like. Better go bury these bodies. To bury the bodies. Jakeem is looking and running. He is not. He's like, I don't want to get blamed for this crap. I'm out of here. It's almost and like he just that runs. episode of Harley Quinn, though, where freaking they go like Cyborgman goes to freaking kill them because they're all inside the mind of Harley and their bodies are just laying there. Oh, no, they're all dead. We better get rid of the bodies. I think something's going to go wrong. But yeah, I, I think that what ends up being explained then is like it's going to be two seconds between. And they even said at one point, well, our heart will stop and whatever. I think yeah, we got some book just, of the damned magic going on. Yeah. Yeah, well. I, I think that that's all. All it is is the wizza wizza, and they're going to end up being able to stay because the whole idea of this was going to be let's grab Jin and get the hell out. You're going to have to take more time because now they're going to have to go Elias. All and that even stuff. that whole so idea, I think like, how do we is. get out at this point? Because we have to get her out of purgatory. She doesn't exactly have a body to go back to like no. everybody else. So I don't even know what you do. They like, didn't really have much of a plan we, we once they got the there, right? Between hell and purgatory here, is that enough? I, I don't know. 
I'm telling you what they're going to do. They need Kiefer. Where's Kiefer Sutherland? He knows how to flatline. Get what's him in here. Let's find out what's going on. My tagline was flatliners. Yeah, that's that's what we need. But yeah, I think that this is just the wizza wizza, Eric, is to end up making it, you know, so you have more time to go fight the whole deal in heaven, which I, I like, too, that Damien's like, well, you don't want to try to get into heaven. I mean, that thing is got And then you just kind of probably going to show how easy it is for Elias. go and, down and stuff like that. Let's we'll yeah, see how powerful. Is with stuff. all these genies, but yeah, I think that when they end up getting up to the gates of hell, they're going to be racked and they'll be able to walk in them as well because oh, they're going to have to stop Alea. Yeah, when they get to heaven, when because it's going to all just be wrecked down and they're going to have to. The save thing them. is, I, I don't like the idea of doing all this supernatural kind of stuff, a theology or kind of because then you're really putting something down like this is what heaven and hell are. I'm like, that's going yeah, a little bit too far cares. in my I, mind. All I wanted was they're in there, they're looking. There's Roy. He's walking around in hell. He was a piece of crap eric he's down now, there now he's you start, upset oh, no 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 now you start saying <laughs> stuff like that where all of a sudden like the gates of heaven are open or hell whatever you want to say that roy is because i love roy yeah. but like all of a sudden he can come joking. back yeah that's what i'm saying maybe we could do it all here you bring back maybe roy and lagoon boy you love the lagoons boys right. i know but yeah so uh all this heaven and hell stuff it, it does get a little you know Kind of, you roll your eyes at some point because they. The other thing is, Hell's they'll never. Fine. For some reason, heaven's just well, off limits in my mind. And that's the thing when do. you do this, though. You, the writers never want to fully go with it. I think that one of the only ones who it always really comes would, off silly. I don't know. It why. would be Grant Morrison, I think, that would go full out to, to say that hell is the, the mind great, right here. heaven's nonsense, whatever it would be. The others try to go generic because they don't want to piss anybody off, and so we'll see what goes on and how that works. Even though an old Saint Peter just hanging out. There. Your name's not on the list. I'm like, I don't need your nonsense. Stop. Did this. you like that he ends up saying, Hey, I don't I don't see who you are, buddy? I'm like, that don't sound like no St. Peter that I know. Hey there, buddy boy. <laughs> Dude, how many St. Peters do you know? One. The real one, Eric. I, I died for three seconds. You You've didn't never know lived. that. I would have been in hell. I haven't lived. I, it would have been funny though. He's like, hey there, bro. And like, what's going on? He's like a lost boy. He he evolves with the times now. And he's like, hey, there. I there you, Corey you, Feldman. you one of them newsies? That's what he's doing, you know? Hey, I was at the moon shop. That's St. Peter, right? He's just become guy kid. Hey, anybody here find out that cure for the hepatitis? I've been having a real big problem up here. Like, that's the sort of thing you don't want to have in a story about heaven, Eric. People get angry. People get real angry that St. Peter has hepatitis. But who knows? You know what? Theater of the mind it is, Eric. So there you go. You don't want any parts of that, do you? Don't. You don't want to be involved in uh, the no. idea that uh, St. Peter's like, hey, I got stage 28 of the gonorrheas. You know what that is? Just being a saint. And that's what you do, Eric. That's the 28th really? stage of gonorrhea. Really? Just being a saint. That's what I heard. Yeah. No, I'll say, say you have the gonorrhea. It's the problem. I'm telling you. That's why you have to get. not playing this game. No, you, you don't want to play along, oh, Eric. You, you don't. This is why the saints in North, they have so much problems with free agents. You go there, you, be, you get gonorrhea. That's what happens. And that's more because of just downtown New Orleans. That's what happens. But it all makes sense now, Eric. It all wraps just making around. everybody angry yeah, yeah hey there down in the big easy that's what it is it is the big easy everybody's big getting the, the gonorrhea easy. that's what's it's a little too easy down there eric but hey you, you, <laughs> you spent a lot of time in new orleans have yeah, you? yeah yeah that is a hot take <laughs> that's a hot take you, you've been served there new orleans 
How about that there? You're on what, do notice. They, what do they call that whiskey alley down there or something? Yeah, you throw the beads to the one person, you throw the gunnery to the other. That guy's got hepatitis A through C. You got it all. I don't know what's uh, happening anymore. Oh, my. That's the thing. The corona heads down to New Orleans. It turns right the hell around. They don't want to deal with that. There's too much shit going on in New Orleans. It doesn't want to get sick. So you end up with all of this going on. And really, it is a lot of recap for people to jump on. It's still done well, though, because I'm telling you, we're progressing with some of the stuff, like the idea of like Kid Flash and like fearing his father and stuff like that. Even the visuals you get here, I actually think, are really good, even because you are you are always known at this. You've always known at this point that Kid Flash is afraid of becoming his father, a villain, the whole thing. But now, when you actually get to see him next to his father in this weird hell-like dream state, almost like Bill and Ted's bogus journey, like zombies, where he is putting on the persona of being evil, just like his father. I'm like, all right, that's a cool visual. I actually am enjoying all the stuff that you are doing with the recap though and continuing on with stuff like emiko being in love with kid flash yeah yeah uh what'd you give it i end up giving an eight out of ten i like the art and i think the teen titans in hell is a really cool story it's just whenever we deal with heaven and even purgatory to being forced out of nowhere being the realm it just it doesn't work as well but i still think the story is really cool and it actually got me really on board with the gin war not to mention i have confirmation that debut went to hell when he died yeah, that I love. Uh, please tell me that when they do go to fight Elias in heaven, you, highway to heaven, you have as your uh, title there, your header. I'm going to give it a Depends. seven five. Uh, what is that? What you're wearing now because you don't have toilet paper? Depends. I no, know, no, no, no. Times are ahead. tough. Times are tough. Uh, but yeah, I'm giving it a seven five. I, I like some of the things. It's just it's recap for people who know. You know, the things, and even as you see it going on, you even say to yourself, okay, we're going to have Roundhouse with his sister. Okay, we're going to have Kid Flash with his dad. But it does play out better on some. And the Kid Flash stuff did play out better than I thought it was going to be. And I like just you said, you find would tell out somebody, well, somebody would tell Emiko, I mean, that Slate's alive. Also, nobody ever wants to tell a plan or things like that. You have Jin who can yell, oh, my, I told you not to come, but now I got a wonky wonky you so that you live. Eh." You know, but it's for a cliffhanger. So we'll see. Poor Jakeem, though. He gets thrown in. He doesn't have his genie. He doesn't have the thunder. And and now it looks like he's an accessory to murder. Somebody's going to come into there. They're going to think everything is him there. And he's just going to get arrested. But we'll see. But you end up with the last issue. I know. Have mercy. You end up with the last issue here. And usually the last issue is an issue that we don't like that much or whatever. And yes, that's why this is so last, Eric. Have- it's Nightwing number 70. And that's what we have. Usually the last issue is the shade issue. Written by Dan Jurgens, art by Ryan Benjamin, Scott Hanna, Rain Barreto, and M World Design, and I'll slice it. The Joker <laughs> World is coming. Our Joker, Joker War. War? Oh, the Joker oh. War. Listen Dang. to you. You fumbled so much in that Teen Titans deal, and I didn't hit anything. I swear to God, it was fumble rooski all over the place. Joker War is coming, so we have to get everyone on board Nightwing with an issue that is 90% recap, 10% Joker, and 100% bullshit. If you have been loyal to this book, you are rewarded this month with finding out things like Dick got shot by KG Beast. Sapienza got the Nightwing squad to put on the Nightwing costumes, and Rick has two sets of memories. After reading this, I am like Rick and have a massive headache. And there you go. And yeah, this is if you're if you've been reading this book. You don't have to read this issue. And there's there's times we what say What are you that. talking about? The Joker has the identity crystal. It's imperative to what's going to happen. So how about this? I show you <laughs> the cliffhanger. Save right. yourself some money. Because this is one of the... And you just said about Teen Titans. Yeah. You ended up having recap, but it was done in a clever way. Well, even Earlier this, on... This is what the recap thing. that we have here. It's even done wrong. We're freaking Zach's talking about stuff that he had. A, hey, you know, you know that, that talent that messed me up pretty bad. The other one that messed you up pretty bad. 
bed? That was the cabbie. I'm like, how would you know that? You've been in the hospital the whole time. The only person that knows this is Hutch. Yeah, he's been in the hospital. He wouldn't know this. The <laughs> other thing about it is even the uh, Batman, Batman that we talked about at the beginning section, Eric, wink, wink, you end up where that had a kind of a clever way. You do have to come up with ways to make this recap a little clever so that there's a reason to have it. Not stuff like, what do you mean? Sapienza, the guy who gave us the Nightwing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You end up with Dick, Rick Grayson, who you have a neat little set piece at the beginning. doesn't mean anything. You end no. up having him with that new costume, whatever. He's it, just getting okay. back from Switzerland. I'm like, yeah, okay, he's just that's getting back. Cool. So he's, it, it's funny, too. At least he, at this point, knows to grab onto the bottom of a helicopter because in the New 52, <laughs> the when he evil. ended up going from Forever Chicago. Evil in the deal, he was swinging Chicago like Spider-Man with Zaz in tow, swinging through city after city. It made no sense. Uh, but yeah, so you have this, and he's coming back. Okay. So you end up getting what him is, back. Like, what are these cross helicopters being able to grab a hold of from, like, uh, getting from Switzerland to freaking You know Haven. that it's the Trans-Switzerland Helicopter Company here. So you have him going into Bloodhaven. He gets back. So but Cool it's right away. Though. I like the costume. I see people hating it. I like it. Uh, they like, hey, Not my, my name, Nightwing. My name's Richard Grayson, and I'm a mess. I'm like, boy, you have never been Whatever, more true. Whatever, man. We're getting back to Blake. Richard Grayson. I'm like, at least it doesn't say Rick here. We're yeah, getting closer. Well, no. Later on, B calls him Rick. And he goes, yeah. but, so he's like, oh, my entire blank slate. Oh, no. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if anybody has heard this, but I got shot. I, Listen And you just go through I have these two conflicting deals. memories now. I had these goggles put on where I think I I was raised a town, but then I have these other memories where I was raised by Batman. But you know what? Those memories, for some reason, a little bit harder to grasp right now. I'm like, all right. It's just like we, we got to the idea before where your memories were split. You didn't know what's real. But for some reason, the ones that we want to get back to it, kind of hard to grasp those memories right now. A little wispy. Wispy. I also like the Come idea on, because Rick. you have you, you can't correct me anymore and i do it for you I know so. j- just to end up being so people know but they they pretty much given up on the beast it's back to kgb so people know i got I, shot by kgb the beast is fine but the kgb is that's so how you much know cooler. the deal yeah I, I, but every time i would say okay it's the beast but now uh, they're going, KGB. But yeah. see i had this memory crystal we have no idea what it is well, you end up having his doctor we do know what it is because even in the last issue with dr hash you talked about the whole idea like well Look, I have this identity crystal here. Pretty much, I can make you think anything I want. But we don't with know this how this works. We don't know if it's somebody who wears it can control well, you with it or I whatever. I like to imagine that we could have had the whole thing where you know Dick was brought back to the idea of the talons and court of hours or rah rah grape. If that guy would have been, oh man, I better go. He's not. He's not. I better go blow this castle up because he's not working with this identity crystal right away. I'm like. This might have been all fine if it wasn't for that one guy. I say fine, you know, for the bad guys to win, but this all would have been like good for the court of odds that one guy just didn't blow up the castle out of nowhere last issue, killing Dr. Haas that, and leaving that guy Nightwing ended up with jumping the, the thing and then well Haas ended up in the river and he couldn't <laughs> save her. Uh, but yeah, the, the guy he really jumped the conclusions. But the idea like so the weird. crystal. Do you put the crystal on and then you but you know, you have a Rick Grayson well, who look, doesn't know his memories. Issue, so the whole thing, if I I don't know how the Joker would know anything by the end. Even I don't even know how the Joker got from point A, B and see this whole thing. He talked to Sapienza, ended up going and blowing up some guy's face who Nightwing had just saved and then got to Nightwing's apartment. I'm like, how are you getting this information? And then seeing the crystal, but like, 
He is knowing everything that he needs at any given time. He's going to know everything about the identity crystal going forward. I guarantee it. Yeah. Well, the Joker's one of those guys in this is that he, he keeps putting in the wrong directions into the GPS, but it still knows where he wants to go and takes him where he is because it points to, hey, Sepians, where is he? I don't know. Okay, well, I'll go find where he was. There he is. Hey, where is he? I don't know. And then he just ends just up crawling through a window. Just we have Nightwing just getting back from Switzerland, going across town in Bloodhaven, jumping rooftops, ending up saving a guy in the Joker <laughs> running into that guy. Eh, and then him following a cigar. Nightwing to his And this is the thing. He didn't even see Nightwing in this whole thing. He didn't see Nightwing save him. So it's like, well, what do you think about them Nightwings? Huh, I think they're great. Well, you know what? You're wrong because there's only one Nightwing. I'm going to blow your face up. Did you just say Get they? educated. <laughs> And it's funny, too, because like you said, he gets saved by Rick. He's not dressed like Nightwing. So this kid wouldn't even known that that was a Nightwing or anything. going to be Bennett's freaking uh. apartment. Like, that's the thing is, we talk about what the other Nightwings know and they don't know. They know that Cabby, you know, he's might be more than he says he is or remembers he is. So the idea that we did have Sapienza get tortured by the joke, he had his face freaking burn up on a freaking stove, became all two-faced about it. I'm like, does Sapienza, is he a really good detective? And he knows everything. Look. You really want to get that Rick Grayson. He lives over here above the prodigal bar with his girlfriend, B. Bennett. Just the idea that it's not even Rick's apartment. It's B. Bennett's apartment. So, and the Joker's just coming in through the window. He, he comes in. He, you know, he's a second story Word man. The coming through going there. around. Well, there is. Uh, but you end up, like you said, you end up with eight pages of recap to start it off sure with do. Rick Grayson. We, we know all this. And so it's boring. It is and to wrong. get, oh, it's bad. And you are trying to get people on board to know what's oh, yeah, going on to go we to the Joker War. We have prelude to the Joker yes. War. This is going to bring people if on board. If Rick Grayson is not in the Joker War, I will be so mad. Plus, Let's- do you need to know all of this to get to the Joker War? This is trying to get really, really into it as if... Well, you don't need to know all this for the Joker War, but when you stay on after the Joker War is over, you're going to need to know this. Do you really think somebody's <laughs> going to stay on because of this crap? People do not like this book. It is selling the worst that a Nightwing book has sold ever, it seems. Uh, you know, I'm I, saying, though, this Nightwing's been a tough sell for a long time. It's not down to this. It, it's getting towards like 16,000. That is awful. And uh, again, though, it's right with a Batgirl and a Jason Todd that are heading to the tens, which there's a lot that of problems awful. going on. Uh, but people are waiting to jump on this book, not because they need to get recap of what happened. This is the shit they hate. They, you don't want to be recap of what you hate. What they want is a recap of I'm Dick Grayson again. And I know who I am. Boom. Though the book has been stale, all this rebirth anyway. So I just need at least a little Dick Grayson Nightwing. Blood didn't do it for you? No, he has to get out of there. I say, send him to Hollywood with those butt cheeks. You end up going with that. But I want some Dick Grayson Nightwing back before we have a change, if we are going to get to a 5G, whatever it would be. But if you're going to age them up, please give us a little Nightwing, not this, and not recap. Jim, just go and read Batman Beyond then. We know what's going to happen to Dick Grayson 35 years from now. I know what's going to happen to him in this book. Nothing, because he doesn't do anything. In this book, you said he comes back from Switzerland. (laughs) He ends up recapping anybody. You know, even make it clever. Who the hell is he talking to? (laughs) He's there saying, like, hey, everybody. Yeah, he's talking to himself about everything that he knows and has been talking to himself. No, I don't sit there and like, yep. Grew up in Warminster, you know, really proud of those days. And I ended up moving to quite, no. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I do do stuff like that just because I read so many. You do. Do, do. It's just because it's, I like to think to myself, like, imagine if my, it's it's usually one of those things where I'm sitting in a bar by myself. There's not a lot of people (laughs) in there. There's some jukebox going on. And I'm like, 
I'm pretending I'm the no no I, no I'm pretending that it's a monologue and I'm the main character of my own movie. I put the cameras over. You know what I'm saying is I'm crazy. You're doing and that. I get okay, bored yeah. easy. I just pretend I'm being interviewed and I'm like, no, no, I didn't realize that they were in the way of my car. See, I'm being interviewed when I'm arrested there because I'm a piece of crap. But no. So then you go back with the the Nightwing Squad again. People hate it. Me and you want more of the Nightwing yeah. Squad. I don't need, well, Zach, poor Zach, he spent 100, you know, percent of this whole thing in the hospital. He's this guy, fine. he has his own room, the, the whole wing, the Zach wing they have, because he's always there and his insurance is paying for everybody. But you have him here, and he knows things he shouldn't. He was in the hospital from the, you know, William Cobb attacking him. He went in. After that, you had Rick Grayson become the talent. Zach would not know this. I don't mind Colleen saying, hey, everybody, we got to get out. I want to retire from this Nightwing because that means she's a day from retirement. She is dying, like I say. And so she's like, I don't need this. Let's be Have you ever been right about that? Yeah, well, no, but I'm going to be right now. I I ended up, there are a couple of times that I say uh, that I've said that, but I'm telling you, the more she wants out, the more she's going to die. And Zach's the red herring. He just goes to the hospital. We're going to do it the Chicago way. She's going to the morgue, Eric, the Chicago way. So you're going with this. She's like, I just want to be, you know, a cop again. You know what I mean? Poor Hutch is there. I'm not a cop. I'm a firefighter. I wanted to be a cop. I like this Nightwing stuff. Stop it. But then, hey, by the way, there's only three of us here. Wasn't there a fourth at one point? Yes. yes. Alfonso Sapienza, the man Sapienza. who brought us together and found the uniforms. I, I love that. He's like, I don't know, but you know Sap. He's the one who gave us the uniforms I originally. I bet you he's out and about trying to find that Talon, and he he's is. taking this really personally. That William Cobb Talon, and like he went, he went into the river. Body was never found, which means he's still out there, and Sap's gonna find him. Yeah, right. I love that. He's the one that found the Nightwing uniforms and recruited us. <laughs> what is he telling us to? I, I would love for you to say something like that. I'd slap you right in the face. So you go then, and he is out and about. You get a Stop call. Threatening me. All units respond to Trumpeteer on Seventh, a dive bar that Sap the thought, thought was been down for years. And you know what? It has been. Where's all the units? They never get. They haven't there. gotten there yet. Did Joker call it in? Because you don't know, he's the only one who could have. Because there's two guys who well, are there's stabbed. two guys on the street. I'm sorry, you're outside walking your dog. You call the police, you get the hell out of there. Yeah, again, though, they're kind of, they're stabbed, and, but nobody's around. They're not calling. They're stabbed. Also, just the idea of them being, and, and the thing is, they are outside, so I don't know. I know that it would still be the trumpeteer or whatever, but it's a little less than that. And whatever, <laughs> whatever it would be. But he does go in, and he thinks, oh, Oh, this is the talent. But again, we're all units. Nobody ever responds. You also have a bar that it's been closed forever, but still you can turn on the grill at any time and grill yourself up a burger. So you have that. And he ends up getting, you know, freaking, like you said, two-faced. He gets his part of his face burned. Poor well, Seth. I don't know how he's going to explain that when he has to go back to his day job. Yeah, really. He's not going to be able to. And have we seen that day job in a while? And they, they've been mired in, you know, eternal darkness there. There ain't no day job. You end up where he does burn him. You're not the real Nightwing. We saw that that's what the Joker was mad about. So that's okay. And, and really, if anything is okay of this issue it is this stuff because this isn't recap this is new yes it goes to the joker war but i don't mind at least seeing something 
new and different. Uh, but like you said, it's all forced. We've spent so much now. We're halfway done the issue to get to something actually a little new. We don't have a lot of real estate left to actually no, tell a story the because is, of the recap. We just have Joker going to Rick. Like, I'm saying – that's the thing is, he goes from Al- Alphonse Sapienza, he says, I tell me what you know, which he doesn't know anything, ends up killing a guy that Nightwing saved on his way over to B's apartment, and this shows up at B's apartment. Like, I, there's no reason for him to get to this point. And you see that Nightwing, you end up seeing Rick Grayson this new custom. I guess again, I guess you want to make it so you got to go. Okay, oh, these new people still have to know that he still fights crime and he's a good guy. So he stops a kind of not a drug deal gone bad, but a a post drug deal gone bad with phony baloney money and stuff. It's just nonsense. And he just goes off. Then then Joker shows up. Hey, you see the night? It's so forced to get from one thing to the other. You end up seeing the headaches. He goes to see. B says, oh, no, I don't know my memories. You have everything in that. It starts recap again. Oh, man, the doctor's dead. I can't talk to Barbara because I don't trust her. I have the headaches. You're the only one I can trust because I, I met you afterwards. I don't know which memories to trust anymore. Let's go I get some aspirin. I'm telling you, he has more problems than just aspirin can take care of. Please get the Vicodin or something, B. I know you have it somewhere. But she ends up there. Oh, let me help you. And the one thing, the most important well, well, thing right well, now. What do we have here? The party was... Or hasn't even started yet, but this shiny little trinket will make the Patsy Bash even more interesting. Like, it is just a crystal necklace. What is this thing that you think? Like, how do you know the it looks identity like a crystal necklace or something? He's like, ooh, somebody's in a good I mood. I used to have something like this kind of yeah. thing. It was just clear. It's one of this those one new age nonsense. You probably thought your spirit was in there. Pendulum, stupid. Yeah. So you end up. I was that when you were a witch priest. You end up with all this stuff going on, and like I said, no, it was before you, that. Actually, you end up having the Joker. He's a second floor man. He's going in the window. It seemed weird. But yeah, you end up having also, and I know it's kind of silly, but Rick Grayson, this is the most important thing. This is the thing that you know will be what brings you back and you're just leaving around but it is an apartment that you think it's safe but stop with the aspirin <laughs> start figuring out this crystal you have it you you heard what it was what it was supposed to be and you're just kind of playing around and not doing anything just walking around the city talking to yourself about what you were and what happened and boy as a prelude to the joker war it doesn't make any sense for the joker being in this apartment grabbing that crystal and saying oh man it's exactly what i but it is really cool seeing him wearing sapienza's nightwing costume uniform over top his shirt as he's breaking in i'm like that's cool which is pretty much to me that you know sapienza's dead also covered in blood yeah he's dead uh, I like to think it's the brains really of that bad. guy who has head blow up from that blow, like exploding that, cigar. Here's the thing. The exploding cigar scene, uh, Dan Jurgens does that very well. That was a well-done scene, but it's out of nowhere in this book that yeah. it does it. I just need something. And really, what I need is stop it. Get Rick Grayson the hell out of here. And I'm saying it just so the people, number one, can come back to this book that have been, or number two, put their money where their mouth is, because I know they ain't coming back anyway. They're they're, there, oh, when Dick Grayson comes back. The book, before Rick Grayson was selling 24,000, now it's down to like 18, 17. That's a year or so. That's not that, it wasn't selling great before. These people who claim they'll come back, I know they won't, so I want them to have to force the the deal. I want to see if they do come back, but I need something more than, well, what I really want is, we have a Dick, and really, when we get to Grayson back. I don't need the yep, I had my like I don't need recap then of you that too. And we will, but I want something new. Especially and I if Dan want Jurgens on the book still. 
I want him to just, and this is my thing that I want. I want Dick Grayson, get his memories back, say to B, I got to get out of Bloodhaven. This city is just nonsense for me. I have bad memories. I have all this. Let's go to Hollywood. She's like, no, no, my heart's here. He's like, all right, you keep your heart here. Sayonara, sucker. And then goes off somewhere and does something else. I want Nightwing to go back to Gotham because that was one of the coolest parts about people like Nightwing and Bloodhaven because it's his own city. But for some reason, having Dick back in Gotham, just another bat in the Bat family there. I'm like, I like that aspect. It always ends up where you end up like, hey, why isn't Batman joining in and stuff like that? I just, or maybe we even, the hell with it, cancel Nightwing. It's not even selling well. I have him get back to Robin. Say, you know what? I didn't have my memories. I'm kind of, you know, liking this Robin thing. Damien, you're done. You could be Nightwing. He goes in. I don't want to take Robin again. As a Nightwing. I'm just saying with Batman with Batman in the book and stuff like that, because this book isn't selling. Neither is back. Just get all of them together in a book that might sell because none of these side books are selling at all. And this one, I just don't understand what DC must be scratching our heads. I don't know why this book isn't selling anymore. Well, you just go on one little message board or Twitter and you'll see people hate this. People hate Rick Grayson. Don't think that a recap issue like this is going to get anybody to get onto this book. You've had 70 issues. You've now had it since, you know, issue 50, 20 issues of this where you could get anybody to jump on. They're not being, you know, held, you know, hostage that they can't. Nobody wants to. So stop it. Stop with this recap. People have sat with this book, don't need it. And it's just, it's a slap in the face. And that's why I gave it a five, five. I didn't give it an FU five or anything like that because I think the art's great. I, I love think it's the awesome. Art. Yeah. I, I think the art was real. And that's the problem is I'm looking at these, you know, spread pages of memories. I'm like, how dare you look good? Because <laughs> I hate you. You know, I hate what you're doing here. Uh, but yeah, you have so many things wrong in the recap, and that's what you can't do. That's the thing is, I, I'm going to give it a regular 5 out of 10 because I do like the art. It's not, a, it's not an FU 5, but the thing is, 9 pages of recap, 8 pages, whatever you said it was. But then we go to the whole prelude, the road to the Joker War, which I am interested in. I want to know how Joker's going to play into the Nightwing, but everything we deal with the Joker here, it's just a four situation that does not work for me at all because it's just, we need him to get here. There's no real explanation for it, and we also need him to know what an identity crystal is and how he's going to use it against our hero. I'm like, I, I don't know what you're doing here. Seriously, the Joker War is coming, four out of 10. <laughs> and his big thing that he's worried about is people are impersonating Nightwing. This is his big concern. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. That We even said it, it could. when we first saw it. No, not, not the idea of everything that is going on. And if we're going to go, you got to tie it in because the Joker War is happening in the Batman book with right now you have the designer. He's got a lot on his plate right now. And the Joker War coming up and he's just going to take an aside to go to Bloodhaven so that he can make sure that he ends up finding Nightwing so that he can kill these it's other fake like Nightwings. what we dealt with with the idea of death of the family with the thing is like all the rest of the the Bat Family make Batman weak. Now we've moved past that where we have the Bat Family. He knows all of the Bat Family. All these other impersonators are making them weak. We gotta get rid yeah, of them. Yeah, but the thing is he doesn't even know where Night... He shows up and nobody even knows where Nightwing is. He doesn't even get into the idea of, well, why is there uh, these four guys and where is that? He just keeps going around. You see Nightwing? You see Nightwing? He doesn't even ask somebody like, hey, when did Nightwing disappear? And things like that. Also, we play around with Joker knowing you know who people oh, he knows are everybody. as well so he would know that 
a Dick Grayson had been shot so he could assume that, you know, there's trouble there. It just nothing really clicks to me of it's just to get this book and get maybe the readers of this book. I don't think you're going to get much of Dick Grayson in the whole deal because it seems like punchlines coming to this book. I think he's just going to hand off that crystal, a little Statue of Liberty place. She's going to come back and then she's going to be the big bad with the crystal here. I don't think it's going to play out in the actual Batman book. Uh, I think that's more Batman Joker and things like that, but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah, you have punchline coming to this book. So she's got to be having some reason. And I think that's it where he does hand it off. But yeah, I'm, I gave it a five, five, maybe a four, five. Now he went down. I'll go down as well. But they just the idea though, I, I thought the art was great. And, yeah, really, and really the Dan Jurgens bit with the Joker and that kid and kids should have said, I don't like the stogies. I'm too young, even though he's buying drugs, but His still slappy. Yeah. Slappy. <laughs> so I, and I did like that. Like, what do they call you? Obviously, so, so, make so. Good decisions. And he's like, your name's so, so, so. I thought that was really well done. Those two pages there. Uh, but that's not what I come for my Nightwing book. I keep wanting to get something if we get, and, and you never get enough. I want some of the Nightwing squad, which we, we never get enough of that. And they're talking nonsense. They don't even go with what's really happening. But that's enough of that, Eric. But we're going to go right now. Is this your book of the week? Is that, are you going to surprise the world, shock the uh, nation? I'm pretty sure that everybody knows at this point it's not my book of the week. It might be. Maybe you're going to say uh, as we go into this next section that it's we're going to record day. right now, uh, Eric, that you're going to say, well, I'm going to go back and redo all my scores, and they're all three, so now I love this. This is but the end of the podcast. I know. Well, you can end up now saying that you're going back and saying, I, time out, I, all those scores you already my heard, Zach I'm not going to have it. You can change your scores now if you wanted to. You can say, hey, when I gave that Unkillable earlier, I ain't giving it that. Now I actually have decided against it. So yeah. I think what I'm telling you is Nightwing, everybody, is Eric's book of the week. But Weird. we'll go now to the book of the week. All right, Eric, and what is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie between Deceased Unkillables number two and Teen Titans number 40. Oh, my goodness. Really? A tie? A tie. It, was, it, was it a photo finish? As it they was say? a double Windsor. We don't have any sound effects right now. I got to make my own. That's a horse, Ed. I'm you giving sure my book Why of the, long the face, week. Jim? No, I just, my throat, it's a little hoarse, uh-huh. right? Uh, yes, why the long face? I'm giving it to the Unkillables. The Deceased Unkillables number two is my book of the week. But we're going to go at now and talk about what we're going to be having on the podcast next week. And there's going to be a lot more books. A bit this more. is the week that usually does hit hard. I have the six heavy reviews I have to do. And that's me giving a shout out to everybody else out there who wants say, to grab come on, them from come me. On. Come on, people, gather around. And maybe Jeremy will do Wonder Woman, and maybe Tom Felrath will do Action Comics. And maybe we'll I'll hit the lottery. Well, maybe. We have Action Comics number 1,021. We have Amethyst number two, a book that we were surprisingly excited That's to the read thing. That I, first I one. enjoyed the first one enough. I just don't have yes. high hopes for the rest of the series because no, you don't. it's one of those things like, all oh, right, I like that first one enough, and then the rest of the series just disappoints me completely. I do don't you think need that. that it's one of those that because it's you liked comics. it, it's gonna you, ruin you me. liked it so much that you were like, Oh, yeah, that's never going to get as good as that. I didn't like it so much, but I liked it just enough. And that right there is enough to kill me going forward. I know it. Can you sing a little High Hopes for me now that you said that? No, no, I cannot. High Hopes. I don't have High Hopes. Next is Batgirl number 45. I don't have High Hopes for that. Well, we are out of Unearth, hopefully, and we'll see what goes on. We also have Batman Beyond, Batman Curse of the White Knight number 8. And this is Batman Beyond number 42. 
Uh, about 40 issues long in the tooth. We have Batman Curse of the White Knight 8. That stops Finale. and ends that until the next one. Batman Superman number 8. And that's a book that I'm really concerned, but I'm kind of optimistic. I don't remember we get... what we're dealing with anymore. Oh, yeah. I'll oh, tell you I what remember we got. <laughs> we have those little Kandorians flying at them. That's tiny, kind of funny. Literally yeah. the Pusian Kandorians. Little, little Kandorians. We also have Detective Comics number 1021, the Two-Face story. The Code of uh, Two-Face. Yeah, Justice League Dark 21. And the big thing with that is to see how... Ram V or V Ram, whatever the heck it is, ends up doing as, you know, James Tynan goes off the book there. We have Legion of Superheroes number five, an issue that was delayed. Should have kept being delayed. Out. Well, six and seven are, so there you go. It's like a stay of execution for you, right? Is that what you think it no. is? Uh, I looked at it because we, we have gotten we looked at copies. Yeah, oh, I looked at it. No, I just looked at it and I'm like, okay, where's the art? All I see is word bubbles. Boom, boom. Red Hood Outlaw 44, so Eric. <laughs> Red Hood Outlaw 44. There you go. You know, we're trying we're to get you know, involved there. And I even said earlier, Red Hood and Batgirl, those books are dangerously getting close to maybe like a t- If those get to 10,000, that's when you know that the, the crap has hit the fan. I mean, I know that not everybody loves those, but... That's well, too um, low right, for so we, these we, ha- we have Artemis Mazzaro back, okay? We're, we're out yeah. of the unearth and back over. But besides for these aspects, just for you and me, what are we doing with these books? Well, what are we Nothing. doing with Red Hood this and Batgirl? This is the problem. Nothing. You know what we're doing? We're, we're biding our time. You are trying to fill in. You're, you're pretty much the kid with his finger in the dike in a non-sexy way. Oh. And so when you do that... It's just ending up treading water. I guess that the the DC and the editors just say, listen, just tell some story that really is inconsequential, but take your time doing it. That's what I think is going on. We have Supergirl 40. Uh, Suicide Squad number hey, four. Hey, hey, we're gonna we're gonna be out of the whole infected thing now, right? Yeah, and then and yeah, we're also gonna be out of Supergirl. <laughs> the book's ending. Uh, oh yeah, no, have, uh, I've run out of Supergirl. I think that what's going on is you're never gonna get out of the infected in the Supergirl book. Because you still have to resolve that by the time that gets resolved. I don't have to resolve anything. She's fine now. I saw it. Yeah, it's in the past. Uh, Suicide Squad is a weird book. Tom Taylor, obviously, our book of the week, and at least your co-book of the week, a Tom Taylor book. He's very popular when he's on the Batman cool stuff and yeah, everything. People like he him. Is. He's a nice guy. He's an Australian. He says to put a shrimp on the Blimey. bar at least three times a day. He eats Vegemite. And so you have the Suicide Squad book where he introduces the new team. I guess that's where he went wrong. And this is what we wanted. We wanted something new. We wanted that's some what we stakes. Wanted. Apparently, it's what nobody else wanted. The book is selling less than 20000 that doesn't make sense. It really You just does. wait till that Suicide Squad 2 movie comes out. Then it'll blow the roof off themselves. Am I right? Does not compute. That's what I thought. I actually, I thought there was something. The Suicide Squad, the first issue, I think, and this is off the top of my head, somewhere around 67, you know, around 60,000. It's a little low for a number one, but it, it isn't a huge thing. And then the next one was like 21. I thought there was something wrong. I thought that that was a misprint. I thought that, okay, we'll see the number three. It'll be, bit, you know, more than that, where it'll get around. Yeah. No, no, no. It went down. <laughs> I just don't get it. I really don't get the sales numbers for that book. But the next one is The Flash number 752, which you have that. And I think that maybe you thought you muted your mic there. Oh, like, I did. I, I, <laughs> oh, you did not. I did, Jim. Uh, I heard Yes, you. but well, we're doing things did. differently. Yes, that is true. We'll see. But yes, The Flash 752, you, you, you blew my mind. <laughs> I thought you were brand. 
Uh, 752 uh, Flash. We'll see how that paradox stuff goes, and we'll see if he's in heaven with his mama. <laughs> and then we also have <laughs> Wonder Woman number 754. Continuing the idea the that we can sit here. We're going to find out if Barry Evans in heaven and, with his mama. And we're doing this, and just as an aside, a little, you know, beyond the, uh, the curtain inside baseball stuff, how we're making the sausage. And, uh, we're recording this <laughs> as kind of a test because our stupid recording software went down again. Uh, but uh, the idea of the flash that's in the 20s now. Yeah, everything's th- bad. Th- there's everything there's in the problems. world is bad, Jim. Come on, it is. Uh, I think though that what you're getting with DC is the idea that I have a hell of a DC universe out there. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you're not announcing what all this is supposed to lead to or stop with. So nobody's excited about anything, and then you are doing these stories that really aren't consequential. You're just it really does seem like you're just wasting Everybody's time to, death metal, to get Jim. to something. Uh, no, they're not. Everybody's <laughs> waiting for an announcement. I mean, officially, I don't even know if they've really even said that Dan DeDio doesn't work there officially. I know that yeah, Jim Lee say, well, for now we're gonna have co, you know, no co-publisher. I'm pu-, but it's just nothing is exciting. Nothing's exciting coming out of that. The only metal men you're going to get is probably the uh, guys in Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and Motley Crue. Listen, They're I my metal something. men, right? They're my men. Or is that the Hepatitis Crew? Gross. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, those are the books, if you can keep track of this. <laughs> I don't even know if anybody knows what books I said, but two of those will be on the Patreon. as a Patreon spotlight if you want to listen to that. Go over to patreon.com slash weird science. Check all the stuff out. I know people are having problems and all this stuff going down. But if you want to kind of pass the time with little jokes, you know, me making fun of Eric, yeah. I have a podcast I'm going to start. It's just called Shade at Eric. That's every podcast. It's what are you talking about? It's going to be awesome. Now, nah, this is extra shade, real extra shade. But yeah, we, we have some fun there and trying to forget all this nonsense going on. But sometimes DC is making it hard on us so as well. Hard. It is. But yeah, that that's it, yeah. everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for stepping on by and having some fun times with us and all that jazz, Eric. That's what we do. Stepping Eric, what do by. we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. Keep week. it weird. And we'll weird. see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!